Episode 59. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Drop by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it Let's embrace it, Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And we're the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Hi, this is Paul McGann, the 8th Doctor, and you're, you're listening to the Pop Cultural Leftovers. Welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, so uh, Frank's here. And right, okay, dude, I fucking play the theme song, right? <laughs> I play the theme song, right? And what's the first thing he has to say, Jake? Oh, of course, he has to pee. Right before we – he knows that when I play that theme song – and he's been talking this whole – he's had plenty of time to get up and go pee. Yeah, we've been gabbing about nonsense nothing, for at least 45 nothing. minutes. Nothing. And then when I want to start the show, what's he have to do? <laughs> yeah, I, he, he does have two 12-ounce Red Bulls over there and half a Bud Light Don't gone. stick up for him. <laughs> no, don't defend that. He's had plenty of time, has he or has he not? I, I agree. But we should go as long as we can without making our first stop in, until we make him have to say he has to pee again. <sighs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I'm not stopping well, for him to pee. I'll well, I'll keep going. That, yeah, what would that be like? Twenty minutes? We he doesn't even know we started the damn show. No, we usually we vamp for a while and make him suffer anyway. I know. So now it's like double suffer. Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, hey guys, can I go pee real quick? Hey guys, I, I, one second. Do you mind if I pee real quick? <laughs> I think I can hear him coming down right now. Yeah. Hope he washed his hands. Yeah. Let's ask him. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Welcome back, Welcome back, Frank. You feel better? Oh, yeah. You're already recording. Fucking A, we're recording. (laughs) You inconsiderate son of a bitch. Now listen to this. Now listen to this. Okay. How is it? How fucking far away do you live from Jake's fucking house? Probably about 20 minutes. 20 fucking minutes. How fucking far away do I live? 
hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck am I here before you every fucking week? <laughs> How the fuck is that even possible? It's um, – You know what? Don't even send me a text message from now on saying – say because I get a text message every time. I Every time – it's like usually right when I pull up, hey, uh, I'm going to be about five minutes late. <laughs> Five minutes turns into like 15, 15 or 20, yeah. but you know, okay, that's the thing. It's like, don't even text me from now on. From now on, I will just assume that you are going to be late. To, to me, via the text message, he even admitted that he's always late. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Per usual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it a group text or was it like the same no, I, text you I, copied and pasted? I copied and pasted it. Yeah. Oh, so Copied yeah. and pasted it. Sorry like we're that. robots. Yeah, pretty much. Frank, there are so many other people that would die to be on this stupid fucking thing. <laughs> they would, they would seriously, there's probably, I got, there's probably a couple guys in the army that would give their, like, their left nut to be on this fucking thing. And here I got you, the fucking diva over here, <laughs> Frank. Like, you got, you got fucking agents now? Yeah, I've, huh? got, I've got your bowl of orange M&Ms ready too. Did, was, orange ones. <laughs> was it even, yeah, was it even you that texted me? Do you have like a fucking assistant now? I got serious on my phone if that counts uh, no i'm just saying <laughs> when you you know when you send a text like that it, when you send a text like that it makes us feel like we're not important like we're not important i'm sorry guys <laughs> i didn't mean to do that dude i'm fucking with you i don't give gotcha. a shit <laughs> it, it, what do we usually do when we get here anyway i'm setting up yeah exactly i don't give a shit frank i'm just fucking with you gotcha. no it's all good i'm tapping my simpsons game a lot of yeah, times yeah. <laughs> it's real exciting stuff <laughs> A lot of times it's like I got a dual personality when I'm at work and stuff. I'm totally Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like as soon as I find out I'm going to be coming here, I turn into fucking Danny DeVito. <laughs> I think all the listeners would probably agree with that too. Hello. All right. Um, I'm going to be answering. No, what the fuck am I looking at? Emails. Yeah, I'm going to be answering some emails. No, I'm like, I'm like reading something from last week. Um, uh, at the end of the podcast, after news, um, we are going to be – Jake and I are going to be reviewing the new Kevin Smith movie Tusk uh, that Jake and I both got uh, to see opening night. So, yeah, we'll be going over Tusk. Yeah, I drove like an hour and a half for that bad boy. See, I drove I drove about 45 minutes yeah. away to see it. So um, we do have a uh, happy birthday. A real one? Is it your birthday? No, it's not my birthday. <laughs> you know what? We ought to have a contest for my birthday. I agree with that. Like, whoever knows, like, my birthday. Because I think I have announced it on the show before. Really? I think I have. Okay. On, an, on a past episode. Do you think we should have a contest for my birthday? Fuck no. My birthday's not worth a fucking contest. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrate how, my birthday. How arrogant so, are yeah. you? No, 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 no. It's, it's uh, looking at it on the flip side. No, it's about giving gifts, right? Yeah. But it's my fucking birthday and we're going to give the gift? Fuck that. No, <laughs> you guys, you uh, guys send me a fucking gift. Yeah, scratch arrogant, selfish. How selfish exactly. are you? Exactly. <laughs> you should start a uh, PCL GoFundMe page where people can donate to the, your birthday party cause. No, no, that 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 would make me like a giving person to say, oh, if you can guess my birthday, then I'm going to send you something. How about if they can guess your birthday, they can come to your birthday party? Oh fuck, they ain't going <laughs> to come to my birthday party. <laughs> I don't like I don't like parties like for myself. Oh yeah, yeah. My, see my oh shit! Now I almost gave away when my birthday was. I almost gave away when my birthday was. <laughs> I think was. it's near a holiday. It's, from uh, it's a yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks a lot, Sherlock. 
right. Anyway, fuck uh, my birthday. Um, we have a real birthday to celebrate. And uh, this person is absolutely amazing. Somebody in the Army who is absolutely awesome. Uh, happy birthday to Taryn McCollum. Taryn McCollum. Taryn McCollum. She is a uh, – dude, check this shit out. She runs our Instagram page. Oh. I bet cool. you guys didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. The Yeah. Yeah, she runs our Instagram page. She does a great job. I want to thank her. I want to wish her a happy birthday. What are you doing, Jake? I'm seeing if I even follow our Instagram page. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. But I want you know what? Like uh her and Jeff Hawksby are big listeners of the show. And and me and Jeff, we were uh you know talking back and forth in messages and shit. And he says that seventy percent of their relationship is made up of conversations about our podcast. Wow. <laughs> no, that's fucking awesome. That is fucking awesome. That was just a wow. Yeah, we're like keeping a relationship together. It's bonded because of pop culture leftovers. As fucked up as that is. Yeah, if that's all we do, then we've we've succeeded. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if we have done anything, if this podcast has taught anyone anything, it's taught somebody love. <laughs> Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. But they can both listen to this stupid fucking show. <laughs> and they can do it in harmony. That's that. I think it's a beautiful thing. Aww, it is. It's beautiful. Come on, people, now shine <laughs> on each other. Happy birthday to Taryn. This is awesome. It, it, I just think I, I just think it's wonderful that a, that a couple can that can then listen to the podcast together. He was telling me like half the time she comes into the room, she's like, "Oh my god, can you believe that they just tossed that?" <laughs> <laughs> there we are. And I do not follow us. Oh my god, <laughs> follow us. I'm following. Oh, yeah, she does a great You're totally not engaged in this conversation. You're just fucking around on your phone, Jay. I'm looking at our Instagram. <laughs> I never even knew we had an Instagram. We have an Instagram. <laughs> I didn't do anything with it for a long time. Taryn contacted me, and she's like, I notice you guys don't do shit with your Instagram page. She's like, uh, I'd be happy to take it over, and she's done She's done a really good job, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Taryn, and, and, and happy birthday. What? Her yeah. birthday was yesterday. It was on Saturday. Gotcha. So, so two days ago. By yeah, the time I, like, I was like half tempted to like wish her a happy birthday on the Facebook page, right? Right? Yeah. But I was like, ah, oh, shit, it'll give it away. I want her to listen to this. Nice. Oh, yeah. Let me give her a tip. Don't be careful posting Dr. Doom pictures on the Instagram account. Ah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Yeah, everybody. I don't, I don't get the Instagram as much as I get the other ones. Yeah? I don't know. I just don't get it as much. You know, that whole uh, Dr. Doom thing. Yeah. Okay, back to that. Yeah. You know, like, I think, honestly, I think that, like, the first time they sent me the message, I didn't read the whole thing. I, like, clicked off on it. I just thought that, like, oh, okay, you know, don't do it again. A little slap on the wrist, yeah, right? bad. Bad, Brian. I think maybe it says something like, hey, fucker, take him down or oh. or we'll ban you. Oh, you, you read it and then you left him up. But, but see, I didn't. I didn't read the whole thing. I like skimmed it real fast. Gotcha. I was at work and I yeah. saw that it popped up, and it was like maybe I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe it said, you know, hey, this is a warning, blah blah blah. But I'm guessing maybe it also maybe it said something like take them down or you're gone. <laughs> Jeez, and they gave you the three day warning. Three day warning, but I I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't know. But I don't think it is though. I don't now. I don't think it is because like they showed one picture. The first time, and then they showed another picture because I had posted like four. Oh, yeah, yeah. So maybe they were just like, "Oh, okay, he's got four up there. Yeah, we're just gonna ban this motherfucker." <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's so weird. I saw those pictures all over the place. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? Yeah, like I. But the thing is, like, I went to one of the sites that had the pictures up, mm -hmm. and I saw like recently. I went to that same page mm -hmm. maybe a week ago, and it said 
pictures have been taken down due to the request of like Fox or something. Gotcha. Yeah. They've been pulled. So it's like, yeah, they had them up and maybe they got the same warning and they heeded the warning. But me being a slacker, I didn't even read the full fucking warning. God. You know what I mean? Can you imagine that being your job? You're the, you're the guy that has to search all the media and find all the Dr. Doom pictures yeah. and alert all these people. Yeah. Jeez. Hashtag snitch bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Internet Nazi. No shit. Yeah. No Frank, soup for you. You feel better? Yeah, I'm you're good. good. Yep. All right. Nina had to go. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know if you, do you need a pillow fluffed or something. Are you good? Are you good? Yeah, I think are you I'm okay. Good. Yeah. All right. You, are you parched? Would you like? Would you like a beverage? Maybe, <laughs> maybe some lemonade or some tea. Did I get you enough orange M and M's? Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like working with Will Smith's kid. <laughs> oh. oh man. <laughs> All right, we got some emails. Uh, we, we're going to have some emails. I'm going to have them peppered throughout the show this week because some of them deal with like certain subjects that we're talking about. You know, if we got like Marvel news coming up, maybe we got some Marvel questions. So I've kind of peppered them that way. We don't have to keep answering these fucking you know emails as they go. Gotcha. It's not one big email block. Exactly. Exactly. This will kind of split it up. So first email here comes from Matt Smith. He says, "Hi PCL crew. Matt Smith from Twitter here. I just wanted to email in and give my review on Liam." Neeson's new movie, A Walk Among the Tombstones. Brian said last week that it seemed like the same old role Neeson has been doing his last couple movies. I'm here to tell you that this was actually, in my opinion, one of the best acting performances he's had in a long time. He was fantastic in the movie as a troubled private investigator who has seemed to been through a lot in his day. I was also pleasantly surprised by the kid in the film, Astro, mostly uh, known from... AGT, what's that? Uh, AGT, America's Got Talent, maybe. America's Got oh, Talent, okay. okay. All right, I'm not too hip to these acronyms. Yeah. These kids are throwing my way. <laughs> I had to think about it for a AGT. moment. <laughs> okay. Um, for what he showed in the film, the dynamic between him and Neeson was fantastic and really added some depth to Neeson's character and the story. As a whole, I thought it was a high-tasted to a low Tupperware. That's a new one, low Tupperware. Low Tupperware. No, it's either a Tupperware or a Tupperware. It's, it's just a Tupperware. There's nothing right? low about a Tupperware. No, there's nothing. It's got to be amazing. Tupperware is right. five stars, exactly. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. All uh, right. It executed the mystery and suspense well, while also having an adequate amount of character development without sacrificing key elements of the story or slowing down the film taking place. Anyway, I don't know if anyone saw it, but I just wanted to write in and share my thoughts. And I cannot wait to hear yours, Matt. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. I'm think I can't stop thinking about what the, is Astro the character's name or the actor's name. Do you know uh, the kid in the film Astro? I'm either just, way, whether yeah. it's character or actor, what did he do on America's Got Talent that landed him a role in a movie? Are you sure that that's the right acronym? No, too? I mean maybe it's something else. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, yeah, I have no idea. But, so I don't know. Was he like swallowing swords or something, or you know that? Bunch of crazy stuff. Oh yeah, on. everybody's been raving about the movie that Neeson's in with the kid that swallows swords. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's been all over. It's been all over the place. Yeah, I didn't even. I haven't even seen a single trailer, commercial, yeah. anything for this movie. I, yeah, I, I kind of zone out when any anytime a Liam Neeson movie comes yeah. out now. Yeah. Like he's just for from me. I mean, this guy has done. He's got such a great range, and it seems like he's limited himself to this role. Yeah, I of like like. Okay, um, 
yeah, somebody's been kidnapped or my wife is in danger or um, – you, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Quote the email again when he gives the description of who his character is. I mean it's the, it's exactly what you said. It's that same character for the last four or five movies. Well, he says that uh, he, was a fa- he was fantastic in the movie as a troubled private investigator. Who, who seemed to have been through a lot in his day. Yeah, that's every character he's played in the last six movies <laughs> yeah. right there. Well, maybe he's saying that, like, he takes that performance and he elevates it. Like, it's more of, like, a character develop- development story. Gotcha. It sounds like that same character is the character from Taken. Yeah. Nonstop. Right. Uh, whatever the other ones are. I know, yeah. I, all I'm saying is I want to see Liam Neeson do something a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. Something where maybe, I don't know, he isn't kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. That's the thing. A, he a seems vulnerable like, role. Yeah, it seems like in these movies now he's just turned into fucking Steven Seagal. Yeah, and he's that's like typecast. Yeah, and I, yeah, and, it, it, and honestly, I read an article even before I fucking talked about this on last week's show. It was like five ways Liam Neeson can reinvent himself and get himself out of this fucking rut or whatever he's in. Yeah. And I'm just like, I think I read it on Cinema Blend, and it's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been talking about. Somebody else gets me. Yeah, he's doing way too many of these. I mean, this is the guy that did Schindler's fucking list. Right, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, and this is what he's doing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah, he played Reza al Ghul. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Gwai Gan Jin. Yeah, he was a he was he was fucking Aslan from <laughs> he was the the big lion and the Narnia thing. That's oh, yeah. cool. Whatever. He's got a cool voice, but he can do shit other than I don't know, just walking through buildings and going through U- Europe and killing terrorists and killing kidnappers. Yeah, I feel like it's the first Taken's fault. Like, that was such a huge hit for him that I, I feel like that's what has dropped him into this If trap. any movie doesn't need a fucking sequel, it's yeah. Taken. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then there was one movie that he was in before that. I can't remember the name of it where he had his memory stolen and he was some kind of super agent. Hmm. You're thinking good. of Born Identity, aren't you? No, no. It had Liam Neeson in it because it starts off he goes into a hotel and I, if I remember right, all his credentials are missing. I'd have to thumb through IMDb. Why do you always quick. bring something up when you don't have like the you don't you don't you don't know what it's called? Because that's all I know. I remember seeing it in the theater once. It was kind of forgettable, and I know it was before Taken. And when Taken came out, I just kind of figured it was going to be like that. I'm not going down this it. fucking rabbit hole with you, Frank. <laughs> I'm not. You're not taking me down this fucking rabbit hole. Trying to figure out what this movie is. Now you're on the pod. No. Look at you. Look at you. You're flipping through. You're already looking. You're gonna be. You're not gonna be engaged in the conversation from now on. You're just gonna be looking up this goddamn movie to prove your fucking point, aren't you? <laughs> it's the same thing though that you guys are saying. I mean, it's the same kind of role. The guy's got baggage from his past. I just. Gonna... What's the name of the movie? I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna have you find out this fucking movie because now it's driving me. Cra- now it's driving me crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he's just trying to say that. He's just trying I know to say he's that we're tra- wrong and, and he's taking forever to do it. No. He, no, he's totally agreeing with us saying yeah. like this is the same type of movie. It's just I want you to back it up with uh, the name of the movie. Right. Okay. I'm checking it out. Pause. Oh, you, you might you can go pee again too, Frank. It's about <laughs> five fucking minutes. <laughs> the bladder of a squirrel. Yeah, just quick quick update here. Frank's still looking. <laughs> just, if we actually we paused. It's been it's been maybe a couple minutes. Frank's still. Frank's still looking, still trucking along on the internet trying to find this fucking elusive movie. The Born Identity. Yeah, it's it's good. Born. <laughs> that was Matt Damon, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going to pause again. See you in five minutes. Yeah, we'll be back. Search is coming up with nothing. Frank just said, God damn it, <laughs> as he's looking through there. So search is coming up nothing. So we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Frank's weird. looking at Liam Neeson films from like 1982 now. He's like, no. I, I know, I know there's one in here. Was it Darkman? No, uh, yeah, I was totally wrong about when it came out. It came out in 2010. It was unknown. Mm, I've still never heard of that. Unknown. unknown. Yeah. Good name for Good it. Good name for it. Because yeah, well, it was totally unknown right. to you, you son of a bitch. No shit. Unknown to everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on, Frank. You saw that shit in the theater, Frank? Yeah. I don't remember why. Dear I was Lord. probably bored and didn't have anything else to do at the time. <laughs> All right. We got another – Matt Smith, though. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'm not going to shit on this movie yet. Maybe it is a good movie. I mean – uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I just want to see, I just, my main complaint, my main gripe is I just want to see this guy put out something. Maybe, maybe go take it back to some acting roots and just not play the same kind of, kind of character. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Play someone famous. That seems to be the way to go for these guys. Yeah. That, w- that really breaks you. That would, because then he, you're, you're thinking more about the identity of the person he's playing than what he's done in the past. Yeah. A real, a, ca- a real character. What role, about the, you know? hey, I know he's a little bit up there in years, but what about Liam Neeson as Dr. Strange? Yeah, I'm. I, that's not the worst idea. It's not the worst. I mean, they, they've already established that he's been, you know, around in the Marvel universe for quite some time. So it's not like we have to go back to a fucking origin story. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's a little bit too close to like Razagul and Guaygan, though. At that point, right? It's like it seemed. It was just seemed like him doing the same thing that he did in those movies. A little bit. You think so? Yeah, a little bit. It's just a comic book movie. It's just acting the same way, though. Like I don't, I don't know. I think I think I think uh, I think there's a big difference between Qui Gon Jinn and fucking Doctor Strange. I do too, but mm-hmm. how what he would bring to the role, like how he would act. Yeah, I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I, I just shoot everything I say down, Jake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not everything. Whatever. <laughs> Take me for granted every week. I was yeah. by your side in the entire no, time just, with the Liam. I'm Newell. grumbling under my breath. I didn't <laughs> think you could hear me. <laughs> All right, we got another email from our buddy Anderson Aruda, who uh, he's been vocal on Twitter, and I want to thank him. He's been one of our uh, live tweeters. Gotcha. Uh, who is it again? Anderson Aruda. What's the handle? Uh, That's probably what I. Oh man, I'm not good with the Twitter handles. Oh, gotcha. I'm not good with the Twitter handles, but I know Anderson's on there. Maybe it's at uh, Anderson Aruda. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's not usually the case. Not but, usually, <laughs> but maybe probably not it. But yeah, um, but yeah, Anderson. Hey, and if what? Hey, Jake. If people aren't live tweeting, should they be live tweeting? Everyone should be live tweeting. If you have a Twitter account and you listen to Pop Culture Leftovers, you should be live tweeting. And you don't have to live tweet about every little thing that we say or do, but just like a couple here and there, that's cool. Yeah, but if they want to do the whole goddamn show, I'm not opposed to that either. Yeah, just for that, even if you want to do it that one time when you, you can't listen to five hours of Pop Culture Leftovers and that one time disagree with something someone says. People disagree all the time. Or have an opinion yeah, about it. Yeah. And the best way to get that opinion heard is to tweet it at us. Use the hashtag PCL live tweet. That's two L's, one for the leftovers and one to start the word live. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people doing both. Yeah. Um, the P, uh, PCL and then just putting right, I right. tweet after right. it. So we're right. trying to get PCL live tweet trending. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, let us know what you think. That's great. We love that kind of feedback. It's like the best kind of Insta feedback we can get. Yeah, I you love know? it. Because we're just rambling on like idiots. Who the fuck and, else? No. Who the fuck is? I don't care whatever, uh, what other podcast, if you do live tweet another podcast, if it's a big podcast, they're not going to respond. 
Yeah, they might right. favor it. They might favor it. They might favor it. And I'm not saying I'm not saying I have anything against these podcasts because I, I oh my god, can you imagine if fucking Kevin Smith or Mark Marin or any of these guys fucking like tried to like reply to every person that tweets them? Oh yeah. Oh my nuts. god, they would go crazy. Yeah. But you know what? We're a smaller podcast. I got the fucking time to do it and I love hearing from people and I usually try to try to talk to to everybody that that takes the time to live tweet us. Yeah, I definitely every at least once a week just do a search for the hashtag PCL live tweet right to see what everyone says and everything yeah. myself. So. And try to put it if if you're gonna do that, try to put in at PCL. Yeah, at is it at P? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, our, our handle <laughs> at PC now, left. Our, our handle actually only has one L. Yeah, at PC leftover. Yeah. So yeah, now it gets doubly confusing. Yeah, for everybody. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But either way, even just the, if, if you need to cut space because you have, you can't fit those characters in, yeah. then keep the hashtag cut our handle. I remember when the sentence started with Anderson and Ruta having an email. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. That was, uh, that was about five fucking minutes ago. I'm glad yeah. I didn't. Well, Frank's got a pee again. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't you have something to look up on the no, IMDB? You no, good? I'm pretty All right. good, sure. Yeah. All right. Anderson Ruta says, Hey, leftovers. Thanks again for taking the time to come up with some comic book related wedding suggestions for me they were all shit fuck you i'm done listening to the show not again no he didn't say he did he did say that you know thank you for all that he says and a special thanks to frank for trying to pitch in even though comics might not be his forte (laughs) but i need your assistance again help me pop culture leftovers you're my only help i'm a high school teacher from the great white north and the kids and I are working on starting a school comic book club. Of course, we would get into more than just comics. For example, sci-fi and fantasy movies, books and TV shows. I was wondering what the Pop Culture Leftovers ideal high school comic book club might look like. Sorry for the long message, but I eagerly await you for your response. Sorry for the long message. That was not. That was like the shortest email yeah. we've ever got. Have you ever have 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 you guys ever listened to me read a Cameron Wilson email on this fucking thing? <laughs> yeah. My God, I actually have to edit those. <laughs> you think we have long five six hour podcasts? It'd be like an eight hour podcast if I read the entire Cameron Wilson email. Just kidding, Cameron. I love you. I hope you're still listening. We miss those emails. Send us another email, Cameron. This is me calling you out. Yeah. If I don't get another email from Cameron, I know, you know, I know he's not listening. And that hurts a little bit. We'll have to have like a point one episode. Like Marvel does a point one comic. Yeah. The, the point one episode where it's just the Cameron email. The Cameron email. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Cameron, send another email. All right, guys. So. What does. Anderson Aruda, he wants to know. I was wondering what the pop culture leftovers ideal high school comic book club might look like. Man, right off the bat, I just got to say, I wish I had a high school comic book club. No or, or is it high school or grade school? High school. High school. Yeah, that would be amazing. Let's keep in mind that this is it is high school. Like, I mean, yeah. as far as like high school kids, I mean, can he really bring out like a lot of these image books that have like curse words and shit and nudity and stuff? That's a real good question. Yeah, I, you might want to stick away from the nudity, but I think at that point, I mean, they could be 17, 18 years old and be high school kids. That's true. I right. know, but like, you get one fucking uh, religious fanatic mother out there. It's like, what the hell are you letting my kid read? Yeah. I got I got in trouble for letting a friend read Infinity Gauntlet number one when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because it showed Thanos having powers greater than God. Like Mm -hmm. in that comic, there's a spread where he literally forms rocks into the word God, and my friend's mom threw a hissy fit about it. Wow. Yeah. 
that comic's always like stuck with me because of that. It's like, ooh, this racy Infinity Gauntlet number one. <laughs> yeah. I think some people complain about pretty much anything. He can kind of stay out of uh, him himself, got to get in, out of getting in trouble for it by not like bringing up those titles to review, like letting the students bring up the stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say no sex criminals, but I would see nothing wrong with like Saga. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's tons of sex in Saga. Like I, I know there in the is, fourth but... or fifth or sixth issue, there, there's a like a uh, hundred foot troll that's got his huge nutsack hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jake. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of see a little problem with Saga. Then just throwing that out there. <laughs> not for seventeen and eighteen year olds. Uh, I, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about yeah. seventeen and eighteen year olds. I'm talking about. I'm talking about seventeen and eighteen year olds' mothers saying, "What are you doing, letting my son read this book where we've got a hundred foot troll and his gigantic hanging ball sack is swinging <laughs> around like like a I don't know like fucking uh, like big bells in a fucking bell tower <laughs> dinging all over the place i don't know what what do you let the kids read then i mean you want to read wolverine than, and the x-men yeah but i was gonna say you want to read more than just marvel and dc i'm saying wolverine and the x-men because it takes cl- place in a class yeah in a classroom setting is that still good now that um jason aaron's off jason the book aaron's couldn't off? even tell you but i'm saying take them through the first run you don't have to yeah. read the new shit just buy the buy the other shit in trades i mean you know it takes it takes uh place at the gene gray school Mm-hmm. So I mean I think that'd be kind of cool. Maybe Deadly Class from yeah. Rick Remender. That's a good one to read. I don't know about the like um like how mature that gets. Yeah, at all. I know Rick yeah. Remender can be. Oh pretty... sure. Yeah, there's some f bombs in there. Yeah, yeah. You know what's a little screwed up though? I can see somebody bringing up like one of these parents that you're talking about, Brian. Uh, so stuff that's going to happen in a Marvel movie or a DC movie will be okay to them just because it's in movie form. But because it lies in a book, something that they haven't themselves read or have, you know, peers that would have yeah. seen or anything, they'll throw a fit about it. Give yeah, me, but the thing is that same fucking mom or dad that's bitching about this shit, right? When the yeah. kid goes to bed, they're sitting in their rooms watching Game of fucking Thrones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, uh, the pot runs the kettle black, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I mean, and right off the top of my head, I mean, I can't necessarily – the only example I could give you is like, okay, someone says there's a Batman movie out and a parent who doesn't really give a shit is going to say, oh, okay, that's fine. Go ahead and go watch it. But uh, if you get to a point where they're talking about being violent to the point of uh, killing Robin or some of the sick shit that the jo- yeah, Joker does or Harley Quinn, like in, in written form, if she hears what they're talking about, if she's not familiar with the character, she'll go ape shit because it's not a popular name that she would know. Yeah. Are you saying the parents shouldn't let their kid go see Batman? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it, it's – if they hear a story, if they don't accept it as being like acceptable pop culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe in one of these other comics that you guys are talking about, like Saga this is this thing. is up, uh, I, and I don't know how things are because he's saying this is from the Great White North. I mean, this is Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know how things are run up there in Degrassi High or how, however the fuck they're doing shit up there. Yeah, they I could mean, be a okay with troll dogs, exactly. Right. So, so. <laughs> I think they put Xanax in the water there or something. You, you never know, hear shit out of instead Canada. of you know what instead of just putting like stipulations on this shit as far as like uh, you know what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Let's just throw out whatever the fuck book we would like them to read. Yeah, and how would how would this club work? Is it like 
everyone reads the same book and then the next week you talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, I think it's like, hey, guys, your homework this week is to read this book, this book, this book, and this book, and then we'll get, the, get together and we'll talk about it. Yeah. You know, that's I think that'd be kind of a kind of a cool thing for them to do. Gotcha. Well, I think another fun way to do like to decide what book you read is to incorporate the people in the club. I, I'm sure at least a third or more of the people in the club already have some favorites and everything. So maybe every week someone could take a turn to pick what the next book is. Right. right. So everyone gets to kind of throw in their favorite thing into the club. Right. And everyone gets to share everyone's, you know, favorite book and whatnot. Well, and then maybe every week they have like a different theme. Like, okay, to, this is going to be science fiction week. Mm, that's so a good idea you too. Could have, you could have the class start to read Black Science by Rick Remender. Yeah. And so everybody read like the first five issues of Black Science. We'll come back and we'll talk about it. The next week we're going to talk about women in comics. So maybe like, oh, okay, now I want you to read like Captain Marvel. Yeah. Or Red Sonia that Gail Simone's doing. You know, um, you know, both are books that are about females that are written by females. Yeah. That would be a good way to go about it too. Yeah. And do horror week. You horror do week. Western week. Western week. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All, all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. I think that would be a kind of cool way to do the club. Everybody like kind of like, you know, take notes on things that they liked in the book, get together, talk about the book, what they got out of the book and, and then go from there. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a great way to do it. Yeah, let us know what, what you end up doing, like what some of your selections for your students to read end up being. I'd be very curious to hear more about this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Uh, I don't know. Did we, did we really answer that question? Did we do a good job? What would it look like? I can't, hmm. Like, is he just asking what books or is he asking, like, does he want structure answers? The format. Like a round table how kind of thing. How would it be? Yeah. I really think just every, you pick a book, you read it, and then the next week you discuss the book and pick a new book. Yeah. You can definitely talk about like things like, uh, you know, like did the artist do a good job of portraying what the writer wanted them to? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, talk about what art panels they really liked. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much you can talk about in a comic book. Yeah, you can really dissect a comic, that's yeah. for sure. Sometimes, like, when you read a comic book, like, the writing's great, but then on the flip side, the art isn't great. Or the exact opposite, the art's really good, and then the writing's not great. But every once in a while, you'll have this beautiful comic book where both things are just in harmony. You've yeah. got a great writer, you've got a great artist. And so you can talk about those types of things, too. You know what really drives me crazy is when the uh, the writing is good, the art is good, but the art, it's like they're not good at sequential storytelling. Yeah. It's like I see that a lot in the modern yeah. comics. Like the yeah. art is so good, but the ability to tell the story in sequential art is just not there. And right. half the time you're like, what the heck? Yeah. 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 I'm wondering if he's thinking about, too, how to keep it engaging and entertaining for kids. Because there, there's two things that pop into my mind. One – I know back in high school, the things that I did love, I was scared to love them because they weren't popular among other people that I went to school with. Yeah. And I was scared of being persecuted, so I didn't talk about a whole lot of that stuff then. He may be wanting to try to come up with some way to draw them out. The other thing, too, is is that I'm sitting here thinking about it. We're kind of talking about getting together and talking about books almost like a book club, but I don't know how long a teenager might stay engaged with just that kind of discussion. Maybe he's looking for some kind of interactivity. Yeah. More than just discussion, though. I don't know how you do that. 
Yeah. He, he also mentioned something here real quick. He said, for example, uh, sci-fi and fantasy movies, books, and TV shows. I mean, one week you could say, hey, I want you guys to watch the original Superman with Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. and then like the next, and then talk about that. Then the next week I want you to watch Man of Steel. Then get together and talk about the differences between those movies. And, you know, with a younger group of students, they can talk about all the ways that maybe Man of Steel is now uh, no, that uh, the original Superman is dated mm-hmm. and things like that. Because yeah, there is cool. a lot of dated things in the original Superman movies. Like, you know, like Clark Kent got hired because he was a man that could type so many words a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind right. of sexist yeah. by this today's Big standards. <laughs> because he got hired because he's a man that can type a lot. When you've got this woman, Lois Lane, who, because she's a woman in the workforce, she had to fight tooth and nail to get where she was to be a Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize. Winning uh, journalist, you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's kind of, we don't have that same thing in the workforce today so much. I mean, women, I, as far as I know, women are are right up there in the workforce with the men. So yeah, you're gonna get that from any movie from from that. Sure, the seventies. Yeah, yeah. I really like that idea though because it also gives them a glimpse as to what life was like for us that we just kind of accepted back then what ga- as far as the stereotypes what game i like to play when i watch movies that are like older than 15 years is what would these characters do if they had cell phones and how would that change the movie oh wow like imagine like <laughs> imagine jurassic park with cell phone technology it's like that's right. gonna make things a lot easier you know yeah yeah and in a lot of movies now they have to like work that into the plot so yeah. that the, the cell phone is out of the equation yeah exactly like whether the cell phone gets wet whether right. it gets dropped oh oh we're in, we're somewhere we're somewhere remote where I don't get any bars. Do you get any bars? I don't get any bars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I noticed that in that movie No Good Deed. Mm. At one point in time, the cell phone wasn't working or something like that. You know, it's <laughs> like they got to work that in now because everybody's right. got a fucking cell phone. But yeah, but, um, back to the club. I like your idea a lot about picking movies. And another thing is, if like let's say the club is going on right now and you're already doing it week to week, yeah. shoot, you can you can all watch the season premiere of Gotham together, exactly, and the series premiere of Flash together, exactly. And discuss those things right exactly. after they come out. I discuss mean, those things, and then like the and on the flip side, that same week, have them read like the first uh, mm-hmm. first five issues of like a certain run on Batman, and then come back and say which did you like better? Yeah, exactly. Tie comic into whatever yeah. the uh meet- i'd love to say the killing joke but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's one of the few i'm not a big alan moore fan yeah love the killing joke though it's great yeah it's like yeah. <coughs> excuse me the exception that proves the rule kind of you know yeah. that one alan moore thing that i actually is like uh Watchmen? I'm not a big fan. Oh man, I love the Watchmen. Not a big fan of Watchmen. Not a big fan of League. Yeah. Not a big fan of the Swamp Thing run. Really? Yeah. That's like the definitive Swamp Thing run, Jake. <laughs> I know. I know. Like uh, Snyder did a good run on it too. I but, like Snyder stuff. But man, Alan Moore's run is just the definitive Swamp Thing run. Yeah. I mean, he introduced so many new things to the character that are still used today. It's like he and Frank Miller both like reinvent characters, and then like every else tries to go from there and and use what they've introduced yeah i just it just comes off as boring to me it's like real existential kind of and just like swamp thing talking about his feelings the whole time and i'm just like yeah 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 let's see a swamp monster in a a fight here (laughs) this is a comic book alan moore fair enough i'm not a v for vendetta fan i'm not a from hell fan yeah i can't think of any uh, but killing joke i mean five stars tupperware all the way killing joke is amazing yeah 
All right, guys. It's now time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right. Sometimes throughout the show, we will rate things. And if you're new to the show, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Too fucking bad we couldn't get, <laughs> too fucking bad we couldn't get Paul McGann to read our new fucking rating system. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd been badass. Hey, <laughs> about that. Paul McGann doing our little fucking intro this week. That's that's fucking awesome. I want to thank uh, it was listener Adam Cornett. Yeah. Adam Cornett, he was at a convention in Cincinnati, and he had him do that for us. Like uh, Adam contacted me and said, "Hey, you know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be talking to some of these people. Is there anything that you'd like for me to do, or any questions you'd like me to ask?" And I said to him, "I said if you can get any of these people to say, hey, I'm so and so, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers.'" Boom. He did it. He got Paul McGann to do it for me. I'm going to send him something sweet in the mail. And I'd like to, you know what? I'm going to post this to the rest of the army. If you're ever going to a convention and if you can get us an audio clip, you can just record it and email it to me. I'll give you, hey, if you got one of them, you send me an email, you know, like it'll send me a Facebook message. I'll send you my personal email like I did Adam. If you send it to me and uh, we can get one of these like uh, celebrities to, to voice one of these for us. I will – I'll send you something in the mail too. But I wanted to thank Adam for that. That was very cool. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. That gave me chills hearing, yeah. hearing someone like that read our yeah. intro us. Yeah. So, I yeah. had to do a double take. I'm like, what? What? It, that's not Brian doing another voice, is it? Yeah. It makes me want to do the Wayne's World. You know, we're not worthy. We're yeah. not worthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm sorry if it sounded like the TARDIS exploded at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so. uh, the, the Daleks got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, but thank you, Adam Cornette. That is so cool. And Adam Cornette has talked. He's talked about. He's talked about doing his own podcast. Awesome. What's it going to be about? I, you know, maybe about some of the things that we do. I don't know. But Adam Cornette, if you ever need help with your podcast, getting it started up, let me know. I'll, I'll help you out any way I can. I do that for a lot of listeners. I. It's amazing how many listeners that do their own podcasts that actually contact me and ask me questions and care about my fucking opinion about how they should run their podcast or like what equipment should I, should I be using and stuff like that. And I'm such a fucking amateur when it comes to this shit. Like everything I learned, I learned from like a fucking YouTube video. Yeah. You know, that's why it took us six months to fucking get this thing together because <laughs> my dumb ass is so fucking thick skulled. I don't know how to do any of this shit. I am so not technically inclined at all. I am not good with computers, but you know what? I do this fucking stupid ass podcast every week and s- People tend to like it and want to know my opinion on it. Um, I know Kevin Sparenberg started his own uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Yes. Um, what was it called? Um, Runaway Dragons. Runaway Dragons. Called Runaway Dragons. So if you like uh, if you like uh, Dungeons and Dragons and you want to listen to uh, a group of friends getting together and playing uh, you know Dungeons and Dragons, definitely check out Runaway Dragons. It's on iTunes now. Yeah, uh, it's not a podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. It's literally a po- them recording their sessions playing the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting, especially if um, you're a newer player. 
get getting into it just with all these new releases yeah it's nice just to kind of you know hear how other people do it. it gives you good ideas on how to dm better and everything and it's always fun i think for me listening to a podcast kind of like in its infancy yeah you know a podcast still in diapers maybe it's not even crawling yet you know what i mean it's still weaning on the tit of podcasting <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's still getting all those nutrients from from the mother and i'm, I'm getting really disgusting with my analogy <laughs> But you yeah, know what I, I mean? I had to look away. I know. That's <laughs> it's, it's, it's making you uncomfortable and it's kind of arousing Frank on the flip side. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, I looked away. Frank looked forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frank's like, tell me more. Tell me more. How does this go? <laughs> anyway, but no, uh, yeah, check it out. Runaway Dragons. Kevin Sparenberg. Dana's on there. His, uh, his wife. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So check it out. All right, guys. Um, all right, here we go. First, thing for good pop bad pop i wanted to talk about on thursday this past week 542 employees of nexon energy gathered together outside the company's calgary headquarters to set a guinness world record for the largest gathering of people dressed as drum roll batman nice wow the record before this event was 250 Batman. Now, this is not the first time Nexon Energy has done anything like this. They did it before when they had 437 people dressed up as Superman, and they also hold that record as well. So, <laughs> what's yeah. next, Aquaman? <laughs> <laughs> I think they could only get. We've like, got seven Aquamans. It's the record. Exactly. Only seven people got the courage to dress up as Aquaman. <laughs> That'll change after I hope this next movie comes out and they portray him as a badass. I hope that changes how yeah. people feel about Aquaman. What else can Momoa be but a badass? You can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no exactly. Uh, the event was designed as a way to kick off the company's superhero-themed 2014 United Way fundraising campaign called From Suits to Superheroes. Now, for them to qualify for the record, the Batman had to wear a full-body costume with a yellow belt, black cape, and mask. A Guinness judge was on hand to ensure everyone stood together for five minutes. So, I'd, I'd like to know how many Batman got thrown out for various reasons. Like, oh, black utility belt, you don't count. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. At least one person had to have not brought the correct... There had to be one Frank among the group, I, right? I, they're... they're <laughs> I think they're all employees. I think everybody got the memo. Gotcha. I think everybody got the memo. But yeah, there were some employees that did show up as like I think like Harley Quinn, the Joker, <laughs> and so they, you did see in the picture. The picture I've seen it online. You got you've got your you know penguins out there too. So I hope they all did the old school Adam West bat dance at the same time at one point. That's what I would have demanded. Yeah. You know, talking about the put the fingers to the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the thing is, like, where the fuck am I working where, where you don't, like, do shit like this? Like, you know, it's like, oh, okay, where I work, it's like, every job I've had, it's like, not, they, do, they, don't, they don't even dress up for fucking Halloween. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, shit, Monday through fucking Friday, it's polo day. So it's like, yeah, you've got a bunch of people dressing up with a polo or a button-up shirt and tie. It's like, what the fuck? Where do you, where do you have to work? You got, I guess you gotta work at Nexen Energy in order to dress up as Batman. That's a fucking cool day. Yeah, that is a cool day. Fuck casual day, it's Batman day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's Batman day, you get that fucking memo. I'm like, holy shit, I'm all over this. Yes. I'm totally dressing up as Batman. But the thing is, it's not like they just did it to like, oh, 
we're going to dress up as Batman, try to get the Guinness Book of World Records. They did something cool with it. They did it to kick off that, uh, United to, Way. The United Way, which is a great cause. Yeah. So some of the, some of that went to, uh, getting some fundraising, and I think that's pretty fucking awesome. It is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was the record again? 500? Uh, they, they had people, 542, and before that it was 250. Gotcha. So wow. they more than doubled they it. They doubled that bitch. Yeah. That's, that's, that's nuts. That's, that's a lot of Batman. That is a lot of Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should have had, like, uh, games for them to do. Like, who can carry the bomb the fastest through the street? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been fun. That, no, if they would have had all 542 employees running through the streets, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. with, with a bomb. <laughs> In their hands, trying to get rid of it. That would have been hilarious. That would have been great. Yeah, that would have been great. I can't throw it here. There's ducks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then um, they could have had a contest where they all took turns saying, "I am Batman." Yeah, who can do the best Batman voice? Obviously, it's not me. Yeah. I'm you know, Batman. Guys, I was watching the original, uh, the Nolan film, Batman Begins, today. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Batman Begins. It's been a quite a quite a long time. And I did notice, like, I mean, I know people were bitching about it, like a huge difference from the voice between the first movie and mm-hmm. the second movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it really is noticeable. I understand it why is. they did it because you could hear, you could still hear a lot of Christian Bale in that first movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fine. I mean, like, uh, you know, suspension of, uh, of disbelief. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I mean, I think you're already buying a guy in a bat suit. Exactly. (laughs) I I think they should just kept the voice the same. It was a little over the top in the second film, right? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, it makes me think of the original Bane voice. Now, that on the other hand was terrible. It was terrible. Like in the first trailer when it was released, could you understand anything he was saying before Mission Impossible when they showed that original? I couldn't understand anything he was saying. It was it was horrible. Yeah. Oh my god. It was pretty bad. So and no, I. I guess Nolan was kind of a strickler about it where at first he still didn't want to change it Hmm. because the studio said either change it or add subtitles and he didn't want to do either at first. They they finally came to an agreement. You know, another thing about this Batman Begins movie that I noticed that they never did again in another movie. And I want you to know, like Jake or Frank, if you guys know the answer to this, let me know because I'd love to know this. There's something he did in that movie and I totally forgot about. Did he get a lot of shit for this? He's in the fucking uh, building and he's rescu- rescuing Rachel Dawes back okay. when it was still uh, – what's her name? Uh, Katie Holmes? Yes. Okay. So Katie Holmes is playing Rachel Dawes and he's rescuing her. She just got hit with the toxin from you know Dr. Crane, the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Right? And she's going to fucking lose it. He's got the antidote waiting for him back at the Batcave. He's got to get her out of this fucking building, right? Mm-hmm. And the police are swarming this fucking thing. And so what does he do to get her out? He He gets himself – uh, reinforcements. Uh, you know, the police, they get their reinforcements. Uh, the, all the police are showing up at the same time, but Batman calls upon his reinforcements. The bats. Right. The bats. Yeah. He never did that in another movie, did no. he? Not, did, it, no. Did he get a lot of shit for that? Was that a little too over the top for a lot of people when he had like this kind of like Batman fucking like dog whistle for bats? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember anyone complaining about that. I don't that. either. I don't either. But then the thing was, it's like, why didn't he do that again? You know what I mean? Seems like a good trick. Right. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, to overuse it would have 
just taken away from it the first time, I guess. I can't think of anything that comes right out at me in either of the other two movies where he would have needed that right off. When he's fighting Bane and he gets his fucking back broken. <laughs> he tried other theatrics and it didn't work. Yeah, I know. He's like in the shadows and all that shit. But I yeah. mean, it's like the last thing Bane would have expected. I don't care how big of a badass Bane is. You got a bunch of bats flying around you. You're going to turn into a fucking chick with a spider. You're going to turn into mm-hmm. Little Miss uh, Muffet sat on her tuffet eating her curds and whey. You're going to freak the fuck out, right? Yeah. Dude, fucking bats. Bats will freak me the fuck out, man. For the record, we've had five bats in my home. No shit. And I've been the destroyer of all five. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the the terror that stalks the night in this house. (laughs) Darkwing duck reference. Nice. Three three of them have been taken out by the broom and... uh, (laughs) Two of them, I just threw a blanket over them and then threw them outside. Well, gotcha. that, now you big ass motherfuckers no too. Harmed. I think they come in through the chimney. Wow, big ass fucking rats with wings. I've oh, never my. been face to face with a bat unless it's like in a zoo. Oh yeah, yeah. Me yeah, they've. I've been. It'll fly back and forth from one room to the other until you get it, and yeah. it'll just fly right at you if you don't move out of its way. Oh, it's shit. Pretty pretty crazy stuff. But one time I walked in, I saw the bat and just said, eh, whatever, and just went into my room and hung out and watched TV. And about two hours later, I hear one of my roommates screaming like a girl. I'm like, okay, someone saw the bat. I got to go take care of it. <laughs> I wonder if there'd be anything to the fact that they were in the sewer when that battle took place with Bane. Oh, back to the actual subject at hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> threw me off there. You know what I mean? Because he was in the asylum, which was a – Should what, he have had like a turtle whistle? Well, no, they don't and like Raphael and Michelangelo, Donatello and Leonardo show up. <laughs> a, a sewer gator whistle would have worked. Right, pretty much. Killer Croc shows yeah, up. Yeah, Killer Croc shows up, exactly. Maybe you just, I guess you have to imagine, I think Frank's on to something where you just don't want to show the same scene again. Right. So you just have to imagine in yeah. between the scenes. I know. He's used it like a hundred times. My, my main thing was just like, we never saw it again. It was yeah. like, I wanted to like, I wanted to know if like there's like a huge internet backlash about that. You know, I didn't know or not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, okay. You've got this little, <laughs> you've got this little bat whistle, and it just here come the bats. Yeah. You know, everyone, no one, everyone turns a blind eye. I mean, all the Batman movies don't really stay strict to the comic books, but yeah, yeah, they're good movies. So we, we just movies. let it slide. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. I'll take it. Yeah, Frank, I think you're right. I'm just looking at it differently. I didn't know if there was like this huge like internet backlash or something, you know? Yeah. yeah then there was that time Batman used the bat whistle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How fucking lame was that? Right. All right. There is an online petition going on right now at change.org from two residents of Edmonton, Alberta, uh, Canada. Okay. So, uh, who want the city to erect a life-size statue in honor of one of the province's native sons, James Logan Howlett. We're talking about Wolverine here, of course. Yeah, get that shit up before he dies, right? Yeah, exactly. The Death of Wolverine storyline is going on right now, and I dropped off that comic book. I just think it's a fucking gimmick at this point. So I dropped off that. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not even going to talk about it. Yeah, I hear you. I think they should have just said an X-Men is going to die and then shock you by killing Wolverine. No, they've been talking about this for over a year now. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's made the... It's so anticlimactic. That's what the fucking internet has done there's nothing left to shock us anymore because like now we all know that fucking Falcon's going to be Captain America we all know there's going to be a female Thor we all know that these things are going to be happening and it's like the internet doesn't shock nothing shocks us in comics anymore because of the fucking internet I mean back in the day it used to be you had to read Wizard Magazine yeah right 
and then you'd get like the that that would be like your outlet to find out like what's coming up. Now it's like hell, you can read in previews and know three months before the fucking comic book comes out what's going to fucking happen. I think I think the last good shock we've had in comic history is um when Brubaker actually managed to uh slip it by us that Captain America was going to die. I I love Brubaker for that. I mean, that Wednesday when the internet was blowing up about Cap dying, like we didn't read that in previews for six months. It, we yeah. found out that Wednesday, and yeah, oh, thank you, Brew Baker, for that. I mean, yeah. that's, I don't know how he pulled that off in today's age of. They do it now just to get people to get the issues. They yeah. want they want people they they want people to to start subscribing to the issues. Yeah, Brubaker right. had the advantage of coming off the fucking Nova Hot Civil War. Yeah, and you know, it was Cap number twenty five, so people are picking it up anyway. Right, and then to have Cap die with no fanfare or no publicity until it actually hit the comic book stores. It's just something that's unheard of. Yeah. I would kill for something to happen like that again today. Absolutely. All right. So um, Jesse Seitz is one of those residents who started this position, uh, petition, and he says, not many popular, exciting fictional characters are born in Canada. Uh, are born Canadian, excuse me. But superhero and adventurer Wolverine isn't just Canadian. He's an Albertan, too. I think it would make a lot of people really proud to live in Edmonton and raise morale to erect a life-size statue of this character in City Hall, or even perhaps Churchill Square or the Alberta Legislature Grounds. Any of those places that I have no clue what they are because <laughs> I'm an American and I really know nothing about Canada. Isn't yeah. that the fucked up thing? Yeah, Isn't it's that like right up? there. You know what I mean? Yeah, Canada's like right up there and like you know, it's it's America's hat, and America's I know nothing hat. about it. Yeah. I know nothing about you know. I'm not trying to offend any Canadians out there. That's just how fucked up Americans are. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Like, does Canada? I couldn't tell you. Like the uh, like, do they have a president? <laughs> no, I have no idea either. Or I think pr- it's like a, a prime, prime minister. Prime minister. Yeah. 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 We don't know that because we are just so fucking selfish and self-absorbed <laughs> with our own damn country. We don't know what the fuck is going on in the rest of the world. What the fuck is wrong with us Americans? I just had a conversation with Dan West about this. Yeah. Because um, uh, Scotland had the vote the other day to see if they were going to win their independence away from England. Yeah. And like no one on my friends list except for him commented about it at all and it's a big deal yeah and um i mean i you know commented about that when i was talking to him about it and he posted a poll that was up on cnn where they asked about uh whether you think that scotland should have its independence or not and it was 52 percent no and 58 percent yes and yes i said that correctly those two hmm. numbers do not add up to 100%. Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> that is bizarre. He showed that to me, and that was great. But it's kind that of That poll sad. came out of America because we're yeah. probably like the worst exactly. fucking country as far as math goes. Yeah. I hate those kind of polls anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, but um, yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed in the fact – I mean you got this big deal going on over there, and the only thing that you see on our news is a bunch of – Republican, Democrat, he said, she said, bullshit, instead of saying, hey, there's this going on over here you might want to know about. Now, our big thing, what's fucking trending on Yahoo is a bunch of fucking leaked pics about fucking Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck America. Fuck the Kardashians. Fuck the fucking uh, housewives of whatever the fuck city. (laughs) We need to be more involved in this shit. We are just so fucking shallow 
anyway, I, and you know what? I, I'm I'm not even. You know what? It's not like I'm Mr. Current Events either. I, I'm fucking uh, slapping my own wrist here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. We are just so fucking self-absorbed. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I don't know what's going on in Scotland, but I can tell you that fucking on Honey Boo Boo, fucking uh, uh, you know, Sugar Bear and Mama June, they fucking split up this week. That's how fucked up this fucking country is <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. I, that I care more about that fucking shit than what's really going on in current events in the fucking world right now. Yeah, exactly. that I care about like two fucking, uh, uh, you know, rednecks from fucking, I don't know where the fuck they're from. <laughs> right. They split up. Yeah, who, care, who cares about Scotland? Ariana Grande is talking about her oh. fans badly behind stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it shouldn't be that way, though. It right. shouldn't be that way, though. I, uh, I I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a conspiracy theorist. It's our media here. It's exactly. the fucking media. And it's control. It's, exactly. It's our fucking media right. here in the United States. We're fed what we're led to believe so we can keep ourselves under – well, keep ourselves occupied and under control. It's kind of yeah. like the Matrix. It's the illusion of freedom. Wow, we've gotten serious on the on the pop culture leftovers. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know. I the, just the I, media's going to come shut us down. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, they've already banned me for Doctor Doom picks. Dan and I talked about how the NSA is going to come kicking down my door because I said I wanted to secede. I steal. I need him to send me a British flag so I can hang it in my yard. Frank's going to join the Utopia State of Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Jesse Sight's friend, the other buddy. Uh, his friend Christopher Olivier, uh, Olivier says, Wolverine has been a staple of Marvel Comics for the last 40 years. The X-Men film franchise for 15 and is now considered as popular as the Avengers and Spider-Man. I think we can all agree to that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we believe a statue of the X-Men will only draw more people to the city if not just to see it and would make fans of the character beam with pride. Um so Saturday morning, I checked uh, the petition, and it had 469 signatures. It needs 10,000 to even be taken seriously. So head on out to change.org and do a search for Wolverine statue. I'm sure you'll find it that way. Sign it. I have already signed it. Nice. Um, you know, I mean, seriously. if So anyone can sign. Anyone can sign it. I saw some signatures from Texas. Okay. Um, you know, this is only going to attract tourism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe People, we'll give a shit and go up there. Exactly. That's the thing. That's the thing. You know, like uh, Philadelphia at one had uh, at one time had a had a uh, the statue of Rocky. Rocky, yeah. Uh, awesome. It has been taken down since. But Detroit got the statue of RoboCop. <laughs> if you go to Metropolis, Illinois, there's a 15 foot statue of uh, of a uh, Superman mm-hmm. there. Why should Alberta not have? Their native son, Wolverine, as a statue there. That would bring some tourism. I think it's only a good thing, and I, I think it's awesome. I think people should get. I want the leftover army to go to change.org. I want you to do a search for the Wolverine statue, and I want you to sign the petition. I think that's pretty cool. I want to see. The, I want to see a picture of the completed statue. I like when you have orders for the leftover army. I do. I'm yeah. going to issue an order. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Yeah, I'm using I'm using my limited power. <laughs> <laughs> right now I've got the infinity gauntlet on. Yeah, let's test this out. Let's test out the power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think with the statue? Will it be claws out, claws in? Claws out. Man. Claws, claws out. out. Yeah. Claws out. What about what about costume? I don't want them to do um well, I I want them to do a I want them to do the traditional X-Men costume. So you want the 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 headgear. Not on. I want them to like maybe 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 holding it. Gotcha. But with the claws out, something like right. that. I don't know. Gotcha. I want the I want the headgear. 
But yeah, they, maybe they have to do it with the headgear because like which Wolverine do you display? You know what I mean? Do you have him look like Hugh Jackman? And yeah. then the, if you do, you're going to get Hugh Jackman up there taking his picture with it. Yeah. Right, That's yeah. going to look really cool. But on the flip side, I mean, Wolverine is in the comic books was originally just a five foot three character. Yeah. You know, so are you going to just do like, and he wasn't like super jacked the way he is now when they first started drawing. No, not at all. Kind of scrawny. Exactly. So I don't know. I don't know what iteration of Wolverine we're going to get now. That's a good point, Brian. Maybe that, maybe the headgear on is the way to go just to avoid if it doesn't look like Hugh Jackman, people right. critiquing that, or looking like Hugh Jackman, people critiquing that. Right. Just put the headgear on and avoid all that. Or they could just say, you know, if Hugh Jackman finds a word of this, and if he signs the petition, then I'm all for it looking like him. Yeah, he'll go up there and sing show tunes next to it or something. Exactly. <laughs> oh. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is fucking cool. And if this doesn't get you excited, then I don't know what the fuck. There's been talk for the years now from Todd McFarlane rebooting Spawn mm-hmm. and doing it with more, doing it more in the vein of a low budget horror movie. Oh, Spawn is a movie we're talking about. Yeah, Spawn okay. is a movie rebooting the franchise. I mean, we had the Michael Jai White film, you know, back in the nineties, <laughs> which I saw in the theater. Me too. Yeah. And, uh, Bought you know, the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. And it came out as PG 13 and later on there was an unrated version. Yeah. Um, Unrated version, they didn't really do too much more. Maybe it was a little bit more John Logazama dropping some F bombs and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, they changed um, some of the green substance to a red substance. Gotcha. Oh, like gotcha. The, the, the stuff coming out. Right. So they've been talking about this for years. Todd McFarlane says he's been working on a script. He's trying to get things moving along. Uh, and they want to do it more in the vein of a low budget horror movie. Uh, and, and that's exactly what director Michael Paris. Uh, a fan of Spawn did in a short film that he calls Spawn the Recall, and it's available to watch on YouTube. Now, Spawn the Recall is the story of a former witch and her son who try to live a normal life away from the darkness. While they're shopping in a supermarket, the child suddenly disappears. She starts looking for him, freaked out knowing evil forces are still lurking. A security guard comes to her help, but while they are checking on the surveillance cameras, something happens. She can sense it. They are here. I want to play audio from a small clip of the short film. And the reason I want to play this audio is because me just explaining it is not going to get people to, like, watch this fucking thing. Me playing just a small snippet of the audio I hope is going to generate some excitement for this fucking thing Mm. that people actually will get on YouTube and want to watch this thing because I did watch it. And I'll talk about that here in a moment. But I do want to play a little bit from that Spawn clip uh, that I saw. It's like an eight-minute film. Okay, let's hear it. Micah. Micah. Honey, you okay? Come here. What are you doing? Little drop out of the plate, and all your problems will be gone. 
when Spawn shows up. To take on the Violator? Yes. Is that who that is talking? Yes. Wow, the wow. Violator's voice is super creepy. Guys, I'm not kidding you. You need to go to YouTube. You need to check this out. Um, there is a website for it. I believe it's uh, Spawn the Recall hyphen movie dot com and go there and check this out. You can also watch it on YouTube. This thing is eight minutes long, but it is very creepy. It's, is it like a full short film then? Like it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I mean, it's kind of just kind of like, I guess kind of like a teaser. I mean, I'm sure Mm -hmm. they could do this into a full movie if Mm -hmm. they wanted to, but my God, the way that they show Spawn when he does show up, he doesn't do a lot of action or anything like that, but like, you know, the cape. Mm-hmm. How the cape moves and yeah. it kind of looks yeah. like flames and fire and shit like that. Yeah, it's like a classic McFarlane yeah. ca- like thing. Yeah, it's it, a living cape. It is actually, it is just amazing. I, I saw this thing. I was blown away. This is exactly how the new movie needs to be made. Yeah, um, that's one way the original Spawn really fucked up was they they didn't do the cape any justice at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Ugh. You know, the thing is like, okay, we had Chronicle, which was a found footage film, Yeah. right? And it was a found footage uh superhero film. And mm-hmm. I, I think they did a great job doing that. Um Spawn is the perfect character. Guys, we've had superhero movies like Captain America flip this fucking comic book movie genre on its ass when they did like a uh spy thriller. Okay, a political spy thriller, right? Yeah. We've had, you know, Thor do the magic, you know, and all this shit. Why not take advantage of Spawn, who is a horror-based character, come out with an R-rated Spawn movie? He's not tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Mm -hmm. in any way. You don't have to do a PG-13 Spawn movie. That's not doing the character justice. Mm. Fucking go all out with an R-rated movie. This is what comic book fans want to see from Spawn. I feel a little bit of the uh, Deadpool PG-13 announcement anger coming from you, Brian. With We're going to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. I'm feeling that from you when you're when you're <laughs> pleading for this R-rated Spawn a little you're, bit. You're, you're, you know what, Jake? I mean, I'm seriously, we're on the same fucking wavelength yeah. right now. We're on the same wavelength. Um, but uh, here's what um, – Okay, most okay. I'm going to explain a little bit about this Michael Paris uh, and what he has done, and and this kind of takes me back to the fact like people were like, how in the world can you show a Wonder Woman movie and have it look amazing? Like you know, DC Warner Brothers, they they just seem stumped on how to like introduce her. And then we saw that short film that came out, yeah, and it totally proved everybody that you can do a really cool Wonder Woman movie. You know what I mean? Definitely. And so this. 
right here is kind of like a love letter, I think, from Michael Paris to Todd McFarlane saying, it can be done. It can be done. You can do this, and this is the tone that you need to give the movie. Hopefully McFarlane stands up and takes takes notice to this. Um, I really like what you were saying earlier about the idea of a found footage um, superhero movie. I mean, I know that's what Chronicle was, but it wasn't like a street-level type of movie. Right. I think that's really exciting. Like, Spawn as a character is like an urban legend, and it would be really neat just to see him through like what snippets people can catch of him you know, through found footage devices and everything. And we've seen found footage, uh, we've seen found footage horror films already. Oh, yeah, tons of them. Yeah. I mean, Blair Witch Project. Absolutely. Not that it, it wasn't by any means the first found footage movie, but it's the one that really jump started the genre, I yes. would say. I really like this idea too, because I think that the special effects, especially in something like his cape, mm-hmm. would really come off better and be more impressive in something like a found footage as opposed to just it, it being you know, part of a movie because we've seen a lot of fantastic stuff before, but to do it in a found footage way, that'd be cool. Yeah. The thing is, though, that really worked for the found footage in um, the Chronicle movies is the fact that these characters had the abilities of uh, telekinetic powers to mm-hmm. where, like, you know, first the kid's holding the camera and later on he's using his telekinetic powers to hold the camera. Oh, right. So, I mean – There'd have to be, you'd have to get a very, very competent director that's going to be able to show us how to do this. Working it into a supermarket is perfect because you've got cameras all over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That worked out perfectly. But like, that can't be your only set piece for this. Right. Uh, You need to have different set pieces and you need to have cameras moving throughout this. So, yeah. It'll be interesting if they can crack the code on that. They may not do it that way. They may just do it like a movie like The Conjuring or something like that where it is just a horror movie and you're not doing a found footage film but yeah i think jake you're on to something with the found footage i think that would be pretty fucking cool in a spawn movie yeah that's a good point though it's like ah it can't be a spawn movie without a dark alleyway how do you write the cameras into that fair enough maybe maybe the police set up cameras in the alleyway to try to right maybe that's where like the most of this activity is going on yeah shit like that maybe they could throw in like one of these fucking reality shows like the ghost hunters and shit like you know one of those shows where they actually never all they do is hear things or oh i think i saw an orb or uh, something you know but then it flips it on his ass and like you know they actually do see shit that's a great idea have it be a guy where it's his job to get spawned on film yeah that's his you know what he's trying to do is no one believes him that this urban legend really exists and he's doing everything he can to get him on film right all the exposition is laid out in this like uh him videotaping himself like telling you about what he's doing that and like some of the film footage that they've actually gotten from like things that have taken place in like department stores or like a, yeah. like a supermarket and shit like that so i want to see a chain coming out and breaking a camera yeah it's oh, out of nowhere awesome. <laughs> um let's see here um most of the nearly eight minute film was shot in a day and two nights in a supermarket after business hours paris used a limited cast and crew although it only took about two days to shoot the post-production took two years mm. With the visual effects rendering uh, rendered on a single computer, uh, here's what Michael, uh, director Michael Paris, had to say about his short film. I think supermarkets are kind of an, a kind of allegory for temptation, with all the ads, the colors, the sales events, encouraging consumption. So I thought it would be interesting uh, to mix an everyday life story in a supermarket, such as a mom and her kid shopping with a dark and fantasy story. 
Besides, I have always been a huge fan of Spawn. I followed it since the comics began. Both ideas then came together, so I decided to make a fan film. So I think you guys need to watch this fan film. It is really fucking cool. I'm glad I saw it. It looks amazing. That's great. I, I totally agree with the stuff that he's saying about the supermarket yeah. and the imagery of like horrific things happening in a bright and colorful supermarket. Yeah. I've actually um always thought about wanting to write a um like a zombie story that took place just in the supermarket. For a while, I was like writing an outline for that. I called it "Buy One Get One Scream." <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then I already had a sequel name, and it was called uh, "Paper, Plastic, or Blood." Well, if anybody, <laughs> <laughs> if anybody goes to that website, what is it? Uh, the people of Walmart. Oh, that's yeah. enough to scare you. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Imagine those people turning <laughs> into the undead. Well, that's what I liked about Zombieland when they did go into the supermarket and you did see the people in oh, there yeah, and shit yeah. like that. Zombies in sweatpants. Yeah, <laughs> you're a big hoss, aren't you? <laughs> Definitely, it's ch- check it out. It's called Spawn the Recall. Just yeah. do a YouTube search. Is he doing a Kickstarter? What's he trying to do to get this? Guys, I don't know. I mean, if you go to the website, maybe it'll have more information. But I just happen to see it on YouTube. So Nice. Um, guys, I, I've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of uh, the show Mystery Science Theater 3000. I started watching it uh, in 1998. Uh, excuse me, 1988, when it was originally, it originally starred Joel Hodgson, mm-hmm. uh, who created the show, and it originally ran on a station in Minnesota before Comedy Central then picked it up, and it later then moved to sci-fi. Joel Hodgson continued to write for the show, but then Mike Nelson took over acting in the show. It starred Mike Nelson as a human that was stranded on the satellite of love, floating in outer space, who used, um, you know what? I'm just better. It, okay, better than me explaining the yeah. origin of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and what it's about. The best way, really, to explain this show, I think, is just to play the theme song. Go for it. Don't you agree? Yeah. yeah. Mystery Science Theater 2000, for me, growing up, was just one of those shows that I just fell in love with. I absolutely love the show. and um, 
Love the robots. Love the robots. I was a huge fan of I who is your favorite? Tom Servo or Crow? I liked Crow better. Crow is my guy yeah. too. Mine, mine too. <laughs> um but uh if if you wanted to watch these shows, it was really hard after it was taken off the air. I yeah. mean it was in syndication for a little bit on sci fi and you could catch it here and there. Uh you had to buy the DVDs, but the DVDs are so expensive. Yeah, and they released a ton of them, but they were they all did. expensive. Very expensive because I mean you're talking about like they actually played the entire movie there's yeah. intermissions between them and so on the dvds you maybe got two three movies tops mm-hmm. and they were never released on blu-ray and uh and they were also released limitedly uh i actually own a few of the dvds myself i own the mystery science theater 3000 the movie mm-hmm. uh, which is probably you know what mystery science theater 3000 the movie is one of the funniest movies i've ever seen in my entire life it was also given two thumbs up by Siskel and Ebert. Nice. What movie did they do in that? It's a super famous one. Uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, gotcha. I believe. Okay. And uh, it actually featured uh, the actor who played the professor from Gilligan's Island. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they used the – they had to use – they had to uh, – in that movie, they had to construct this uh, device called the Interocitor, which is actually one of the funniest things in the movie where they talk about this fucking Interocitor that they have to <laughs> develop. It's so funny. It's so good. Um, Variety is now reporting that you can watch the show streaming on Vimeo. Oh, nice. Really? Vimeo has uploaded 80 episodes of the show and hopes to get the rights to the rest of the series. Now, each episode, this is what kind of blew me away, though. Each episode just to rent is $2.99. Ooh. Wow. Uh, or nine ninety nine to purchase. Oh. Damn. See, Vimeo needs to jump on the train where they offer you like a monthly subscription service where you can watch everything they have mm-hmm. for, for a price. Now, if you're a huge fan and you want to watch all these, you can purchase all eighty though for three hundred bucks. Oh Oof. man! But it's a savings. With the prices that they're giving you, you purchase them for you can, the three hundred bucks. You can purchase them, not yeah. just rent. You can purchase all eighty for three hundred bucks. Yeah, that's like saving five hundred bucks. Saving a lot of money, right? Because it'd there. be it'd be like right. Yeah, nine ninety nine plus eighty episodes is yeah. pretty much eight hundred. It's bucks. a lot cheaper than buying these on DVDs. And I don't know which episodes they have because um, my favorite episode that they ever did was Mitchell. The mm. movie Mitchell. When they did that fucking movie, it was so hilarious. If they have Mitchell Mitchell there, I'm buying it for nine ninety nine. I don't give a shit. It is that funny. The Mitchell episode is great. And it's one of those that they did put out on DVD, but like, oh my God, it was in limited run. If you buy it on Amazon, you're probably paying for like, you know, 80 bucks or something like that to get it because mm. it was so limited. Um, but if you're a fan of these and you want to watch these episodes, you can do it now. You can do it on Vimeo, which I think is amazing. So, um, that is cool. All these different streaming services are doing everything they can to stand out from the others. Well, right. you know, yeah. Grabbing onto whatever properties they can to, you know. Yeah. Like community coming back on. Yeah. Was it Yahoo video uh, yeah. service? Yeah. Which I never even knew existed. Neither until, did I. Until community signed yeah. on to it. <laughs> I know I kind of groaned at the prices, but I mean, you're getting, you know, feature length films along with, like you said, the intermissions and yeah. the commentary and stuff. So I mean, it's not like it's just a half hour show for three bucks. I wonder if a little bit of the problem with Mystery Science Theater 3000 and why it costs so much on DVD, why it costs, costs so much on here is because they kind of have to pay double royalties. 
Oh yeah. Once for the actual original source material movie, and then once for the the guys that do all the the work on the new stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's why it ends up being so pricey. I'd be willing to bet that that's the case because if they're making money off of it, you know, whoever made the original movie is going to want their cut. Yeah. Do they have to pay the royalties twice though? I mean, since they've already got the rights to the movie. I think if they're trying to sell someone else's movie, they do. They might have to because I know uh, when they do the riff track stuff now, because like now they'll have these riff tracks things from Fathom Events, like, I don't think any of those actually get released on the actual Riff Tracks site because, like, they, they tell you, like, you have to see these in theaters. Like, when I saw Starship Troopers, when I saw Godzilla, when I saw right. Night of the Living Dead, I don't think I can purchase those to rent on, um, you know, their Riff Tracks site. Yeah, because right. they're, they're, they're selling someone else's movie to an extent. Yeah. 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 That makes perfect sense because then when they sell just the, the Riff part of it and you got to watch the movie – in simultaneous. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they could sell their part all they want. Yeah, exactly. So, and that yeah. makes sense why they've never been released on Blu-ray too because I'm willing to bet every time they jump mediums they have to pay those royalty fees again. Yeah. Yeah, and I bet there's some episodes that they've never been able to release on DVD to the for the exact same reason. Yeah. Right. They so, didn't want to have them out. So. I know that's a big issue with Saturday Night Live. That's why we haven't got past season five on DVD. Yeah. Is because they can't get all the musical acts to sign over their gotcha. performances. Yeah. And they don't want to release them unless they can have whole episodes. Did you, you know? see Bill Hader is going to be hosting, I think, on October 11th? Oh, that's awesome. Of Saturday Night Live. So, yeah, yeah it's like uh, Chris Pratt is doing one. I forget who's doing it. I this. heard the next one, too. Uh, it's Bill Murray, right? Bill Murray's going to be doing. I'm really? pretty sure Bill Murray's hosting this year. Oh, nice! Wow. Yeah. And hey. then they got the announcement for who was uh, replacing Pardo. Yeah, it's uh, Daryl Hammond. Daryl yeah. Hammond. Yeah. yeah. I've been. I was talking to a coworker about that. Do you think? Um, we've gone off the rails, but whatever. <laughs> who cares? Do you think Daryl Hammond is going to do? And because he's known for impersonation, that's yes. like his big thing. Is it right for him to impersonate Pardo when no, doing the intro? Or absolutely he, not. Or is he just going to talk like Daryl Hammond? He should talk like Daryl Hammond. Agreed. Daryl Hammond rarely talked like Daryl Hammond. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's so it's going to be so crazy. Pardo and yeah, SNL but are see so that's connected. the same that's the same thing as like uh, Corbett taking over one of these late night shows. I mm. mean, he can't play the character. Yeah, we have to see the real him. He exactly. Yeah. He can't play a character like he does on uh, the, the his show. Yeah, lots of big SNL shakeups going on. They uh, kicked Cicely Strong off of the Weekend Update, That's too. That's true. They did. Who's and replacing her now? They replaced her with um, an African-American comedian from The Daily Show. And I'm not a regular That's right, Daily they did. Show watcher, so yeah. I've, I've never seen this guy. Yeah, I catch it every once in a while, depending on who the guest is. Is he funny? Have you seen I have not seen him. Gotcha. But you know what? I don't think that's a bad thing. I thought Cicely was great as the like person that was wacky characters on the news rather than being on the news. Yeah. So question guys. Yeah. Okay, we just you mentioned Bill Murray. Yeah. Okay. Bill Murray recently came out and said that, you know, uh he voiced his opinion on uh the Ghostbusters uh reboot. Yeah. And Bill Murray said something like he's not opposed to a female Ghostbusters team. And he, he mentioned a few names. I think he mentioned uh Kristen Wig. Yeah. I think he didn't mention Melissa McCarthy, who we're, we're kind of against. Yeah. Um, I think maybe – was Emma Stone one of them? Oh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely – he's endorsing it. He's saying that, that maybe that's the route to go. Now, Dan Aykroyd since then has come out and said that they're wanting to do kind of like this expanded universe oh, where geez. they not only have like – 
you know, uh, like just the female team, but they'll come back with different teams and things like that. I think maybe I alluded to that on an episode. I'm not sure if I did. I, I, yeah, I told everybody to chill the fuck out. I said, everybody, like, this will just be one team, and then they'll, they'll have other Ghostbusters teams. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you think that this, like, Sony's taking this to the point where it's, it's like, because uh, everybody's going expanded universe, right? Yeah. You know, Marvel's, like, uh, done this expanded universe where they have all the individual films, and they bring them all in together for the, uh, for the, for the Avengers uh, main event. Time Warner's following right. suit. Uh, do you think this is a little too much for the Ghostbusters, which we haven't seen in maybe 20 years now, yeah. uh, over 20 years? Do you think this is a little too much for them to announce this? Do you think we're going to get too much saturation of fucking Ghostbusters here? Yeah, I just get scared that Dan Aykroyd's just concerned about lining his pockets with money, a la Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know, I boycotted that movie. Good for you. I boycotted that movie because I told myself, I said, um, you know, if, 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 if you can't do a Blues Brothers movie without John Belushi, you can't do a Blues Brothers movie. Yeah. I, and, and, and I feel the same way about Ghostbusters. If you can't do a Ghostbusters movie without Harold Ramis yeah. and without fucking Bill Murray, you can't do a Ghostbusters movie justice. I agree. The Ghostbusters are those guys. Unless you're going to do a reboot, you can't do a continuation of that story without right. those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. And I also think Ghostbusters was always about guys that weren't, like, in the limelight and shit. I mean, that's what made the movie so good. Like, you know, Bill Murray had done SNL. But other than that, I mean, he wasn't really, like, a huge name. I mean, Vankman was his guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. He, He was pretty big, though, Bill Murray, at that point. He'd already done Stripes. Yeah. And Stripes was huge. Yeah, but Ghostbusters is that catapulted him, man. Yeah, definitely. Right. You know what? Just for shits and giggles, I looked up Ghostbusters on um, Rotten Tomatoes, uh-huh. and I they had all the links to all the reviews of what all the critics said about it when it came out. Right, tons of negative reviews from Ghost for Ghostbusters when it came out. Really? Yeah, it's nice. a, it's special effects instead of comedy were a lot of the complaints and everything. I was blown away by it, like. It's- you know, yeah, it, you know, I think uh, Ghostbusters had so many sexual innuendo jokes that uh, people didn't get at the time. Definitely. We didn't get them as a kid. You know, the whole fucking key master gatekeeper thing—that's right. a sexual innuendo right there. The key master's the dick, and the gate master's the vagina. <laughs> I mean, most people didn't get that shit. Yeah, and it was brilliant. It was that brilliant. movie was brilliant. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we need some new blood in there. I loved Max Landis's idea for a script. I thought that was just genius. Oh, diving into the Zool stuff more. Yeah. Yeah. And the origin of Slimer, the way that starts. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah. So I'm really worried about the Ghostbusters franchise, though, and it's because I love it. Okay? Yeah. I'm worried about it, too. What about the Krispy Kremes thing? Did you see the donuts thing I posted? I did see the donuts thing. Me and Frank were actually talking about making the drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next is Monday. That, is, that, is it next Monday? Yeah. Yep. yep. Nice. We're going to be headed to Bloomington. Save me a goddamn donut. If yeah. you guys... All right, yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, I don't have a Krispy Kreme. It's hard for me to go to a Krispy Kreme and not just want the regular damn donuts. Oh, I'm going to be picking up a dozen while we're there. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, um, yeah. I cannot finish Good Pop, Bad Pop. Without you talking about Destiny. Oh, yeah. So we have to have – the end of this is going to be you talking about Destiny. Sure. Um, I know that you've really gotten into this game. And I know I give you a lot of shit for talking about video games. It's a joke. Right, right. Okay? I know you love video games. It's your passion. 
And, you know, seriously, it'd be fucked up if we didn't talk about Destiny because it is one of the biggest video, bit video games that comes out right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not a November release. Right. Yeah. So, Frank, I want you to talk about your thoughts. You've been playing Destiny for one, two weeks now? Uh, almost two weeks. It was released on the 9th. Okay. So you've started, you started a clan with some of the, uh, pop culture leftovers army? I did. Um, and I, it's had a bigger response than what I would have thought. I honestly figured there'd be like maybe two or three people that would jump on it. Yeah. And the last I looked, we're at like 10 people. Nice. And the who, only thing is who's, the, uh, who's some of the listeners that are joining you in the clan? Uh, Basil and, uh, Adam. Uh, Basil's got me on PS4. Adam does on uh, Xbox One. Okay. And, um, you know, I haven't even checked out what this dude's real Shame name is. Shame on you. Necrohammer. Sh- All right. I know what his Twitter handle is because okay. I started talking okay. to him there. And All I know right. What his I'll, give, I'll give you that. Yeah, but I don't know what his real name is. These no, I mean, like, Jake, you know me. I know all the army. Yes. They're like my children. I love them. I love each and every one of them. If I could pick them all up and just hold them in my arms <laughs> and, and just, just, just cradle them, I would cradle the entire fucking army right now. Oh. I love them. No, seriously. <laughs> seriously. We are nothing without the fucking army. This show is nothing without the fucking army. That's the goddamn fucking truth. It's yep. true. Because seriously, I wouldn't want to do this show if we didn't have people interacting on our page all the time. David Isaac, Danny Murphy, Mark Perillo, any dude, I could go on. I could name a hundred fucking names. Dan West, it, all these people—they're all great. I texted you about this earlier this week. Uh, Hawksby got a hold of me. On yeah, Twitter. Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, and he was uh, asking me about like recommendations and stuff for the PlayStation Four, and I was actually able to share some of my geeky knowledge with him and he appreciated it and that was cool as shit to me yeah but people that are playing destiny and this part it's part of pop culture video games are and you know what i've been kind of a dick to you about this fucking video game shit i have i've been kind of a dick i've been like ah, Frank's talking about another video game every week but Brian, you know what being kind of a dick no oh, oh. <laughs> 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 Let's hey hey seriously. Let's not turn this fucking podcast into a den of mockery, you son of a bitch. All right, that's let's what not, I'm here for. Let's not do that. Yeah, gosh, you just slapped me in the face with the uh, the backhand of truth, you son of a bitch. Anyway, anyway, Frank. So you've been playing Destiny, and yep. our listeners want to. You know what, Frank? If you want to bring up a video game every goddamn week on this show. Feel free because there are people that want to know your thoughts on video games because in all honesty, that's the only fucking thing you know about. I'm kidding. No, you're fucking right. You're fucking right. I sit here. Somebody talked about it, about you guys getting into the deep comic stuff and I'm just like staring, listening, trying to pick up stuff. Seriously. Seriously. You know what? If, if, uh, if, if, okay, here's the thing. If this was a video game podcast and I was in your fucking seat the way you are in our seat now. I would be like, seriously, I would be like Alex Trebek's, Alex Trebek look, not looking at the fucking answer sheet. I would not know a damn thing. Yeah. You know, Alex Trebek seems like fucking like a, like a uh, smart son of a bitch. Yeah. It's because he's holding the answer card. And, <laughs> right. uh, you know, I know about this stuff, but with, you know, but I don't know shit about video games anymore. I dropped off video games maybe 10 years ago. So, what are your thoughts on Destiny? Give us your Destiny review, and I want you to be able to rate it. I want you to be able to rate, toss it, taste it, Tupperware. Go. Yep. All right. Okay. So, uh, you, almost everybody's probably going to have a decent idea of the game itself, only as far as much as like you know what what it is as far as a shooter. 
if you see commercials for it and stuff, it's a first-person shooter. Commercials uh, are gorgeous, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're real good. And they even had live-action uh, ones released about a week ago. Oh, I know. I love the, I saw, I saw the commercial where they actually took all of the commercials and they kind of combined them into one big, gigantic trailer for the game. Right. It was gotcha. very cool. Yeah. I haven't seen a single commercial for this game. Really? Seriously. Oh, they're gorgeous. You should get on YouTube and check them out. Gotcha. I, I'm like, I DVR everything and I don't even, I wouldn't even know it if I saw it. Uh, some of the commercials just reminded me of like some of the badass scenes that you saw in like the first Iron Man movie. Right. You know, like, like, uh, the scene where he blows up, he, he drops those, he does like this teleport, Nightcrawler teleport, uh-huh. drops the bombs underneath that huge character. Yeah. And then walks away. It kind of reminded me of like Iron Man when he shot off the little <laughs> missile and it blew up the fucking tank or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It was very badass. Yeah. And, you know, you really can reenact shit like that in the game just playing normally mm-hmm. um so if if you're into shooters i mean that's kind of like a prerequisite you got to be able to handle a first person shooter it doesn't right. necessarily mean you got to be all that good at it because it's not like you're it's a team it, game right it is yeah uh they, they it does have some pvp you know multiplayer stuff where mm-hmm. you're playing against other people and what they call the crucible um but it's it's big draw is it has a lot of MMO elements kind of like um World of Warcraft. I've heard this uh Frank and uh <coughs> maybe you'd be able to comment on this. I was listening to Kevin Pereira's podcast. It's yeah. called The Pointless Podcast. Gotcha. He knows somebody that's involved in this game. Okay. And he said that there is a guy and his job is to watch what's going on in the world of the game. Right. And uh-huh. if he feels that one player or team is doing a really good job in this game. It's this one guy's job to give a certain team certain like uh, gifts or treasures or whatever like right. that. Yep. Like this one guy is like the uh, architect of this whole fucking thing. Right. And uh, so if this one team is like, wow, these guys are playing really unselfish and this one guy in particular is doing a really good job of a team game, instead of just giving them like the normal drops, they'll give them something special. Right. So is that true? It is. What happens is at the end of um, every mission – uh, whether you're in the crucible doing PvP or right. if you're, uh, playing just like the strikes or the raids or the regular story missions, um, at the end, there's two little boxes that kind of spin around and it's almost like Wheel of Fortune. Like you never know whether you're going to get something or you're going to get nothing. And it, it seems like it's random. Right. And, um, the game has a lot more balance to it than what a lot of people have given it credit for. Yeah. Um, if you look at, other people's reviews, you can tell who has spent any time with the game versus people who have just kind of picked it up and just tried to just play a little bit of it. Um, in the early hours of the game, and I say hours, but uh, it doesn't take too long to start going up levels. It starts off kind of similar to like Halo, not story-wise, but yeah. I mean when you start off and you don't have any of your powers or anything like that unlocked, it's kind of a standard first-person shooter kind of an affair. And then as you level up, Per your class that you've chosen, whether Titan, Hunter, or Warlock, you start unlocking certain gifts and abilities. Like, everybody gets a grenade, but each class and subclass has a different kind of grenade. Like the Titan, he has a grenade that will not only damage people, but it will stun them as well. Um, the uh, Warlock, his grenade, will actually heat seek. Mm-hmm. And it'll stick to somebody, kind of like the sticky grenades from Halo. Right. And then it does more damage if it's attached to an enemy when it explodes. 
um, they have super moves. And this is where you start unlocking the supers, I think, at level five. Yeah. And this is where the classes really start to fan out. Um, the um, Titan, he, he has two subclasses, the Striker, which um, his super move is kind of like the Incredible Hulk. He'll jump up and smash the ground with both fists, and it'll send out a shockwave, destroying any enemies in, in that uh, range. Uh, his other subclass, the Defender, he puts up this force field barrier. So there's certain games that you play in the Crucible, like, um, I don't know, I can't remember what the title of it is, but it's like Domination where you capture a point yeah. and you have to hold that point. Uh, say you're playing as a Defender Titan and you go in there and you set up the force field, well, they can't shoot through it. And once you power up to a certain point, when you and your teammates are inside this shield, you have uh, an insane amount of armor. And you can tell some people haven't really paid any attention to this part of the game because they'll run into the shield thinking, oh, okay, I'm just going to beat you down. And they can't kill you while you're in it. So you got your whole team huddled inside of this shield. Yeah. And you can't be killed. Um, another one is uh, the hunter has a subclass, and this is my favorite, the blade dancer. Um, and uh, there is a mission called the Sword of Crota where everybody kind of gets a, to play this little super part. You generate a um, energy blade, and you fly around, and the sound sounds like a fucking lightsaber. And every time you strike an enemy, they just disintegrate. That's awesome. It's instant kill. And it only lasts for a couple of seconds. And every time you pull the trigger, I mean, you, like, move as fast as lightning. Right. Uh, and this is also that same subclass that you were talking about that has that teleport feature. Okay. Um, his uh, melee uh, is that like when you press like the punch button? Yeah. If you're a short distance uh, from somebody, uh, like two or three strides, you press that button in the proximity of them, facing them, and you'll like warp to their location and stab them with your knife. So, what, what character are you? I have one of every character spread across <laughs> both figure. systems. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I about mean, what about uh, Basil? Uh, I've tried to hook up with Basil to see uh, what what he's running, uh-huh. and. I, I'm not getting – that was one thing I was going to mention as far as like getting on to uh, the clan. Yeah. Only one person has actually joined the clan. I don't think uh. everybody understands how they got to do that. Uh, I can't seek anybody out as far as like uh, asking them to join. Yeah. Uh, like you would mentioned, there was – you sent me a message the other day on Twitter saying somebody asked me to add them. Yeah. Well, I can't find that person to add them because that's done on Bungie.net. They have to request to join – with with us, how do they join? On Bungie.net, if you go to groups or clans, search for the leftover army. Okay, and then the uh, clan tag is PCLA. Okay, so so uh, this should, should this should help people if they want to join. Them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You go to Bungie.net. You have to register your account with them, which that's a good idea to do anyway. Um, yeah, go ahead. I have a question. You have both the Xbox and the PS4. Yeah. Did you buy this game twice? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was yeah, like reading between the lines there. I was like, I know you can't play across platforms. Right. Did Frank pay right. twice for yeah. this game? Yeah, I did. And there's a reason for that. Um, I uh, mean, with the game so nice, he bought it twice. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I've got you know a wife and two kids, so they so. don't need to eat, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I play. The dog can go a week without food, right? <laughs> He's got to buy Destiny twice. Well, no. The, the PlayStation 4 is in the living room and the Xbox One's in the bedroom. So I can if, get you the kibbles, but no beds. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just no, ca- I was caught off guard by yeah. that. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I think you bought this game twice. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I like both systems, and uh, to be honest, I like the way that the Xbox One controller feels in my hand better than the PlayStation 4, but, um, you know, a lot of it's location. I mean, sometimes I can play in the living room, sometimes I can play in the bedroom, and I've got friends on both systems. What are so. some of your favorite experiences that you've had on this game so far? The strikes. Um, what I have a hard time, I mean, making friends usually online for some reason, I don't know, which... You don't, you don't even have any on this podcast. I know. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no advocates. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, and the biggest thing with this game is playing with other people. Yeah. Some people have knocked the story because it, it's not flimsy, but it, it does just barely what it needs to do. Yeah. And the point of it is is what you're really supposed to make the experience about is playing with others. And the cool thing is is that even if you're not – talking with them if you don't have your headset in there's different um uh emotes i guess that you can do with yeah. the controller like you can dance you can sit yeah. you can point and wave did you see the the, the destiny guardians of the galaxy video i did that, I that was awesome yeah. yeah um and you can dance at any time and stuff mm-hmm. so like so I, okay I'm, I'm just getting into this and you know when it first came out I, I hadn't had the clan set up so i didn't have anybody i could play with yet right and um I went in to join a strike, and it'll do matchmaking. It'll pair you up with two other people, and that way you can – all three of you go do this mission. Yeah. And it's a long mission. You end up with certain points that you have to defend and fight wave after wave of enemies. Excuse me. And then uh, you have to take down this giant spider tank, mm-hmm. and it goes further, and you have to take out a uh, a large uh, glowing eyeball. I can't even remember what the hell they call it. But, um, I mean, yeah, you got big enemies to take down, and right. it's hard. Um, each uh, strike has its, like, minimum level that you can try to start it at because it would be impossible to do it before then. Right. Um, and the first one starts at level <clears throat> 8. And the first time I did that and, like, we won, mm-hmm. it was with people I wasn't talking to because they didn't have their headsets in. Yeah. But when we beat that last thing and, like, it showered us with loot and shit. You start dancing? We did. All yeah. <laughs> and it's badass because, you know, I, forever. I mean, the first game I played online was the first Gears of War on the 360. Oh, wow. And I I wasn't all that good at playing first-person shooters. And the first thing you hear is, oh, you suck. Oh, great. We got Quagmire. And, it, 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 you know, they make bunch you feel t- bad. A bunch of 10-year-olds cussing you out. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this... Because it forces you to play together and it'll balance you. It yeah. won't typically put three people of the same class together. Right. right. It it forces you to complement each other even just with your abilities. So everybody has a necessary role. Right. It's not as deep as like having a healer or something in World yeah, of Warcraft. Yeah, so it's not like having like your fucking like uh, you've got your mage, you've got your muscle, you've got your healer. Right. It's nothing like that. But right. yeah, everybody plays their own part. Yeah. And yeah. – um. The only thing there's, – there's a couple of not really low points about it because, like you mentioned, there's a guy whose whole job is to watch people. Yeah. They um, – He's like he's like the, the watcher. <laughs> he's like the, the watcher. Well, he's like a voyeur. Yeah. <laughs> he can't touch Look it. Look at those guys watch. dancing over <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, I like his moves. Yeah. Um, Bungie signed a deal with Activision Blizzard and yeah. Blizzard is the company behind World of Warcraft. They signed right. a 10-year oh, yeah. deal. Yeah. This is not going to be one of those games like Call of Duty where you're going to have one come out every year. Yeah. They've got two expansions already planned for the game. 
and I'm sure there'll be more to follow after that. That's good news, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that's great news. And Bungie is extremely active in setting up events. You have like a weekly event, and then you'll have raids. Yeah, and it's it's going to be continually supported. The game's going to be continually changing. And the thing that's that, great because I mean it's like uh, that's replayability right there. Right. Yeah. Do you do you personally, Frank, see yourself still playing this game a year from now? I do. Yeah. I do. Big Good time. deal. Until No Man's Sky comes out, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I okay, mean, Frank. My big question to you is: you've had a good, you've had a great time. You've had a great time with this game, right? Yeah. What are you going to rate it? Toss it, taste it at Tupperware. Absolutely going to rate it at Tupperware. Fantastic. I, I, you know what? And I'm sorry that if I caught you off last week and I didn't give you a chance to talk about this. That's my no, fault. That's fine. Don't blame Frank. If you're gonna, if you're gonna blame anybody, blame blame your fearless leader, whatever <laughs> the fuck you're calling me these days. But um, I, I, if. Uh, it's there's not really a whole lot of difference between the uh those two new next gen systems PS4 Xbox One the games awesome on both graphics are right. yeah not better or you can't say hey that looks better on this system hey no. got a question for you yeah. okay if we had a video game and it was called the pop culture leftovers it was a pop culture leftovers game and it's a game it's me you guys sitting down at a fucking podcast and uh, we had our own meters. What would some of those meters be? Uh, my meter is going to be like, you know, Brian's pissed off meter. <laughs> okay. Like when is Brian going to hit like, you know, his boiling point and fucking go off on Jake or go Do off his on aura, aura. Yeah. It's like It's like Jake throws out a Kevin Smith casting spell <laughs> and, and Brian hits his boiling point. Or Jake talks about Man of Steel. Brian hits his fucking boiling point. I also think for like you two, yeah, hell, myself included, like there's like a uh, black point you know what I mean like we've got a bladder meter where we have to go to the bathroom I think Frank Frank you've got a horrible bladder meter right yeah. but, but my uh, where's your bladder meter at right now eh maybe point one oh point one oh I'm impressed I did, I did yeah. a good job clearing myself out before we started <laughs> where are you at where are you at I'm doing good too I'm fine on the bladder oh, shit. meter I'm, I'm at about a seven out of ten. Oh wow yeah <laughs> so yeah I get your bladder meter gets full and then you can't attack until you until you relieve, right. relieve that right. meter <laughs> right. uh, Jake's got a fruit snacks meter <laughs> yeah <laughs> I have an intoxication that already got full once this episode <laughs> <laughs> I have an intoxication meter but the higher that goes up the, <laughs> the, the lower my uh, comprehension goes I think so. you broke that meter <laughs> that's like the thermometer that got too hot dude that's my super move yeah <laughs> the berserker rage. <laughs> the more I drink, the better it gets. Oh man, when you start dancing off onto that one, oh my god, you end up on the ground. Yeah, pretty much. I thought you're, yeah, like you're break dancing, but <laughs> it's actually it's not break dancing. It's just Frank going into fucking uh, convulsions. I've been watching footage of this game while Frank's been talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my god, first person shooters. I'm like, I gotta look away. I'm yeah. so nauseous from watching it. And that's that's the only real barrier to entry is if you don't like a first person shooter, you won't like the game you can't switch it to third person view so i can see my character behind the shoulder the, or something the only time that happens honestly and it's my favorite time is when you're doing that super move from the blade dancer mm. where you're slashing them yeah you want to see the guy when you're got your blade right. out and your well, lightsaber and motherfuckers yeah and that's the coolest shit yeah. period right there I got a question for you yep have you guys seen the new Sharp? Is it the Sharp TV that's got the curved screen? Yes. Yeah. I, I remember that's like the a- OLEDs. Alienware was talking about coming out with a curved screen. It yeah. kind of looked like it was really like as far as like curved screens go. I mean, it looked kind of ancient, but like this is a re- and it had like uh, as far as the curved screen goes, um, it had uh, actual like. Um, 
how do I say it? It wasn't actually curved. It, it actually looked like it was just like screens with uh, you could actually see the lines through it. It oh, actually wasn't okay. like a, a oh, that's wild screen. Right? Yeah. But that was the Alienware that came out. Do you think a game like this is gonna like? You think that that this type of game would look amazing on like one of those actual curved screens? I do because what I do is uh, I It'll, move my recliner within like yeah. six feet of the TV, and I've got a fifty-five inch. So right. if that was curved. It'd be a little bit cooler because yeah. I think it would give you a little bit more of a panoramic view. Did you see that they, there was a theater that had the Maze Runner movie mm-hmm. and they took uh, three screens. They took like a screen in the, in, the, in the center and then they had two screens off to the side and that's how you watch the new Maze Runner movie. Oh, that would be oh, difficult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of bizarre looking. But you got to like, be like a horse. But it's kind of like <laughs> it, it's you're there for the experience because it is called Maze Runner. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of giving you somewhat of a simulated, I guess. 180 degree view of the movie. I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. They're, they're starting to do some stuff, like dabble with ideas of doing things like that with video games. They haven't released it, but a couple years ago, Microsoft was talking about doing like game room thing yeah. where you'd have little projectors around your television and then you'd have the main thing going on in the screen and then it would put lights and stuff up elsewhere to make your whole room a part of the experience. They haven't really talked about ambient, like ambient technology. Yeah. Gosh, what a fucking gimmick that was. It it looked a little bit like more specific than just like a shade of a light here or there. Right. But I, I don't know. I don't think I can get into that. I'm waiting for uh, smash brothers on the Wii U. That's my game that I'm waiting for. Right. I know that it's going to come out at the end of October for uh, the 3ds. Yeah. Is there a release date for the Wii U? Not yet. It's still supposed to be 2014. I thought that's what I heard, and they haven't like nailed down a date yet. Yeah, we got to have a Mario party when that comes oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to say one thing real quick though about yeah. that clan. Um, of all the members that we have, only one person has actually joined the clan, and I don't think everybody understands. They don't make it really clear about how you have to do it. Break this down so everybody can join. Sure. So you need to register your account with Bungie.net with whatever system you're playing on. Um, and I myself, I've only got the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. They do have it for PlayStation 3 and 360, but I don't, I'm not getting it four times. Right. Um, you know, and I don't know <laughs> if any of the mem- the members of the Army have the, you know, a copy of it on those older systems. I can call them older. But, um, you know, I mean, they can still join and play with each other. I don't have to be involved. Um, but what they need to do is they need to register their account with Bungie.net, mm-hmm. search for the leftover Army. And you'll know it when you found it because um, the description is fighting the darkness and wigs everywhere. Nice. So, nice. Uh, and then uh, you uh, submit a request to join. Yeah. And I don't know why I've got it locked down to where I have to approve it. I should just unleash it and <laughs> welcome everyone. But um, once you've joined the group, you actually have to click a tab for set as PlayStation Clan or mm-hmm. set as Xbox Clan. And you have to do that in order to actually be a clan member. And it actually does have not an impact on the game, but when your name is up on the screen, it'll show the clan tag PCLA. Nice. So you have to have a minimum of three members to a clan in order to qualify. So if you're a member of the group, go onto a PC, click set to clan that way you can actually be a member of the clan and we can find each other a lot easier i want to hear more people joining up on this this is interesting yeah that is interesting yeah so yeah that that game's definitely creating quite a stir i see a lot about it yeah it is a lot of people are 
you know, just casually playing. I, I, it drove me nuts the day after it came out. People were like, okay, I beat it, so now what? And there's so much more to this game than just the main storyline. That's not what it's really the about. The focus just really seems on the co-op and the multiplayer. It is. Yeah. And, and, you know, interacting with each other. And they're not giving it, you know, half a shake. Yeah. All right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with uh, Pop Culture Leftovers News. Fucking old school. are so fresh snap all right hey everybody we're back um jake uh you uh i just wanted to blab for a second blab for a second about what um you know i didn't have any good pop bad pop this week and i just wanted to say that right now i am currently marathoning seasons two and three of once upon a time to get caught up for the season premiere next week. Oh, that's right, yeah. And, and I just wanted to let everyone know that not next episode, but the episode after, because we'll actually be recording during the season premiere, I'll uh, do a spot on my season two and three watch and what I thought about the season four premiere. Awesome. So, and it, I, I loved the first season. I was in the middle of my move when the second season started, so yeah. I only got to watch three episodes, and then I missed six episodes, and then it yeah. just became daunting. But I really want to get back on this train. I really love this show. So you have been watching it already? Yes. Okay. I have about ten episodes left of season three. Okay. And I'll, and I'll be able to easily watch those. Before I knew the, you were a big fan of that show. I didn't know you dropped off. Yeah, it just – I didn't well, – I know. Well, I know how things get. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same way with Arrow. Like I kept up all the way through season two, and then uh, – that, like my first receiver went out on me. Oh yeah, and then I haven't been able to. I haven't been able to catch the second half, and so it's like I'm not going to be able to give like an Arrow season three review until I catch that second half. It's sometimes though, it's kind of nice when a show you really really like, you like get like you know twenty episodes plus behind. Yeah, because then you get freaking twenty plus episodes of yeah. a show you really like yeah. to watch. Yeah, like when it when I get back to the weekly deal on it i'm gonna be like oh man yeah <laughs> did they did they uh did they start the spinoff show they, the spinoff show was, that was a summer thing it had 13 episodes yeah. it, it aired concurrent to season three last okay. year um one of the characters from it is gonna be in the main proper storyline because the spinoff got canceled gotcha okay okay so they always said it was only going to be one season and if it was a real big hit they would figure out another story to do another spinoff but gotcha. it kind of flopped and you know what i cannot wa- if anyone out there knows how i can watch the spinoff i was wanting to watch it before the new stuff started too it's not on netflix it's not on hulu what was it called once upon a time in wonderland oh gotcha it's not available on dvd hmm. it's like not only did it get canceled but they've like it's like the Star Wars holiday special. I was just thinking yeah. about that. I can't that. fucking find this shit anywhere. <laughs> yeah. It might as well be Roger Corman, Doctor, you know, the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. It's, it's disappeared. So. Okay. But yeah, I just want to let everyone know that I'm going to talk about that, do some ooh talk in two episodes. Nice. Okay. All right. Are we ready to go on with the news? Yeah, let's do it. I All can't right. wait. It's time for the uh, pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a little of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. You know what? It's really gangster as fuck. It really fucking is. You it's know, always gangster as fuck. Every week I say, like, oh, is it really gangster as fuck? No, it is 
fucking gangster as fuck. <laughs> yeah, what's more fucking gangster than who's going to be Doctor Strange? No shit, man. And fucking what's going on in that fucking Batman v Superman movie? Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about some of that coming up here shortly. Uh, but yeah, I think our news is gangster as fuck. And you know what? I think our, you know what? Our, that fucking bumper is the shit. I don't give a fuck. I, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. I, who the fuck is gonna have a fucking bumper that says this news is gangster as fuck? Nobody else. Everybody's so polished and professional and shit. Fuck that all. Fuck that shit. Fuck that conventional polished bullshit. No, I want a fucking news bumper that says we're gangster as fuck, Jake. That's what I fucking want. Nothing screams legit like gangsters. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm talking about, dude. All right. First, <laughs> first news story, Norman Reedus. Oh, that guy. Norman Reedus' character of Daryl Dixon is a huge fan, favorite of fans for AMC's <laughs> The Walking Dead. You know this by his huge Twitter following and Facebook following and his passionate fans. I mean, there's even a group of women that call themselves Dixon's Vixens. <laughs> Dixon's Vixens. So Daryl Dixon is feeling the love by all of his fans, and now he's giving back. And I think this is really fucking cool. Awesome. Norman Reedus has collected more than 100 pieces of fan work, including drawings, sketches, tattoos, mosaics, in a book that's titled Thanks for All the Niceness to be published October 31st by his imprint, Big Bald Book. A significant portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Bachman Strauss Dystonia and Parkinson Foundation. Uh, the book is being described as the actor's way to show his gratitude for his insanely devoted fandom. The collection was chosen from more than 3,000 submissions from fans in every imaginable medium from around the world. How badass is that? That's fucking badass. If Daryl Dixon isn't a fucking badass in the show, he's a badass for doing this. This is very cool. You know, and what I love it is they tie this in shit. They tie this shit in to not just being like, oh, okay, I'm going to show how everybody fucking loves me. No, <laughs> I'm going to use this also to fucking give some of the proceeds to charity. Yeah, until you brought that up, I was actually in my head being cynical about it. I was like, <laughs> oh, gee, what a way to thank the fans, take all their submissions and make bucks for my wallet, you know? Yeah. So I was really glad that you... Exactly. It's like, okay, I'm not one vain-ass motherfucker that <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, everybody loves me. No, this guy's like using his own... And it's not like he took it to some other fucking publishing company. He's using his own publishing company, uh, this big bald book. Uh, I mean, that, and he's doing this. And Norman's, Norman Reedus himself said, I want to thank everyone who submitted artwork. Y'all inspire me, and your artwork is amazing. It was incredibly difficult to choose the pieces that made it into this book from the thousands of submissions from around the world. I continue to be so inspired and touched by all of your awesome art and rad badass talent so it's you know what i mean it's like what is he gonna do with all this art he didn't ask for fucking people to do this no people were so inspired by his performance in the walking dead the character that he does portray that they took the time he didn't ask him to do this no they took the time and they submitted this stuff so what is he doing to give back he's giving back but he's not only just giving back to them and thanking them and thanking them for all the niceness and all the fucking support he's giving to a charity that is fucking badass i 
I'm giving props to Norman Reedus on this. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say about the fucking Walking Dead. You can say whatever you want to say, but I think this is a fucking you know what? Thanks for all the niceness. I think this is thanks for all the kindness. Yeah. This is amazing. The love and the support that all the fucking fans are giving him. And this isn't just promoting The Walking Dead. This is promoting this is just promoting the fans and then giving back. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that have actually met him at different conventions and stuff, and everyone says he's just really humble and gracious and yeah. friendly with the fans and yeah. everything. He's always, you know, he's yeah. like every con, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he seems to really get off on interacting with all the fans and meeting everyone. It's you know? great. It doesn't seem to be like, uh, you know, some of them get bitter. Yeah. And, you know, oh, that's just the character I play in the show. Yeah. And don't oh, embrace no. it. And, you know. Yeah. Man, he's the other way around. Yeah, definitely. He's constantly posting. Posting pictures and stuff like behind the scenes and stuff, so everybody who follows him can get a little glimpse. It's cool. Well, there's petitions online. You know, let's get let's get fucking Norman Reedus to host Saturday Night Live. That'd be great. Absolutely, yeah. let's do it. Why hasn't a character from uh, uh, Walking Dead hosted the Saturday Night Live yet? That's a good question. That's yeah. a really good question. If Betty White can host it, why can't we get fucking Norman Reedus? And I'm not saying that Betty White didn't do a great job. She did. That was one of the best fucking SNL episodes I've ever seen. No, it was a good one. It was very good. Other than Norman Reedus, I have a hard time of thinking of anyone on that show that would be funny as a comedic actor. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. But see, that's the thing. That's why the petition is for Norman Reedus. Yeah, yeah. Right. Fucking let's get him in there. You know what I mean? Let's do this. This uh, The Walking Dead is like fucking – it's gangbusters as far as the ratings go. Definitely. Let's get your fucking number one character in there to play the fucking uh, – to, to be on this uh, show. I, I think it would be hilarious. I think people would love it and I think it would be another thing like an internet, an internet fucking fist pump because they right. started the petition. Yeah. Power to the people. Power to, power to Norman Reedus for putting out this book. Yeah, that is a good. That would be neat to see him host. They've done Walking Dead sketches before, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> they have. They're, they're pretty funny. I have missed those. I wish I'd seen them. Yeah. All right, here I'm, I'm going to say it. All right, you know we talked a couple weeks ago about the Norman Reedus character of Daryl Dixon being gay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I. <laughs> fuck. Am I going to do this? I'm going to. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say. I hope he is. Yeah. I, I, thought, he, I thought we said that last time. I know, but I want them to go to like, I want them to go to like the, I want them to go, I want them to say a big fuck you to conservative America, and I just want them to go to the point where they make fucking Daryl Dixon a power bottom. I, <laughs> I mean it, man. I mean it. I mean it's a huge middle fucking finger. I want them to like take this to the fucking ultimate and just be like, you know, Daryl Dixon, he is, he's gay and he's proud of it, and I just want, hey, fuck you, Midwest. <laughs> Daryl Dixon, fuck you, fucking uh, the South. He is a fucking power bottom. Let's just take this to the fucking. You know what I mean? Yeah, fuck you, biker guy with the Daryl Dixon tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> come on, let's do it. Let's take advantage of this. There is nothing that says that he cannot be a badass and he can't be gay. So fuck you. Let's do this. Yeah, it's not like if they make that. If they make that his part of his character it doesn't take away all the badass stuff exactly he until then he still did all that exactly shit, right? it was yeah. still exactly. badass he took out a fucking tank yeah no shit <laughs>
So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I don't know about the power bottom. That <laughs> <laughs> almost seems like a contradiction in terms. I'm not sure about how that would work. Yeah, guys, I'm just you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All of a sudden, saying. starts sewing on uh, the uh, uh, rainbows onto his uh, vest. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know what I'm saying. Or at least yeah, just, just lie and tell Carol that he's gay, just to just to end that. Right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't click the link so I could see what she said about it, but I, I saw uh, that Emily Kenny said that she hopes there's more Daryl and Beth action going on. Oh, Daryl and Beth. Yeah, oh. or not Beth. Oh, um. Now I can't think of her name. Carol. No, not Carol, the other girl that in the last season that he was with until she got kidnapped. Yeah, I can't answer this question. Oh, Beth. Yeah, she was the girl okay. that got kidnapped. All right, yeah. Oh, little, the little girl, Beth, little blonde girl? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You didn't watch last season, did you? No, I gave up. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. What'd they do? What'd Daryl and Beth do? They ended up getting off on their own, separated from the rest of the group. Okay. And then they got a weird dynamic. And it's like romantic? Not, well, it, it was real, real gray. I mean, you couldn't tell. Which way it was going? But yeah, I think I, it, it felt like for for Daryl, it felt like um, a brother sister relationship, and it yeah. felt like for Beth, maybe she was looking at it more as at a romantic angle. Oh, I gotcha. agree with that because he's you know older. And but she broke down some Daryl Dixon walls, which I think like like a lot of people shit on that episode, um, and I felt like it really opened up his character. Like yeah. uh, you know, I got, we got to learn a lot more about him. He did frighten me in that episode quite a bit. Really? Absolutely. When he took her out there into the backyard and some, some weird shit happened between like him and a walker, correct? You know, or I'm trying to remember. I know I only saw it once when it originally aired. Well, like, I mean, he got really violent. And first off, he started peeing in that room that they were in oh, and started yeah. yelling and screaming at her. And I kept thinking to myself, Daryl, you know her father, and would Herschel really like you acting like this way, <laughs> uh, acting like this around her daughter? I, you know, I was getting ready for there to be like a reveal like he was an alcoholic or something like that. They'd been drinking moonshine. None of that happened. And it just felt right. like Daryl Dixon, like a lot has haunted his past and he just seemed to act out in ways that I didn't want to see him act out that way in front of a female. Well, he's really introverted. I mean, yeah, he's got this real tough exterior, but he doesn't talk a lot about, you know, personal Feelings. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean – I've got people in my life and my family who are like that, you know, real tough guys. Oh, me too. Me too. My grandfather. Yeah. And and for me, it was my dad. Yeah. And then, you know, when things start to get too real, then they kind of act out like that. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of why it didn't scare me because, I mean, yeah, the things he was doing was outlandish, but I guess deep down I knew he wasn't going to really hurt her. Yeah. So, but. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it took him out of his, like. I guess his uh, comfort zone and he started to act out. You know, it's like I can't see like the Gordon's Fisherman acting out like that. You know what (laughs) I mean? The Gordon's Fisherman, that's all he's thinking about is like he's pulling in the fucking cod and shit. He just wants to make you fish sticks. He doesn't want to talk about his personal bullshit and start crying on the ship. You know what I mean? I think it was kind (laughs) of – So Daryl's crying on the show? Is that what uh, – I mean – He was real fucking bummed when she got took, taken, whatever. yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, maybe Liam Neeson. Neeson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe Liam Neeson can track her down. Right. That seems to be what he's doing these days, right? But it was kind of cool because I mean that whole Daryl portion of that half of the season, 
it was really kind of telling for him as a character because when he got with the Ravagers, mm-hmm. he kind of wondered whether he was going to go more back towards the animalistic, you know, inhuman kind of stuff that he was borderline when he was with Merle at the very beginning of the series. So, I mean, he still retained, uh, you know, who he was or at least who he ended up becoming by being involved with the core group. Right at the end of the season, so it, it was it was good. It, it showed that you know he he still had some of that still within him, but you know who is he really? So yeah. All right, uh, let's see here. Where are we in news? Okay, um, let's move on to some Marvel news. I really don't have a lot of just regular news. Uh, Andrew Ross uh, sent us an email. He says, um, "I have." Always been a comic book animated. I have always been a comic book animated movie guy over being a comic book reader. So I've been going crazy on Netflix because they have so many movies and shows. I don't know anything about Doctor Strange, but you guys have been getting me very excited. So I decided to watch the movie. It was fucking awesome. I didn't really know his origin story, and I really liked it. But you guys are saying they might not show the origin story. So what do you think will happen? Uh, will they introduce Wong? and the other sorcerers and how true is the animated movie to the actual comic book after seeing this movie i am more inclined to see joaquin phoenix or the guy from hell on wheels to play this role um let's he's got another question for us but you know let's tackle that question first love that dr strange animated movie really good yeah yeah it's really good. It's pretty – I would say it's 95% accurate to the actual comic book origin. Yeah. Um, like they always have to do, they have to move time forward a little bit and modernize it a, a little bit, you know, because all that stuff first happened in the 70s or whatever. Well, and I mean he wasn't even like a Marvel – I'd say he wasn't even really introduced as like a Marvel – hero proper. It was more of like a separate kind of universe, honestly. Yeah, he was first. in one of those books. It was like – Tales of Mystery or, yeah, or one of those yeah, type of books yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Strange Tales even. Yes. 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 And, and so, yeah, you're exactly right, you know. But that origin, it was pretty spot on. That That's a great cartoon. It does yeah. a good job with uh, Dormammu in that cartoon yeah. too. Uh, I think that they are going to introduce Wong and the other sorcerers. Yeah. I think we'll see brief flashbacks yeah. about – Doctor Strange's origin. Sure. Maybe he'll tell the tale to someone and right. as he's telling it to someone. Let's explain the reason that we think that we aren't going to see like a proper origin story in uh, as far as like where the Marvel Cinematic Timeline is now. And it's because of – It's because of Cap 2. It's because of Captain America the Winter Soldier when they talked to that gentleman on top of the rooftop and he mentioned the people that Hydra had been watching closely and one of those had been Stephen Strange. So it feels like he's already been in this universe for quite some time. They've been keeping tabs on him. So it doesn't make sense to get your traditional origin story at that point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but you know, it's all just speculation. We could we could be completely wrong. I mean, maybe what the Doctor Strange movie does is start with the origin, and then by the end of it, it's worked itself up to where Captain America two was. Yeah, it, that's true. But uh, you know, you know, I, I I see what you're saying. But typically, when it comes to these stories, they're trying to keep everything with the timeline. Yes. Um, you know, like we actually hear about like, you know, Captain America 2 when it came out, it actually happened like, you know, two years after the events of the Avengers. Yeah. But I mean, Captain America 1 proved that we can do a byline and, and jump back to show something. I mean, it, that movie did that. Flashback scenes are always going to be something that happens in these movies, but, I believe. But I mean, Captain America is, is I a think flashback we're gonna... movie. Like, it's the whole movie takes place 
out of context. They, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I, I think you're on the right path and we're on the right path. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate. I really do think When you that, have a character that's originated in the 40s, like the Cap, yeah. you you know, you have to. But I'm feeling with, like, Doctor Strange that they don't have to go that route. That any of the past is going to be – any exposition could be shown just in flashbacks. I mean, I think we're going to get flashbacks in uh, – Hell, we're getting we're gonna get flashbacks in the Agents of Shield Shield TV show. We're yeah. gonna get flashbacks, I think, in Age of Ultron. So yeah, keeping the mystery though of Doctor Strange is kind of what Doctor Strange, in, in some ways, is about a little bit too. Yeah. So you know, my question is, and if I'm remembering right, in Cap Two, they were watching people who could potentially become a threat. Yes. Right. Okay. And I don't know anything about Doctor Strange's origin. Did something happen to where all of a sudden he was Doctor Strange, or has he always dabbled in this and that? And well, it, it, you should watch the animated movie rather okay. than have me sit right. here and do the oral history of Doctor Strange. Right. But he he learns the power. He's not always Doctor Strange. Okay, he was a famous surgeon. Fucks his hands up. Yes, right. And okay. wants to still you know be able to do something, so he dabbles in the mystic art. In the mystic arts and goes and learns how to do all this stuff. You know? Ah, okay. So he could have been during, you know, in the midst of doing his research when they caught wind of him. Yeah, you know what? Um, strangely enough, Batman Begins always reminded me of Doctor Strange a little bit. Like the journey Bruce Wayne goes through yeah. to me is very similar as how Doctor Strange did it. Yeah. Where it just kind of takes this big retreat away from everything and goes whole hog into learning this mystic art. Right. You know, and it's yeah. kind of the same thing Bruce Wayne did in Batman Begins. Yeah, right? he was gone for seven right. years. Yeah, it's almost the same kind of origin. And and I don't know if you guys had this same issue with Batman Begins, but I ended up having to watch it a second time before I really understood the bouncing back and forth at the beginning mm-hmm. of the timeline. Yeah. Because when you watch it the first time, it, it's not really difficult to keep up, but a little bit. Like you're trying to figure out where they're at and when. I, I can get with that. I actually didn't much care for Batman Begins until I saw it the second time. Right. And then I was in. I liked it a lot more. It, it helps to lay it out to where you can understand the first part of it yeah. a little better. So uh, I wonder if they could pull something, not that exact same thing off, but without having to make it like obvious here's a flashback that could make it just like a cohesive part of the storytelling yeah he could tell another character who's not familiar with him that i think that's a good device yeah that'd be good yeah all right uh his uh other question is uh my other question is and you guys might have touched on this already what are your top ranked animated movies and tv shows in term of comic books I always thought that DC had better movies and more mature plot lines, but Marvel has had uh, Marvel has great adventure series. Here are my rankings uh, for TV shows. He goes with the original X Men cartoon uh, at number one, number two, original Batman series, number three, Batman Beyond, number four, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and number five, Young Justice or Justice League Unlimited. Um, he says, "I can't decide." Um, Jake, do you have any, uh, my number one is by far and away Batman, the animated series. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah. I, and I mean, that, that, that's a lot. Me saying that is actually a lot. I, I want X-Men to be the number one. I want Spider-Man to be the number one. Right. You know, Batman's not even my favorite thing, but that, ah, oh, that cartoon, I, I go as far as to say that it's the best dramatic cartoon of all time, even outside of being a superhero cartoon. I'm so. going to come out of left field and agree with Jake on that. Uh, 
X Men's real close for me, mm-hmm. but uh, Batman the animated series is extremely good. I, I never really got into watching a whole lot of the cartoons. I yeah. did X Men, and then uh, I watched a little bit of Batman Beyond when it first started, and I fell off after that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll always catch. The Batman the Animated Series when it's on, I'll yeah. never flip it. I, I can almost I can almost do a top five real quick. I, I think Batman the Animated Series is number one. I think the Superman cartoon is number two, the one by the same creators as the Batman the Animated Series, and then the Justice League cartoon, and then the X Men cartoon, and then the Spider Man cartoon for me. Um, I'm going to say my number one is not the original Batman series. That is in my number two. Okay. My number one, believe it or not, is actually Young Justice. Gotcha. Uh, Young Justice, I know it ran like one, two seasons, but the the reason I love the Young Justice so much is because like I loved the comic books before the New 52. Mm-hmm. And Young Justice, uh, at a time where the Young 50, uh, where the New 52 had come out, it felt like the closest thing to that old post uh pre excuse me the pre new 52 stuff hmm. it felt like it was the last link to that you know what i mean yeah and so when that went away it felt like all that old all the old stuff that we had fallen in love with kind of like went away like that was the last link that i had to like the pre 52 shit and so that's why when that show got canceled it was like it, it devastated me, and it was because and it's bullshit. It, that show went away because the toys didn't sell. Yeah, that, that's a shame with that kind of thing. I DVR'd an episode of that show. Yeah, and I didn't catch it from the beginning because it was kind of under the radar, and I missed yeah. the premiere. And when I watched the episode, it made like it was it was great, yeah. but it made me feel like I was in the middle of a story. Yeah. And so I didn't DVR any more episodes. It's kind of one of those things that. Yeah, once Netflix, you missed the boat on. And, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I could easily. Uh, the DC just kills Marvel on the animation. I don't know what it is. Yeah. All right. As far as movies go, uh, he chooses Justice League: Doom, Planet Hulk, uh, Batman: Mask of Phantasm, Number Four, Superman: Doomsday, and then Batman: The Red Hood. Oh, I, I like. <laughs> who is this sending this email again? Andrew Ross. Oh, great list. Yeah, very Both good. Both of list. them. Yeah, I would say Mask of the Phantasm is my number one. Um, I think my number two might be Flashpoint, believe it or not. I love Flashpoint. Flashpoint was excellent. Uh, Justice League Doom is probably up there. I thought that was a great adaptation. I just watched that a couple weeks Babel. ago. That again. came out on my birthday yeah. when it came out. Oh, nice. On a, uh, so I was like, yes, what a birthday. D- new DC movie. Yeah. Um, all those DC movies are good. I really like the Superman Doomsday one, the first animated yeah. DC. I'm going to go number one for me, yeah. All-Star Superman. Yeah. I love All-Star Superman. I think uh, they, they pack so much into that movie, but it's so good. I think it's the best Superman movie. Number two, I'm going to go Superman versus the Elite. Yeah, that was a good one Loved based it. off the Joe Kelly stuff. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Planet Hulk. Number four, Justice League Doom. And then I'm going to go uh, Batman uh, the Red Hood. Uh, is it Under the Hood? Um, Under the Hood, yeah. Yeah, Batman Under the Hood. I'm surprised. You know, that Planet Hulk didn't do it for me. Oh, I loved it. It's the animation. It's yeah, the animation. I, I'll agree with you there, but I love the story. They, they killed the story, and they adapted it really well, but it, the animation takes me out of those Marvel movies. Yeah, the animation is shit. It's like they don't have as good of a frame rate as the DC movies. Yeah. 
And I, I don't know what it oh, is. Oh, God, those DC movies in HD just look gorgeous. Yeah, I, I remember someone telling me, well, what's it matter if a cartoon is in HD? I was like, watch one of these DC original animated movies in HD. Absolutely. I think the Batman Year One is amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, they're all good. I don't think there's a bad DC animated movie in the bunch. I make it a point to buy every single DC animated movie on Blu-ray that comes out. I just had a thought. There was several episodes ago where somebody requested a review for Son of Batman. Yeah, yeah. We haven't done that. I need to watch it yet, but... Yeah, I have it if you want to borrow it. If you got it, yeah, cool. Which one was it? It was the one where... um, Damien. The Damien one. Son of Batman, it was called. Son of of Batman, right, gotcha. Yeah, I have it. You can borrow it. Okay, sweet. I've got all the... I have every single DC animated movie on Blu-ray. If you want to watch DC animated (laughs) movies. It's one of my favorite collections. I I set them all in chronological release order, and I'm just like, oh! I I can hear David (laughs) Isaac screaming right now, like, you need to get those, Frank! Borrow them, or I'm going to make you! Yeah. So for all those people out there that claim I hate Superman, just take note there <laughs> that I listed Superman the Animated Series as my number two favorite comic book animated series of all time. Next email is going to come, and I didn't want to use his real name. His real name's in the email, but he listed himself as Jeffy in Indianapolis. So I didn't want to use his real name just because of that. Okay. But uh, it comes from Jeffy in Indianapolis. He says, Sup, guys. Just heard Jack Houston took the lead role in Ben Hur, uh, in the Ben Hur remake. So he's probably out of the Doctor Strange contention. And I voted for him in the poll, by the way. Thanks, Houston, you dick. <laughs> we, we had a poll on our website as to who you wanted to see as, uh, far as, uh, the, uh, Doctor Strange. Gotcha. What were some of the other choices? Oh, God, I had like Jared Leto. I had like, you know, uh, Anson Mount, Anson Mount, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, John Hamm, all these names that have been mentioned. Gotcha. He goes on the subject of hero movies. Do any of you guys think it is weird that Marvel or DC haven't tried to establish brand new characters exclusive to the movies? I can imagine the arguments that with the library of characters, there is no need but to but consider who is the most recent hero introduced in comics that has attained marquee status. I think Wolverine or Deadpool, but those guys are decades old. I mean, yeah, we're looking at Wolverine who's like 40 years old now and Deadpool maybe 20 plus years old now. Yeah, I think about this all the time. Yeah. I guess my point is that why do comics seem so rooted to the past? Embrace the now. Give us a few new heroes that will eventually get their movie reboots 15 to 20 years from now. Hope this made some sense. I don't have a computer. I love this. I love this. I'm going to read this. I love this. This is a dedicated listener. You guys, seriously, listen to this. This is fucking awesome. I I love this. Thank you, Jeffy. He says, hope this made some sense. I don't have a computer, so I have to write my email via the Explorer app on my eight-year-old Xbox 360. (laughs) Incidentally, that is how I have listened to the podcast Yep, four hours each week of me sitting in front of my TV listening to Frank being confused about something Brian said 10 seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) But what's the alternative? Not listening to PCL? Not an option. You guys are pretty badass, Jeffy in Indianapolis. That is a fucking dedicated listener right there. Yeah, that's awesome. Somebody that's going to sit there and fucking listen to us jackasses talk about fucking bullshit for four to five to six hours a week. Jeffy, you just got promoted in the fucking army to a sergeant for that fucking shit. That's fucking amazing. 
thank you. That fucking email has made my day. I've thought about it every day since I've read it. It made me feel so good. I shit on this show all the time. Yeah. But when I get fucking emails like this, I'm elated when I read shit like Not this. Not to mention the way he emailed it. I've had experience with um, sending an email through the Xbox, and I mean, that's a lot of work. It is. You're moving the cur- – it's like the keyboard on your screen, yeah. and yeah. you're moving the cursor to each letter. Yeah. Every single one of those letters on that email p- took him like 20 to 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, so. got, in case you don't already have one, they have this like little thing you snap into the bottom of the controller. It's got a full keypad on it that might make your life a little bit easier. Oh, yeah. If you can find one of those. You should be able to. Pretty easy. Yeah, yeah but uh, Sergeant Jeffy, that's uh, that's happening right now. So that's nice. Thank you, Jeffy. That is fucking awesome. That is the ultimate compliment. My really? God. I don't even know if I can answer those questions after the fact. Now, I lost I, track of the question when he said how badass we were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, like, the thing is, like, he wants to know, like, uh, you know, do you guys th- uh, think it is weird that Marvel or DC haven't tried to establish brand new characters? Oh, yeah, yeah. Exclusive to the movies. Um, you know, they, they have, but it's not like superheroes. I mean, they've introduced Coulson. Coulson was not a uh, comic book character. Coulson was created from the movie universe. He's now introduced into the comics. Yeah. But uh, wasn't there a character in uh, Thor: The Dark World uh, that was um, Eric Selvig? N- no, the like the female warrior character, Sif. Not Sif. The, it, it was a bad guy. Curse. Yeah, I need to see Thor: The Dark World again. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if any other female characters in that. I, as far as comics go, you you know Stan Lee and and Kirby and Ditko and all of them just created such an amazing sandbox that yeah. it's like it's hard to just not keep using those tools over and over again. Right. You know, I you see a little bit more in the X Men titles creativity happening yeah. and people creating new characters and new mutants. Right. You see a lot more of that than you would per se in an Avengers book or in a Spider-Man book. I think X-Men really feels like the place where you get a lot of Well, I mean, stuff. yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we've seen a little bit more with the Inhumans coming more into like uh, the forefront of uh, Marvel, the Marvel 616. Yeah, but they're still Stanley Jack Kirby creations. Yeah, uh, but I'm saying like uh, the Inhumans introduce uh, Thanos' son, the one that got away. Okay. You know, the yeah. one that, that went under the radar that came out because of the Terrigen Mist or the Infinity. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Yeah, the it, was it uh, Jonathan Hickman's uh, Infinity run that he did? Yeah. I haven't read Infinity yet. Okay, yeah. Jonathan Hickman introduced uh, Thanos' son, who basically took over as Thanos. Okay, uh, recently, but uh, yeah, you don't you don't you don't see it that much. As far as like original characters that are coming out of like uh, is is that what he's asking? Uh, original characters? Why, why out don't yeah, of in the, the movies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know they did Coulson, like you said, but I think that's a huge gamble to like have a new character headline a movie. Yeah. Just right from the go. You know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. That's not really what Marvel Studios is trying to do. They have right. such a giant sandbox that that's why they don't do it yeah. because, yeah. like, they barely even brushed off the top layer. Yeah. And why even really go there when you already have a framework established of how a character would fit into the universe? Yeah. So. Yeah, but I mean, on the flip side, I mean, we were talking about Walking Dead earlier. Daryl Dixon's not in the comic books, True. and he's turned out to be one of the most popular characters within that tv show yeah if if they were to do that they'd have to introduce the character as a part of another movie really kind of so they could get a feel for how characters 
I agree with Frank 100%. And I think that's kind of the point I was making. Like, Daryl Dixon and Agent Coulson are both part of ensembles. Right. And they're yet to, like, it's not the Daryl Dixon show. It's right. not the Agent Coulson show. But Frank's got a point. Like, maybe you can introduce a new character in an Avengers movie or another movie. And then – but, see, the character would have to – become popular because of that movie right you know let's let's hypothetically say quicksilver had never existed until that x-men movie yeah everyone would be so blown away by you know there was so much buzz that okay now we're going to make a quicksilver movie right i mean it's a bad example because quicksilver is established but you would need that kind of buzz right after an appearance to make that jump i think yeah Yeah. and it would be it's kind of good and bad because financially then they wouldn't have to take the risk of trying to come up with a full feature film around somebody with nothing behind them and they they can kind of taste them in a another film to get the fan reaction or even by accident yeah, and you can't blame Marvel. I mean, if they can make that much money off Guardians of the Galaxy, then they're going to keep mining what they got. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. why why if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. All right, uh we got another email from our buddy Huey Cox. He sent us an email in the past, and I'm glad that he sent us another email today. Um and this kind of goes over like uh basically like what if um Spider-Man was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm talking about Marvel Studios. Mm -hmm. He's with uh, Sony right now. So he says, hi, Leftovers. What direction would you like to see the MCU Spider-Man go in? Uh, Do you want to see yet another origin story? Would you like to see a continuation of Amazing Spider-Man? I would like to see Donald Glover or a similar comedic actor take over as Spider-Man. Spider-Man needs to be funny. Also, I'd like to uh, see Miles Morales introduced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man. I think there is more new material for them to play with. If it's Peter Parker, it might feel redundant to non-comic viewers and have the same perception problems Amazing Spider-Man has. They could have, they could always have Peter Parker as a mentor who returns to the role later or as a successor to Morales. Right now, I think Spider-Man needs to go in a new direction. Thank you for your time, Huey. Yeah, excellent points. In my opinion, it already felt redundant when they rebooted it as fast as they did and we're already seeing Uncle Ben get killed again in Amazing Spider-Man 1. Completely agreed. If they were to do anything different, um, say if for whatever reason the rights to Spider-Man did go back to Marvel, Marvel Studios, don't reboot him again, but kind of do like what we had talked before about what they should do with the next Transformers movie. Just start – not start over, but don't rehash what you've already done. You know what I mean? Don't have it be uh, Andrew Garfield. Have it be somebody else. Just know that it's Spider-Man. Just I think specifically we don't need the Uncle Ben stuff again. I mean, yeah. all no, that, no. How right. many times do we need to see Uncle Ben die? Yeah, everyone everybody knows gets that. it. We don't like just like uh, what they're doing with Batman v Superman. We're getting an older Batman. We don't need to see you know the uh, you know Thomas and His Martha Wayne fucking die. <laughs> right. die yeah. We get it. We've seen that in every fucking movie. They're dead. We get it. We're going to see it in the Gotham series. We don't, everybody knows the origin. Right. We don't need to see the fucking origin again. Right. So if they introduce him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we don't need to see like a teenager Spider Man. Yeah, at this exactly. point, we need exactly. to see maybe an older Spider Man, somebody like in his twenties, mid twenties, who's already established as Spider Man. That'd be great. Perfect. Do you guys want to see Miles Morales in this? Or do you think that's like an ultimate universe thing? Do you think audiences would be able to separate, you know, Peter Parker, 
uh, from Miles Morales. I personally, just to get my thoughts out there, I don't know if audiences are ready to see a Miles Morales and, and throw an Ultimate Universe Spider-Man into a film. I think you still, in order to get audiences to come out, I think you still need to have Peter Parker in there. I agree with, I agree with you that you still need to have Peter Parker on there. I, I disagree with you about what age you want Peter Parker. I, I want Peter Parker to be a teenager. And I think everything skips past no, no, that no, no, stuff no, no, too no. far. See, no, that's the thing. That's the thing. If you're going to have a fucking Peter Parker coming in there and not telling an origin story, that's the only reason that I mentioned that you have to have him as an older character. No, my dream casting yeah. for Peter Parker is uh, the Kings of Summer actor – Nick Robinson. Okay. Who's a teenager. Yeah, that's what if I If I had see. a fucking dream, that would be, and he, he oh my God, if you, I want you to see Kings of Summer, and I know he's a Melissa and Joey actor, and everybody gives me shit for watching that fucking show, <laughs> but the kid is a good actor, he's got good comedic timing, he's kind of awkward, kind of reminds me of Michael Cera with a little bit more talent as far as like movies go. I think gotcha. Michael Cera is a good actor for TV, I don't think he's a movie actor. I think Nick Robinson, though, can take it to that next level where he can be an actor that's on TV on, on, on a cinematic level, a movie. I think Nick Robinson is my choice for Peter Parker. But the I thing is, I can't comment on that just because I don't exactly, know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but he's my choice. But he's still a teenager. Now the thing is, like, that's who I'd like to see. But if they're going to go this direction where they don't have like a fucking uh, you know, origin story, that's the only reason I said that they needed somebody in their twenties. I feel like you can do both. You can have him be a teenager and still brush past the origin really fast and not have to feel the weight of it for the first hour of the movie. Right. Um, I think something really interesting Stanley said that I've always been fascinated about. Now, I may have my numbers wrong here. I think it's amazing 16 is when Peter graduates from high school. Okay. It could be off by a few issues. That's not a solid fact. But Stanley has said that the biggest mistake he ever made in his writing career was graduating Peter Parker from high school as fast as he did. Yeah. And if he'd have known better, it'd have been years, maybe decades, before he would have had Peter Parker graduating high school. And yeah. he regrets not yeah. staying there for the minus stories that he could have had there. Oh, right. Yeah, all those social pressures. Yeah. You don't really have that as much once you leave the high school arena. Exactly. It's not the same once he's in the workforce and, and all that. You know, once you get an older Peter Parker. And he, he, he actually made that statement that he regretted getting him out of high school so fast. And I've yeah. always been fascinated by that. Like, what yeah. would what would the book be like if it was 100 issues of still in high school? Oh, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the route that Bendis took with Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. is it's 100 issues and he's still in high school. Yeah. And, I mean, if you read comics and you don't like Ultimate Spider-Man, then F you, you know? Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you don't even know what comics are. Well, that's know? the best part of the Ultimate Universe. I think everything else, in my opinion, is pretty much shit except for what Bendis did with Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, Bendis and Bagley. I mean, that's one of the most amazing runs in comic history. Yeah. And, I mean, I was so anti that book when they first announced it. But after, right. like, eight issues, you just have to go, okay, okay. Yeah. This is fucking gold. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, if you do open the doors to like, uh, Miles Morales being Spider-Man later on, which I don't know if audiences are ready for. Um, yeah, that also opens the doors for like, uh, Batman Beyond and stuff like that too. I mean, our audience is ready for this. See, that's the thing. Comic book fans, we're ready. We're ready. Yeah. I'm ready to see that shit. 
I'm I'm playing devil's advocate though, and I got to think about the fact that like our your regular general mass is ready to see somebody who's not Bruce Wayne playing Batman. Are, are they ready to see somebody who's not Peter Parker playing Spider Man? Yeah, I, I think am, with the oh sorry Frank, go for it. Sorry, uh, in my opinion, Batman yes, Spider Man no. Yep, because Nolan did such a good job with Batman. I mean, and we've seen it. We're ready for. Batman Beyond. We're ready for Terry. Yeah. Um, you, are you ready? Are I'm you ready. are you speaking for the masses? Well, myself, I'm ready, and I'm not a big comic book reader. My only um, exposure to uh, uh, Terry McGinnis is just the brief little bit that I've seen of Batman Beyond, and then, uh, but Spider Man now cinematically, I, I, I like uh, Tobey Maguire's portrayal. It was good. But it started to wear itself thin. Now we've got Andrew Garfield, but I, I everybody's not ready to see Peter Parker be gone yet. I don't think we've had enough definitive stories for him. And whereas Batman, there's been a lot and a lot and a lot. And I think everybody was very, very well satisfied with the Nolan Nolan version. Yeah, I, I agree with Frank. Batman, yes. Spider Man, no. But not for like because of the actors. It's more. I think the masses can accept the Batman story better than the Spider Man. The Batman thing, it's the future. You still get Bruce Wayne as a character. Audiences can wrap their heads around that. I completely agree with Brian, though. Can audience wrap their heads around Miles Morales? It's not only is it not Peter Parker, but it's not even in the same universe right, as right, Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah, yeah it's, how, in the, it's in the Ultimate Universe. How do you sell that ticket? And even yeah, that if, would be difficult. Yeah, even yeah, if you Gwen Stacy's still alive. Yeah, how do you how do you even do that? Do you just go ahead and say fuck it and put Miles Morales in the in the movie universe proper with all the other characters? And then Peter Parker dies in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, he sure does, and comes back to life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no one stays dead forever. <laughs> right, right. All right. No, uh, but yeah, Huey, that was a great question. I hope I hope we did a good job answering that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see a Batman Beyond movie. I want to see a Miles awesome. Morales movie too. Me too. I don't know about everyone else. Exactly. You got to think about like, uh, uh, you know, like your typical just audience too. Like, are they ready to see that? Um, let's see here. Let's move on here. You guys, we Tupperware Guardians of the Galaxy, correct? Yeah. Frank, you weren't here for that episode, but you still Tupperware yeah, it. I'll, right Tupperware, correct, yeah. I'll double Tupperware it. I'll, <laughs> I'll Tupperware it for him. Yeah, that's correct. Um, well, now you can text one of the characters from the film. I want you guys to write down this number. The number is 866-740-4531. Again, that number is 866 866- Seven four zero four five three one. What's coming in at number one on our countdown? Huh? <laughs> Sorry. A case of oh, yeah. case reference. Case yeah. <laughs> All right. Pop culture leftover army. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the stars. Um, don't worry. If you're still looking for a pen, I'm going to read that number one more time at the end here because I hate that. I, I hate it when, like, you know, somebody gives you a number and, like, you're in the car and you're yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's not radio. They got the 15 second back button. I know, but I'm going to read it again. Fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, at that number, you can now text. Text uh, the Guardian Groot, 
You can ask him any question at all. And if you've seen the movie, I'm, I'm sure you've are, you already know what his response is going to be. <laughs> you can text me and I'll text you back the way Gru exactly. will. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So go ahead and try it out. Show your friends. It's uh, 866-740-4531. I saw you having fun with that on yeah, the uh, Pop yeah. Culture Leftovers yeah. page. Just kind it? of a teaser. And that was, I actually put, I actually added that number into my phone and I, I edited him as Groot. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you give him a profile pic? No, I did oh. not. I should, I, should, I should definitely do that, though. Uh, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, I saw the Japanese trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I wanted you all to take a listen to that. Yeah. We arrested these five on Xandar. They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah! What a bunch of a-holes. Guardians of the Galaxy. This part is where they show Groot dancing yeah. and Drax looking away. Okay. At the end of the movie. Lips as sweet as candy. Its taste is on my mind. Thought that was really cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Uga Chaka translation. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like at the end of the trailer, like uh, we did not get that trailer because the movie. I think it took maybe a month or so before it hit uh, international audiences. Some of the international crowd. Yeah. Uh, I know it. Like uh, it. It was like out a day before uh, in the UK, but. Um, you know, they had to wait like maybe two, three weeks to a month before they got it. But so they already showed that dancing baby Groot and they threw that in at the end of the movie. That's crazy that they're putting that in the trailer. Come on. Oh, it was so good. Like, like not seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that takes away from how awesome it was. Yeah. They're now they're using it as a selling point. That That, that baby dancing Groot is blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. At the beginning of the uh, podcast, we had a uh, our intro was uh, some of the clips from the uh, Ryan Reynolds Deadpool footage that was leaked. I'd say a few weeks, uh, a couple weeks after San Diego Comic Con took place, um, and the internet went fucking crazy. Would you not agree? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so Fox. They kind of let this marinate for a while, and they gauged how the footage was received, and apparently they are now confident that they can make a Deadpool movie, and Deadpool has been greenlit for a February 12th, 2016 release. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we're getting a Deadpool movie, guys. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it, it could be great. It could be shit. I feel like this one could go either way. I think it's kind of funny how it was barely a month ago that all this footage disappeared off the internet, and now they've re-released it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that they had any plans at all to go ahead and go ahead with this, or it was just the reaction from this footage that caused them to want to go for it? It's the reaction. I think they. I think it's a little bit of both. It's the reaction. No, I mean this movie, Jake, has been something that they've been talking about yeah. off and on 
whether they're going to green light a Deadpool movie for the past, I'd say, year and a half to maybe even possibly two years. Gotcha. I, I, I got you. I, I agree. And like once this movie came out and the reaction was so positive, especially since how people have viewed Ryan Reynolds in the past couple of years. I mean, first off, we had like he had a great first half, I'd say, the way he was portrayed as Deadpool in the beginning of the movie when he was Wade and like mm-hmm. people loved how yeah, sarcastic was he was. And then they sewed his mouth shut. Yeah, the and that's with when, the mouth. That's when yeah, exactly. The Merc with the mouth had no mouth. <laughs> and that's when the movie kinda went to shit in X Men uh, Origins Wolverine. And then they came out with the Green Lantern movie. That movie did not go over too well. People did not really appreciate that, whether it be for his portrayal or whether it be for the screenplay. Whatever the reason may be, it did not go over well. After that, there were rumors that Ryan Reynolds was going to be the next Highlander. Mm. And uh, the internet spoke up and said, fuck that. Yeah. The internet went crazy when they announced him as the new, new as the new Highlander. Some people were saying, "Oh, this is cool because he used swords in the Blade movie, he used swords in the fucking Deadpool movie." And then the other people were like, "Fuck that. Did you fucking see the end of that X-Men Wolverine movie? Did yeah. you see the end of Did you watch fucking Green Lantern?" And people went crazy. So the fanboy spoke up and said, "Fuck that. That's bullshit." Then this trailer gets leaked. People go fucking ape shit over this motherfucker. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, Lauren Schuler Donner, she notices this shit and she's like, holy shit, I think we've got something here, something that we were worried about that we shouldn't have been worried about. This can happen. We need to, we need to fucking get this on the fast track and get this movie out there. Strike while the fucking iron's hot. And now we got a February 12th, 2016 release. So is it, is it going to be Ryan Reynolds? It's gotta be Ryan it does. Reynolds. It's gotta be now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, we kind of made this point in a previous episode. I mean, that footage really proves that those other things were not Ryan Reynolds' fault. No, I totally yeah. agree. No, I, I know. Totally I said agree. we. I said we yeah, know. yeah. And I, I, you know, and I, I said something on a Facebook post about you know, oh, I don't want to see something with Ryan Reynolds, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's the way they portrayed the character. It's the screenplay. It's how that movie played out. It, it, it I, I think it had nothing to do with Ryan Reynolds. I think if you get, he is the perfect casting for. This character, though, yeah, he's a snarky guy. Exactly, always with the quick comeback. Exactly, exactly. All right. Um, So Ryan Reynolds was speaking with the Niagara Falls Review, and Ryan Reynolds, who performed the Deadpool voice uh, work, and he performed the motion capture performance in the leaked footage. This is what he had to say about the internet's reaction. He says. The movie has been in a state of limbo for a while. There was such an overpowering reaction to the footage. You sort of feel like, oh, so we weren't crazy for our reasons for loving this character, (laughs) for loving this role. It's interesting to see the power of the internet. It's awe-inspiring, actually. And it's neat that Twitter and Facebook and Instagram can move mountains when used in the right way. So, yes, it was, in my opinion, the reaction to people fucking blowing up about this shit once it got released. And it's nice to know that Ryan Reynolds felt the love. A guy that really needs to feel the love right now after that fucking piece of shit R.I.P.D. came out. Yeah, I got to imagine when they went to interview him, he was in fetal position in a corner somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Like, Mr. Ryan Reynolds, can we? he's like, oh my God, someone wants to talk to me about the yeah, Deadpool stuff. Exactly. Because that Green Lantern movie kind of buried him. 
but yeah, I concede to you, Brian. You're, you're, I mean, it seems like you're right. It actually got those fucking box executives off their yeah. asses and take yeah. notice. Now, yeah. if only DC would have listened to us about, uh, fuck. God damn it, Frank. <laughs> I do this all could, the time. No, seriously. Could you have like a, like a, like a, uh, uh, like a. Uh, <laughs> no, you're doing it. <laughs> no, nah, because of you, you son of a bitch. Could you have like a well-informed opinion and have something like. Ben Affleck, god damn it. Thank you. Where the hell was, where the hell was everybody at with that? Everybody had. Where a, the hell was no, everyone at with every, that? It no, broke no, the no, internet. I know. It had, we had the voice, but nobody fucking listened. Nobody thought that Ben Affleck was on the radar, so nobody was going to bitch about fucking <sighs> Ben Affleck being Batman until it was actually fucking. I mean, you think though no, that they, they did, bitch. Which they is did, that, it's yeah. Just that Warner Brothers doesn't give a fuck. They're like, fuck. Well, we've already got him signed to a contract. I don't think that's what they're like at all. I think they're extremely positive about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything good about it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I, I'll shut up. I don't ever want to defend Batman v Superman again. <laughs> 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 all right guys so deadpool movie is in the works um the big question is whether this movie should be rated r or will the studio go with a more audience friendly pg-13 version i know the answer uh but i want to know your thoughts and keep the character and i also want you to keep the character's roots in mind now jake i know you know the answer too you alluded to that earlier yeah um but what are your thoughts? I mean, should this be rated R? Should this be rated PG-13? Go ahead, Frank. I think it should be rated R, but they're going to go with PG-13 for the ticket sales. I think that's a very intelligent answer. That's that's entirely the reason they want to go PG-13 is they're going to make more money by going PG-13. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm on the fence on this one, though. Yeah, honestly. that's a that's a good point. Go ahead. I'm on the fence on this one. I don't know that this movie needs to be rated R or not. Deadpool at the core is not going around swearing a bunch. Yes, Deadpool is not dropping f bombs left and right. Yeah. Correct? So if exactly, so if it's rated R, it's not because of profanity. It's going to be blood. The question is: is does it need to be rated R for violence? Yeah. Is a Deadpool movie a Deadpool movie without excessive violence? Right. Okay, that's the thing. It's like, okay, another thing I want to bring up is like violence in a movie. Um, does a movie to you appear less violent when they use CGI fucking blood? Or does it f- appear more violent when they use something like, uh, you know, fucking uh, red dye and corn syrup? Red dye and corn syrup. Thank you. Practical totally effects does. seem more violent than Absolutely. CG. Absolutely. Right. CG blood just seems like bullshit and I laugh at it. But when they use like red dye and corn syrup, it looks like fucking real. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm torn on this because, yeah, there is a part of me that wants to see a rated R. I do want to see Deadbolt. Deadpool dropping F-bombs, but does it really happen in the comics? No. No. I'm more concerned about I want to see him cutting limbs off of people's bodies yeah. than I am about him dropping F-bombs. Decapitating people. Yeah, and I want to see him lose a few limbs in the process yeah. and, and pop them back out. Yeah. That's, you know, I hope they keep his really strong regenerative powers for the movie. Yeah. At least the first one. Yeah. I think that's, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Who's going to be the villain? 
who will be the villain mm-hmm. in a Deadpool movie? What was the, what was the one in the Kelly run? Was it Apex? I think so. Was that his name? Yeah, yeah it'd be hard. It's yeah. Be, you're not going to be able to come up with someone that people are going to know. You might have to create that from scratch. Right. See, the thing is with that trailer that was so amazing is it because it was just like a minute and a half trailer. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be really tough for them to keep this movie going for an hour and a half. And I, I think the movie does need to just be like an hour and a half. I don't want to see like a two hour, two and a half hour fucking Deadpool movie. Yeah. Because I mean honestly it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of like uh it's gonna be comedy. I mean you've got Ryan Reynolds, you got a funny character, you got the Merc with the mouth. I mean let's do an hour and a half to hour and a four hour and forty minute movie. Yeah, they need to mine that Joe Kelly run for everything it's worth for these movies. Yeah. Um bring Blind Al in there. She's a great counter to Deadpool. Yeah. And just a lot of those characters are super fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Limit the uh, amount of time you're going to try to have people in the seats because if you try to leg it out, then it, it's going to have fluff in there, and there's there's no there's no fluff to it. Right. Much like the Wolverine solo movies, though, I think this movie is going to make money whether it's crap or not. Whether it, whether we like it or whether we don't, I think this movie is a guaranteed success. Yeah. For Fox, there's enough Deadpool fans out there that are going to see this thing, no matter whether they hate it or don't hate it. Right. It's gonna it's gonna do some money. But I think this could rejuvenate Ryan Reynolds' career. I think it could be something that's going to be good for him if they do pull it off, especially when it comes to the superhero realm. I mean, he's kind of let us down with like, you know, I think the, I think he did a great job in Blade. Yeah, I do too. And I think he did a great job in the first half of fucking, um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's just when they fucking, you know, so yeah. does mouth shut. That kind of sucks. I'm rooting for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I hope I feel bad for him at this point. Yeah. It's like you're shitty in the Marvel movies, you're shitty in the DC movies. You've got bad boys screaming when you're gonna be the Highlander. I mean, I feel I hope he knocks this one out of the park. He does I think he deserves it. He's not a terrible actor. He just he just has a terrible agent, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> if they do go the PG thirteen route, um, I mean even, you know, Hugh Jackman got to drop an F-bomb in X-Men First Class. You can always drop one F-bomb, you I get, think, in you, a, you get, you get one. one in a PG-13 movie. <laughs> now, the movie, uh, we do know what the rating is going to be, supposedly. Uh, on the Meet the Movie podcast, the host said, I heard from the director that they finally figured out the script. And it was right before this was announced that they figured out, and you guys are all going to hate this, They they figured out how to make it pg-13 and therefore not lose its soul and that's a quote of the script so they can make it so it looks like it is as far as that rumor is concerned from that is that it is going to be pg-13 we're not looking at an r rating yeah yeah i i don't know i i'm so cloudy with understanding how ratings work anymore like let's say the first three episodes of walking dead were released as a movie in the theater what's that rated the Walking Dead. Yeah, the first three episodes in a, as a movie. That's as that's just as gory as in our film sometimes. But is it rated R though? In today's day and age, if it comes out in the theater, Walking uh, Dead. Probably. Yeah, scene for scene, the way it was on TV. If those first three episodes are released as a theatrical movie, I mean, when is you're that shooting an, people is, in the head? Is that an R-rated movie? See, the thing is, they're not dropping f bombs. 
Now, if they're dropping F-bombs, then it's a rated R movie. Right. But, I mean, as far as, like, the violence is concerned, I think there's a huge difference between, um, you know, killing zombies mm-hmm. and killing actual people. I mean, if you look at, like, the, the show Sons of Anarchy, and it's like, that's not a show I watch, but, like, I listen to a lot of things, and I hear a lot of things that's go- that goes on in these shows, and... Like the director for Sons of Anarchy, like the second epi- second season, he was told to tone down the violence and it kind of pissed him off. So he amped the violence. And like I hear like the seventh season, he's even – it's the final season. He's just taking liberties and amping up the violence. I mean characters are getting stabbed in the head and shit. They're not dropping F-bombs, but like the violence is definitely there. They're killing real people. It's not like zombies and shit. You know what I mean? See, that's what I'm cl- – that's why I'm so cloudy about this. Right. I mean – Maybe it can be PG-13 and still uphold the violence that you would expect from a Deadpool franchise. Right. Maybe it can. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it can't, though. Maybe they're going to have to create an army of villains for Deadpool to fight that aren't humans so he can go crazy on them. I think what really hurts movies is when they set a precedent like um, the – You've got a RoboCop movie. Yeah. It's rated R. Okay. You come out with your second RoboCop movie and it's rated R. Yeah. And then you come out with a third RoboCop movie and you're just like, ah, fuck it. We're going to, we're going to try to bring the masses in here and we're going to make it PG 13. That's when you really take a shit on the franchise. Now, I guess if you start a Deadpool movie at PG 13, people aren't going to expect that and maybe they'll get a little bit more and they'll enjoy it. Same thing goes with Die Hard. Die Hard, like the first like four movies in the Die Hard franchise, they were rated R, and then they finally come out with like Die Hard Five, and it's fucking PG thirteen. That's when people are going to get pissed. Same thing with Expendables. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but I mean, if you just say, "Hey, we're going to make a PG thirteen Deadpool," you know. And we're going to keep it true to the comic book. Yeah, there's going to be gore. There's going to be violence. But it's going to be fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, you don't have to worry about the F-bombs because it's not like it's not like he's dropping F-bombs left and right in the comic book. He's not. No, he kind of makes up his own curse words. Exactly. And that's perfectly, <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Right, right. And I think, you know, if Guardians of the Galaxy taught us anything, that uh, comedy does work. In a comic book movie. Right. I was listening to a podcast um, a couple weeks ago where they were talking about the original RoboCop movie. And they they made a really interesting point. They said, um, you know, only in the 80s can you have a movie that's rated R, but all the merchandise is for kids. Like RoboCop was. was, It's kind of a crazy beast that couldn't exist in today's day and age. You know what I'm saying? It's like the RoboCop toys, RoboCop video game, RoboCop sleeping bags. And and then it's this gory-ass movie. It's so screwed up because that was, you know, during its time, that was about as bad as what you could get for, like, visual stuff. But now you have the torture porn shit, which is, like, sickening to watch almost. Uh, Don't sell RoboCop one short on the violent stuff. That shit fucked me up as as an (laughs) eight-year-old. Well, no, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, but there was a story to it. What are you saying? You you don't have uh, saw bed sheets for your kids, Frank? (laughs) No. You didn't buy jigsaw action figures for your kids? (laughs) No. I mean, mean, a lot of this shit, I mean, it's just Gory and nasty just to be gory and nasty. There's oh, I, nothing to it. I agree with you. I hate shit. No, they're just glorifying yeah. that, man. And I hate that. Yeah. But, I mean, there was a difference. RoboCop was fun. Yeah. But RoboCop was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Dude getting dipped in acid and exploding all over the hood of a car. Let's not freak out about the PG-13 rating for I Deadpool. Th- I think so, too. I Let's think not freak out yet, guys. It could or it, it may or may not fuck it up. I Tupperware the fact that Lauren, uh, Lauren Schuler Donner said, let's give this movie the green light. I Tupperware the fact. I Tupperware the fact that the internet received this trailer in a positive way. I think that's great. And, uh, guys, it, that just goes to show that we do have a voice. Who's the director attached to this? I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Huh, okay. I'm not sure yet. Gotcha. All right, guys, let's move on here. Did the Russo brothers, they were the directors for uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, did they tease that the Punisher is in Captain America 2? Three. The Winter Soldier. Oh, in two? Yes. Wow. Uh, that's the rumor that's being spread around and that he might also get his own Marvel one-shot short film. This quote comes from Coming Soon. Here's the quote. The man who drives that truck is very highly trained. There's a – remember the truck scene? No. I ju- actually just bought this movie and haven't rewatched it yet. Okay. Uh, the man who drives that truck is a very highly trained. He thinks on his own terms. He's got a plan and a very specific skill set. Um, there, there's a there's a couple scenes in that movie, and I think it's like when Nick Fury. I think it's the scene where Nick Fury is in the car. Okay, there's a truck, and it shows up twice. And uh, they the way the way the quote is the way the Russo brothers say this: the man who drives that truck is very highly trained. He thinks on his own terms. He's got a plan and a very specific skill set. Now, a lot of fans, when they heard that, and a lot of different media outlets, when they heard that, they say that that sounds a lot like Frank Castle, the Punisher. Mm. And uh, we all know that the rights did revert for that character back to Marvel Studios. So it sounds like that they, that they are teasing that you know the Punisher does exist in this universe. So, you know, my question to you is, you know, we can't get confirmation that that was Frank Castle, but I mean, would you guys like, who would you like to see maybe cast as the Punisher? Do you think that they should do a solo film? Do you think they should do like a Netflix show? Or do you think they should do like a Marvel one-shot short film now, that, that'll be like in a Blu-ray release? Now, let me ask you this. Do we not see the guy driving the truck? You don't see the guy driving the truck, but th- th- what they do is they there's two scenes with the truck. And they, then they, they just explain. I mean, there's no reason to explain why, who, who's driving this fucking truck. None whatsoever. Why even bring it up if it's not somebody that's already established in the Marvel universe? Yeah. Why even bring it up? The man who drives that truck, highly trained, thinks on his own terms. Yeah. Why even talk about the guy? He's got a very, he's got a plan and a very specific skill set. That sounds like Frank Castle to me, especially when they say he, thinks on his own terms. Yeah. Every comic book that you read, Frank Castle, he doesn't care if he, he he's thinking on his own terms. He's not he, you're not going to change his mind. Yeah. I like um as far as how I'd like to see this presented, I really like the option you said of a Netflix series. Okay. I think it really fits into that universe of characters. Right. Yeah. Your Deadpool or not Deadpool, Daredevil. Yeah. Um who else is Luke it? Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Luke Cage. Yeah. Iron I, Fist. I think it's it fits into that really yeah. well. Yeah. To the underbelly New York kind of scene that they're going for. You yeah. Know, the street level shows yeah. that they're going for. Who would you like to see cast? I don't know. Tom, Thomas Jane. I'm me. fine with Thomas Jane, but yeah. I, that, I, I feel like that's not going to happen. Uh, if anything has proved 
anything, the fact that the internet has spoken up about the fact that they want to see this Ryan Reynolds Deadpool film. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Jane, he's the guy that I want to see. And if anybody has any fucking sense out there that knows that there's any actor that loves the character of the Punisher, it's Thomas Jane when he came out with I, that Dirty Laundry video. I, I couldn't mean, agree more. But, I mean, since that that video came out like two years ago, is that going to be enough to kind of push him into the role of the Punisher again? Right. It's not like foremost in people's minds. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know what they could do to like make that video viral again. Right. So it's I don't know how he could do to – Could they do a one-shot as a precursor to something else? That way everybody could get a taste. But the one-shot has to be Thomas Jane. Right. And that's the thing is without something – see, with the Deadpool footage, Ryan Reynolds was already in it. They they don't have him in that you know role yet to be able to get an idea of what audience reaction is going to be. Well, he was in a whole movie as the Punisher already. Yeah. Thomas Jane was the Punisher. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one then. You're thinking of uh, the Warzone movie that came out, or was it? Yeah, Warzone did not have Thomas Jane. No, I know that yeah, was a yeah. completely different actor. Yeah, but Thomas Jane has been in an entire Punisher movie. Oh yeah. shit! Okay, I totally missed that. And thing. then the other thing Brian's talking about, the Dirty Laundry, is something that he commissioned it sh- yeah, himself. It was a short film that he did, and if you guys haven't seen the Thomas Jane Dirty Laundry video, you have to watch that on YouTube. It yeah, is gotcha. fucking awesome. It's definitely worth seeing. Definitely. That's the Punisher that I want to see, and that's the Punisher that I totally think that they could pull off in a Netflix fucking series. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I just I I no shocked. no no yeah I, yeah yeah no if, I get it, and I feel like he's kind of working against himself a little bit by being so vocal. I think he's being a little bit too vocal about it. Okay, and, and I, I feel like the other end is just kind of like he's like a pesky mosquito. Is he? And they're not to do it. Oh gosh, he would kill for it. I Absolutely, think. he would. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I hadn't heard him saying anything about it. He paid for this movie out of his own wallet. Oh fuck, man, where the fuck have I been? Basically, not not the full length feature film, but the the short film. Okay, it was completely funded by him independently. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he he is all about it. At every convention he's at, all he talks about is wanting to play the Punisher again. He's he's all about it. I love Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane's oh, great. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay. I I couldn't fucking picture him in my mind until I just looked him up. Yeah, okay. And I, I, why didn't they use him for the Warzone one? Even that makes me – that's like another like big thing that makes me think it won't be him. There had to be some – Yeah, but that was, that was back when the property was back at Fox. Yeah, but it, even the Thomas Jane one was too. They were, weren't they both Fox movies? Warzone? They were both Fox movies. So why wouldn't he – but the Punisher is back at Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. But why why wouldn't Jane transition even in the sequel to the first Fox movie that he was in is my question. I, I think it was probably a fallout with Fox, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. See, the thing is with like Kevin Feige, I mean, which Punisher movie do you remember? Do you remember War – was it War Journal or War Zone? Yeah. Do you remember that one or do you remember the one with Thomas Jane? I remember the one with Thomas Jane. Frank remembers War Zone. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the one oh, with Frank's Thomas. a fucking idiot, too. I, I <laughs> yeah. They didn't make a video game adaptation of the first one, so. Actually, the- <laughs> what, other, what other podcasts are you going to, are you going to listen to or one host I call whatever? the other host what a fucking what idiot. One other host calls the other host a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank's in agreement. He conceded. <laughs> You're correct. 
<laughs> and Brian, you make a valid point there. <laughs> on my on my idiocy. <laughs> well, I don't know why I was confusing him with fucking Dolph Lundgren of all people. Oh, oh no, Frank, yeah. we're not talking about yeah. <laughs> oh god, so, okay. I never want to see that crap yeah. again. Oh god, that was awful. Dolph Lundgren naked in the sewers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the fucking Punisher. <laughs> I was one angry kid when that movie came out. Oh, me too. Absolutely. That was horrible. Where the fuck is his costume? Who the fuck are these samurai people? Yeah. What the fuck is he doing naked in the sewer? He never even wore, like, the Punisher skull suit. Do you remember, like, the only skull you saw was at the end of that blade when he threw it at that guy at, like, the very beginning of the movie? And even that got me excited. That got me excited, too. It's a fucking skull. It's a skull. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. Oh, jeez. That movie's terrible. It was horrible. All right, guys. Last bit of Marvel news. Idris Elba, he plays uh, Heimdall in the uh, Thor films, but he's stated in the past that he has had meetings with Marvel in the past about playing Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looks like that didn't pan out because at an AMA on Reddit to promote his new movie, No Good Deed, he was quoted as saying... Uh, I think there's an actor already signed on for it, mm. fortunately or unfortunately. So, guys, it looks like Marvel has a guy, and they just haven't revealed who that actor is yet. I mean, who are the choices here as far as, like, a Luke Cage? I mean, you've got maybe Morris Chestnut. Yeah. And I know – Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Guys – See, that's another thing. I mean, Jake, you said earlier on, like, maybe an actor voicing their opinion to be this character works against them. Mm -hmm. Terry Crews has been very vocal. What if they say Terry Crews is Luke Cage? Do you think that that, that, do you think that right there shows the power of the internet right there that maybe Thomas Jane could be Punisher? It would definitely, it would definitely like help. Help. Yeah. Yeah. It would definitely help. And who knows? Everyone's so secretive about this shit anymore. Yeah. Fucking who knows if it's it's not Idris Elba. I mean, maybe he's pulling a fucking Momoa. Yeah, but it's weird. I mean, he already plays Heimdall, and we know for a fact that the Marvel Netflix movies, anything on ABC, it all ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's all – it's not DC. You know, Arrow's not going to tie into, you know, the DC cinematic universe. This all ties in. So it doesn't make sense to have Elba play, you know, Luke Cage when he's already playing Heimdall. But, I mean, guys, I, I don't know. The only obvious choice to me is Terry Crews. That's it. Yeah. I mean, he is fucking Luke Cage. Either that or go with an unknown, you know, go with someone that we just don't know, you know? Yeah, but why not give, why not let the hat, why not give the fucking internet this fucking collective fist pump where they say the old spice motherfucker is Luke Cage, and we can all just fucking yell, yeah! Because they're cheapskates. Ah! Bastards. I don't know if it's so much the price tag, though. I don't think he'd give that much of a shit about it. Yeah. He'd make enough. Yeah, I don't know. I I hope they give it to I mean, him. he's doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We know that. Yeah. I mean, is that going to be a problem, like working out scheduling-wise with Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, we don't know the release date for this 
they've been really secretive. Like all we know about is Daredevil. Daredevil. I, yeah. I assumed at the beginning that these were going to be coming out a lot closer to each other than it right. seems like they are now. You know what? That's what I don't like. Sometimes I love Kevin Feige. I think he's doing a great job. But I mean, if the, if 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 this quote is for real, that Idris Elba knows for a fact, maybe his agent told him like. Yeah, they've got an already. They've already got an actor signed on for it. Why doesn't Kevin Feige just say, "Come out and say, yeah, okay, Terry Crews, he's our he's our next, or Morris Chestnut, he's our next, he's our Luke Cage." Yeah. Why would, do they have to hold on to this shit so close to the chest? You know what I mean? I'd kind of like to see a little bit of a younger actor than Terry Crews, though, as the role okay. of Luke Cage, and, and even Idris Elba. I think that's an issue with me. I think they're a little old for the role. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna start at the beginning, too. yeah. But who who are you gonna get in there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Terry Crews is dude. Dude is just jacked. He's, he's got, got more energy than somebody half his age. He's got great talent. I mean, we've seen him be a badass in The Expendables. We've seen him pull off the humor in shows like uh, Everybody Hates Chris and and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I love Terry Crews. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I love the, the Old Spice commercials. Yeah. I just think I, I feel like they're going to want to cast a younger actor in that role. Okay. I mean, we'll see when we see who they they finally throw at us. Yeah. But I really think it's going to be an under thirty. Okay. Okay. That's just I'm just guessing. I have no facts to base this on, but I really yeah. think it will be. That doesn't get me excited one goddamn bit. <laughs> but you know what? If they came out and they said Morris Chestnut, I'd be excited. If they said Terry Crews, I would do a fucking fist pump. I'd probably like throw up my shoulder or something poor, poor luke cage get excited for luke cage fuck those actors they're doing a fucking luke cage show yeah but you know seriously terry cruz dude terry fucking cruz he doesn't make or break a luke cage show he doesn't make or break a luke cage show but i want somebody that's come out and said i want to play this character this character was born for me somebody that's going to be in there and be excited and this guy is just jacked i can't think of a younger actor yeah, but the unknown could be saying the same thing and you're just not hearing it because he's the unknown you know if it's you not could, headlines if you could give Bob me if, Smith. yeah jake if you could give me the name of a 20 year old unknown if you could give me a name that would give me something be, to be excited about but like it's like you're it's like you're showing up with nothing it's like you're showing like it's like you're uh just like okay wish in one hand and shit in the other I'm i don't see how anything. giving you the name of a 20 year old unknown is going to make you excited he's an unknown you have nothing to base it off whether exactly it i can't get excited about an unknown yeah. i can't i, I can't I'm not fist pumping for Terry Crews either. It's like when people said, uh, oh, what's his name? Ray Fisher is going to be Cyborg? Yeah. That did nothing for me. Yeah. And it's not going to do anything for me if they say, uh, oh, we've got Ray Fisher 2.0 playing fucking uh, Luke Cage. But I'll be honest with you. If they said Terry Crews is going to be paying Luke Cage, I'm going to be fucking thrilled. I don't care how fucking old he is. The guy is fucking – he's made for the part. He poor, looks the part. Poor Luke Cage, man. I'm fucking thrilled they're making a Luke Cage show. I, I it, whether Terry Crews is involved or not, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled too, but I think a, a, a name attached like Terry Crews is going to get more people behind the project. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Terry Crews isn't headlining movies. Oh, okay. 
He's not headlining movies exactly. But you know what? More people could – I can tell you more people will go, oh, that's the old Spice guy or, oh, that's the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine or that's the uh, ex-NFL football player or that's the guy that was in the um, uh, Expendables movies. I'm not arguing um, any of that. I know you're not arguing that. But I'm not saying I'm supporting what the fuck you're saying. I'm just saying that, that nobody's going to be like, oh, shit, it's Ray Fisher. He's playing Cyborg. I don't know who the fuck that guy is. Oh, he kind of looks like Cyborg. Holy shit! I'm this. I'm on board. I don't know. I'm just saying that if Terry Crews gets cast as Luke Cage, you're going to have more of an internet people, more people on the internet saying, "Yeah, this needs to happen. That's the guy that needs to do it. He's the guy that's petitioned for it." Than some twenty fucking year old who nobody knows who the fuck he is, and he could be. Everyone could know who the fuck he is. Everybody could know who the fuck he is, and everybody After could he's know a that, great Luke right. Cage, and everybody could also know him as the guy who fucking sunk Luke Cage. When I've got more proof that Terry Crews is going to be a better casting choice than whoever the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> sure. Some imaginary guy that you're pulling out of your ass. Fuck Terry Crews. Fuck Terry Crews. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you. Now you're just reaching. There's nothing to say fuck Terry Crews. The guy has had a great career. He's not making or breaking Luke Cage. The guy, be no. excited about Luke Cage. I'm excited Luke about Cage. Luke Cage. No, you're not. Uh, if it's not Terry Crews, if it's someone I don't know. Then no, I'm saying if it's, if it's fucking Terry Terry Crews, I'm going to be excited. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I'm going to be excited if it's Terry Crews. I'm not going to be, oh shit, I can't believe they te- they cast Terry Crews. He doesn't even look the part. This guy can't do this. This guy, <laughs> this guy, he can't do comedy. He can't do action films. Man, that's a bullshit casting. I never said Man, that. I said that. the casting I think they should, they should pick some unknown that nobody's ever heard of. Some motherfucker like Ray Fisher. <laughs> Fuck that shit, What is dude? Ray Fisher who's going to have two minutes in this Superman movie? Yeah, but he's going to be part of the thing. Justice League. He's going to be part of the Justice League. Batman v Superman, he may get two minutes, but he's going to be cyborg in the Justice League. Sure. I don't know what the fuck he can do. I don't either. Exactly, and that's what scares me. At least I know what I'm going to get from Terry Crews. Yeah, he's going to be Terry Crews in, as Luke Cage. Oh, is he always Terry Crews as Luke Cage? No, the guy has range. He can play a badass like he does in Expendables. He can do the comedian, the the uh, the comedy shit that he does in the fucking. Uh, um, Everybody, everybody hates Chris. He played a father. He didn't bust his shirt off and everybody hates Chris. He didn't rip his shirt off. He didn't pump his pecs like he does in the Old Spice commercials. He didn't do any of that shit. He played a good down to earth father. This guy, when he, he is a, one of the hardest working guys in fucking Hollywood. <laughs> You're like and a I, fucking uh, agent Rick now. James. You know, <laughs> I'm a big supporter of Terry Crews. You got a guy that says, I've got some passion. I want to play him. My agent hasn't gotten a call yet. I want to play fucking Luke Cage. He looks the part. He's built for the part. He's got experience. This is the guy to pay Luke Cage. If they don't call him and try to work out a deal with him, I think Marvel is stupid. Oh, if Marvel just says, you all. know what? I think if Marvel says, oh, okay, we're just going to look at fucking cheap ass motherfucking actors that we can get on the cheap to play this guy. That's not going to create as much buzz. I think you have to get somebody in there. It's like Joaquin Phoenix. You don't want fucking Anson Mount. You don't know anything about Anson Mount. All you know about Anson Mount is that Anson Mount was in Hell on Wheels. You don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, but this but is you know, headlining. This is headlining a Marvel Studios movie. No, this, this is, is headlining a Netflix, Netflix series. Exactly. Let's give some. That's the platform to give someone a chance. The platform to give. Someone they went a with Charlie Cox. They went with Charlie the Cox. Are you excited to Robert are you, Downey Jr. Are you excited about Charlie Cox? Who's Charlie Cox? Exa- Charlie Cox is Daredevil. Exactly. Who's exactly. This? I'm excited about a yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, Charlie show. Cox is an Empire Boardwalk. He said something. He's not an unknown. 
He's unknown. He's to an people. unknown to me. Exactly. I have no idea who the fuck he exactly. is. Exactly. I'm still excited for Daredevil because of the name Daredevil. I'm more excited if they t- if they cast Terry Crews as fucking Luke Cage. I'm more excited about that than I am fucking Charlie Cox playing Daredevil because I don't know anything about I'm him. I'm more excited about Luke Cage than I am about Terry Crews being Luke Cage. Fair enough. It doesn't matter. To I me. don't agree. I don't agree. I don't agree. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. We agree to disagree. I Tupperware fucking Terry Crews. I think he right now. I Tupperware Terry Crews too. Yeah. I love Terry Crews. Yeah, but you want them to pick some 20-year-old that nobody knows. I think Terry Crews is a little too old to be Luke Cage in a Netflix series. I don't think so. Do you think you – think I didn't say Robert he's a bad Downey, actor. Robert Downey Jr., old. he was like 40 – what? It, Robert Downey Jr. was in his 40s. Tony when they Stark him as was Iron an Man. older character in, in the stuff. He, he wasn't like he was a young guy. Well, I don't think we need to. I don't think that you know Terry Crews. He he could play play a younger looking guy. He doesn't. They don't have to say he's this and that. The guy's in great shape. I it's mean, true. he looks good. If they cast Terry Crews, I'm still watching the shit. God, I can't believe we're fighting over fucking Terry Crews playing <laughs> fucking Luke Cage. God, the guy's ripped. The guy's funny. The guy's got range. Jesus Christ. I just suggested that it would be fine if it would be someone other than Terry Crews. He's not going to make or break this show. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just sitting here watching veins bulge out of both your fucking foreheads. <laughs> no, that's what makes a podcast fun, man. If we just sat back here and just were like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right, Brian. Manson Mount yeah, would be absolutely. a great Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. And some, some guy we have no clue about would be a great fucking uh, Luke Cage. That'd be awesome. <laughs> He very well wow. could be. Yeah. They're not going to cast him just because he's cheap. They're going to look at these people and they're going to say, "This guy's no, going to make just, a great." I, honestly, I think they should just like walk out on the street and they should just like. Uh, I'm not saying that. Thing, I just that said guy. they're going to cast and look for a good actor. I'm so sure that putting, they will. I'm sure that they. I'm no. I'm not saying that they're just going to pick some shit actor. I'm not I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> it's called sarcasm. Hi, Jake. Nice to meet you. <laughs> But I think Terry Crews would be an excellent choice. I don't think it matters the age. Okay, Brian. Whatever. Fuck. <laughs> now, now you're just. I get the voice now because I've really upset Brian. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. Oh, need- that's sarcasm, Brian. That's why I'm making the voice. No, we don't need to go into mocking. <laughs> no, now that's just fucked up. Fuck. Now, now I'm now I'm big jerk. I'm sorry. No, I'm gonna agree with you there. That's the only thing I'm gonna agree on. <laughs> Yeah, up until up, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there. I was totally disagreeing that you should didn't that you picked the wrong actor, whatever the fuck that actor's name. is. I didn't pick any actor. So, exactly. That's but what, doesn't doesn't hi, sarcasm my again. Point. Hi, that doesn't disregard you didn't my pick point. Anybody. I didn't pick anybody. I said Terry Crews may be too old. Fucking let me go get the boards and will crucify me for fucking saying Terry. No, Cruz no, no, is too no, no, old. no, 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 no. Let me fucking go put the nail. No, on let's my fucking let's, wrist let's make fun of my. Let's I don't fun. know the name of the. Un, uh, no, let's make fun of my voice. Let's make fun of my voice some more. That's fun. No, no, no. Let's make fun of my voice some more. That's because that's not. I wasn't making fun of your fucking voice. You make like eight hundred different voices on the podcast. That's not eight hundred different voices. Yeah, you're good at making funny voices, and you made a funny voice. That wasn't your normal speaking voice that I was making fun of. Okay. You were purposely making a funny voice as you were talking. I don't think you should take any insult to me making fun of a funny voice you made and trying to imitate it. That's not – I'm not like, 
I'm making fun of the way Brian normally speaks. That's a no, you were no, no, no. A funny voice. It was the highest. Purpose. It was the highest of all compliments, Jake. Thank you. you. No, a seriously, funny voice. I'm standing up and I'm taking a bow. Thank you for mocking me. Wow, it's the highest of compliments. No problem. I Thank was, you. You made a funny voice. I wasn't making fun of you. No, you weren't. Voice. You weren't. I felt no. Seriously, I felt like you cherished me there. I, seriously, <laughs> I felt like you put me on a fucking pedestal, Jake. <laughs> we need to hug it out. Bullshit. God <laughs> damn it. God let's, let's damn hug it. it out. Brian, come on, let's embrace. Give me let's a second. Embrace. Give me a second. Just give me a goddamn second. Let's I'm gonna light my cigarette in through the mouth, out through the nose. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, Frank, what's up? Uh, How's Destiny going? <laughs> Destiny's going very well, thank you. <laughs> I dated a Destiny once. <laughs> Oh, there was this chick. Oh, my God. Her name was Destiny. Right after I got a divorce, uh, she was a friend of a friend of mine's. And this girl, she was one of the ones, like, she was extremely friendly when she'd be drinking. And uh, she brought her boyfriend one night uh, to Cruisin's. Yeah. And that was a train wreck because she was being overly friendly not only with me but, like, the three or four other guys in our group. And her douchebag boyfriend, to every single one of us, like, he would, like, step aside and be like, hey, what are you doing talking to her? Every single one of us. Like, that wasn't awkward. All right, so check out the Destiny that I – I went on a date with the Destiny, right? Okay, this was just like – I had uh, just gotten out of, like, a really long relationship, okay? And so I started talking to this chick named Destiny, Okay. And, uh, yeah, as if certain other elements have not sabotaged every other fucking date I've been on. I think this is like our third date together. I had just gotten out of a relationship like two months earlier. We went to a comedy show. And uh, so we sit down at the comedy show, right? And uh, seeing one of my favorite comedians at the time. And guess who is there at the exact same comedy show? <laughs> Your former. Exactly. <laughs> How many rows behind us was she? <laughs> One. One. Three rows behind us, oh. okay? So now I'm on a date with this girl named Destiny that, you know, we'd been getting along really well. Things are going really well. And I turn around and I see my ex-girlfriend there at this fucking event. And I'm just like, I had to tell her. I'm like, because this is totally awkward. I'm just like, listen, hey, you know that girl I was seeing or you ta- I told you about? Yeah, she's three rows behind us. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Two fucking hours of this comedian joking and laughing, and I get to sit there and listen to my ex-girlfriend with her new boyfriend laughing the entire fucking time throughout this comedy event. How fucking awkward is that? Did Uh, you have a shitty laugh? Oh God, her laugh is so fucking annoying. And I've got feeling that. I've got yeah. I've got to listen. I've got to listen to this the whole fucking time. Oh God. Okay, I've got to listen to this whole. Fu- and I bought these tickets like six months prior. Shit. And the tickets that I had bought originally were for me and her to go. Oh yeah. Thank God that I was like three rows in front, and I didn't have to look at the back of her stupid ass head the whole fucking time. But yeah. my God, that's the last time that me and Destiny went on a date. That was fucked up. So. Yeah, it wasn't our destiny to see each other again. <laughs> I guess not. But yeah. So wow, fuck that, Jake. Fine, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm sorry you took me as mocking you. You were mocking me. <laughs> I was more mocking what you were saying that you know the the sarcasm thing. I did imitate your voice, but that is not your normal speaking voice. Come on now. No, that's me being sarcastic. Of course, that's my sarcasm voice. But yeah, you don't have to like bring that to the forefront, shit. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Everybody just needs to be like me. Just feel like a damn it doll and take it and keep going. Oh, I thought you were going to say an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) We all have our roles in life. (laughs) And he accepted it. All right. So uh, here we go. What are the off-limit topics? Uh, Kevin Smith, which we're going to talk about Tux later. Oh, my God. my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting scared for this Tusk review now. Man of Steel, which we're going to talk about more of that shit later. That's an off-topic fucking thing. And now Terry Crews. All right. We're going to take a break. I'm going to fucking blow my brains out. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. (laughs) Fuck my life. All right, hey guys. Uh, yeah, we're back. We're back. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it monotone so Jake doesn't have any fuel <laughs> here. Aww. Are, are we gonna sound like we're playing all the great soft rock hits of the late '80s? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna keep it monotone. I don't want to get too animated for anybody. I don't want to use that sarcastic word. <laughs> all right, all right. Fuel for the fire. <laughs> Fuel for the fire for Jake. All right. Yeah. Suicide Squad movie has uh, been linked to David Ayer, the uh, Fury director. He's going to be doing that tank movie, the World War II movie. Talking about doing a Suicide Squad movie. Um, Let's see here. The Fury Uh, director? The David Hasselhoff Fox movie? No, not Nick Fury. Oh. I don't think that he actually directed that. I actually think that that was – wasn't it written by uh, Goyer? The, the Hasselhoff Fury movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, DC is reporting uh, that uh, David Ayer, uh, they, uh, WB wants to sign him on to direct a Suicide Squad movie. It's a team that's comprised of villains in the DC universe that are sent out on missions against their will – and if they get out of control, a bomb that's implanted inside of them, I believe it's their necks, will go off. Uh, the Suicide Squad is directed by uh, Amanda Waller. And the team is usually comprised of characters such as Deadshot, Harley Quinn, uh, King Shark, Captain Boomerang. Variety sources tell them that David Ayer is DCWB's number one choice as the director for the film. There's no word on where they are with negotiations. Um, David Ayer, uh, he wrote Training Day and End of Watch. Mm. Um, what are you guys thinking about this? You know, Suicide Squad is kind of a blind spot for me as far as um, comic book characters go. Um, you know, they're, they've kind of only been around the last decade or so, right? And I'm not yeah. as big of a DC guy. Um, I know the newest DC animated movie is a Suicide Squad animated movie, basically. Right. And I'm looking forward to that because it'll really be my first major exposure to this. Um, I did read the number one of the new 52 Suicide Squad, and that was the first ever Suicide, suicide Squad comic I've read. And it didn't really leave much of an impression on me. But I mean, I am interested in it. I like villain team-up stories. So I, I'd be interested to see what they did with that franchise. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've read like the first ten, twelve issues of the new Fifty Two Suicide Squad, and I liked it. But I, I eventually dropped off because I just liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah. It wasn't something I had to keep up with. I love King Shark. Uh, love Deadshot. Um, 
I don't know. They kind of made Harley Quinn kind of like a slut in that series, and yeah. I kind of didn't dig that. You know, she's – but, uh, you know, I, I liked it for the most part. Um, I love the concept. Uh, they're not really even antiheroes. They're just uh, villains that are being forced to do these missions against their will. Do you think the show would have um, Harley Quinn? Yeah. No, no, show, not show, but a movie. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I do. Gotcha. And they'd go ahead and acknowledge the Joker and, and all that? Yeah, because I think eventually it would tie in with uh, some of these other movies. I mean, we could see, like, uh, Batman showing up in uh, in one of these movies doing a crossover if they're going to be doing, like, this expanded universe shit. Yeah. That's kind of the way they're selling it with this new animated movie. It's called a Batman movie. But mm-hmm. from what I've heard, he's hardly in the movie. It's really just a Suicide Squad movie. They could also introduce Black Manta, who's now part of, like, with the new writing team, is now part of the Suicide Squad. So mm-hmm. they could introduce Black Manta if they wanted to in this, and then that could lead into, like, an Aquaman film or something. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be a good launch pad for stuff. I love Harley Quinn, but I I don't want to see her portrayed being over-sexualized. I mean, she's crazy. She's just... Just like the Joker, but in female form. I, I don't see what the the point would be of hyping that aspect up of the character. Yeah, I'm with that, Frank. I think it's a little bit of a miss to not introduce her first as a sidekick to the Joker. Right, yeah, because of, of all the names that you mentioned in the Suicide Squad, unless I'm completely off my rocker, I would say she's probably the most prominent. God, you know who would have been a really good fucking Harley Quinn? Brittany Murphy had she still been alive. Oh wow. Man, that's fucking killer and you're not kidding. Yeah. That, that would, would have be been good. perfect casting. Did you watch the uh, smear campaign movie? No. Yeah, I did. I, I couldn't bring I decided myself to watch to, it. I decided against it too. Yeah. I didn't see that. Couldn't bring myself to watch it. Um yeah, so Suicide Squad movie David Ayer. I mean, I don't know. I loved Training Day. I thought it was good. That was great one of movie. my favorites. Yeah. I, I love it. Um I have to see Fury yet, but uh, yeah. Question. Yeah. If uh, for casting for Harley Quinn, what about Natalie Dormer? Who's the actress? She plays um, oh a character you haven't seen yet on Game of Thrones, and she's also in Mockingjay. Okay, I was thinking which hasn't come out yet. Right. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, actually another Game of Thrones actress, Amelia Clark. Oh, that wouldn't be bad no, either. No, that would be bad, yeah. My roommate wants uh, Miley Cyrus as Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks she looks the part exactly. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but uh, Suicide Squad movie, I think it could be very cool. Um, I think I'm actually more excited about this than the uh, Sony uh, Sinister Six film. Mm, wow. Yeah. Because, I don't know, this the Sinister Six film, I mean, they're trying to show that movie – but at least with like the Suicide Squad, you understand why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, they're being forced to by Amanda Waller. You know, if they don't do what she wants them to do on these black op, black op missions, they've got a nanobomb in their fucking neck that's going to blow up. Oh, right? They got like a kill switch. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see like uh, all the side conversations between the villains, 
you know, and then their hatred for Amanda Waller and right. like what they have to do. So. Can you imagine the conversations between them and the people that they're fighting to accomplish these missions? Like, like Harley Quinn kicking somebody's ass, saying, "I'm really with you." Well, this is I like believe the, in what you're doing. Keep my, it up. In my opinion, this is like the anti Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like they're actually getting pulled out of prison. They're already in Arkham. They're getting pulled out of prison to actually do <laughs> like uh, fucking like work that the A Team would do against right. their will. Yeah, I love it when. A plan comes together, but this is not their plan. This is Amanda Waller's plan, and they got to do what she fucking says. And it's a win-win because not only can she make them, or else she'll kill them. But you know, if they if they get killed while they're on yeah. a mission, oh well. So that's the deal, huh? Is it basically because they're completely like expendable? Is is why they they use them in the first place? Send them. Who cares if they die? They're already have life sentences exactly. anyway. Kind of mentality. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. I'd like to see them start the group with maybe like you know six or seven people couple of them fuck up and they actually just they blow them up and that shows them like oh okay you better stay in line does that happen in the comic do do they kill them off pretty rampantly i've seen i've seen some i've seen a couple characters die in the comic i believe but uh you know it's like deadshot's always the leader of the group gotcha you know he's always the lead leader of this group and i I just think that that would be kind of cool to see kind of something like this, like the anti-A-team. And I really like the idea of how it's coming together, too, because interchangeable parts. Somebody gets old, somebody becomes unpopular, you kill them. And it's easy enough to move somebody into the group and explain why. Yeah, there's there's been different members of the Suicide Squad that are brought in and out of the movie. But, you, I mean – if they're going to do this, I want to see a. I want to see King Shark. He, basically, Frank, think about this. King Shark, he looks. <laughs> he's he looks like a fucking shark. I mean, this guy is a shark, and I mean right. that is going to be fucking badass. Like that's like I, that. DC's got to do this because like right now it's like they're trying to do this real gritty shit stuff like that. Yeah. I guess you got to keep. This is a dark movie, of course, right. but. I mean, just to see a fucking real shark, a land shark, a, a man shark, that kind of like that that kind of catapults them into like the Guardians of the Galaxy, where we see like Groot and a fucking talking raccoon. You know, that, I think right. that's what DC needs is a fucking out of the box character like that. I agree. DC has yet to make that move post, yeah. post the Green Lantern flub. It's just Batman, Superman, Justice League. Exactly. So still so. They they need to make a move like that. If not Suicide Squad, something besides Batman, Superman, Justice League. If King Shark works, then we could see other characters in the Batman universe like Killer Croc and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Might be the only way to see those characters because how do yeah. you work Killer Croc into like a serious noir Batman movie? Right. So, yeah. It's just like I want to see Parasite in a fucking Superman movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So. I think that'd be great. Great character in the cartoons. Yeah. Uh, Fox has launched a new interactive viral website for Gotham where it wants you to solve the murders of Thomas and Martha Wayne. There are 23 pieces of evidence for you to collect as you investigate the crime scene of the double homicide of Martha and Thomas Wayne. You can check this out by going to witnessgotham.com forward slash scene. I've been to the site. It's fucking lame. (laughs) Spoiler, it's Joe Chill. Yeah, <laughs> but I, this whole fucking—I don't know. It, like, as far as like uh, viral campaigns and shit go, Days of Future Past—they did a great job. This is just—I guess—go there, check it out if you want to. I tried to play it; it's fucking stupid. Is it so bad that it lessened the excitement for the show a little bit for you? No, not really. It didn't really 
lessen the excitement for the show. It's just like I just don't think it's a really cool viral website to begin with. Yeah, you're not like sending the link to your friends or anything. Exactly. I think I like clicked on like two clues and I was like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Joe Chill, submit. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the funniest things though that I did see, I saw a uh, meme. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't even say this. I was going to post it on our Facebook page and I didn't, but I saw a meme out there and it was a, <laughs> it was a picture of, uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne and, uh, young Bruce Wayne and they're, uh, leaving the movie theater. And, uh, the meme said, the part where Groot was laughing, the part where Groot was dancing was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great meme. And you know what's going to happen exactly, yeah. like, right after that happens. <laughs> At least they saw a good movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Go out on the high note. <laughs> right. Uh, just a reminder, Gotham comes out uh, Monday night on Fox. Probably might be when you download this podcast. So Yeah, that's crazy that it's tomorrow. That yeah. all pumped. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's fucking it is tomorrow. tomorrow. I've been watching the fucking countdown that they've been posting on uh, Facebook. Yeah. Saying uh, all these villains, their origin story begins in however many days. Hmm. All right, guys. We've got Constantine coming to NBC. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is already on ABC. You know, Peggy Carter is going to come out on ABC. Arrow and Flash are on the CW. Gotham's coming to Fox. So, who felt left out? Jeez, who do we not see? Uh, do we got What network? Do we have FX? CBS. CBS. CBS got a little jealous and didn't just order a pilot. They ordered an entire series. CBS what? is working with Greg Berlanti, who's the executive producer on both Arrow and Flash, and uh, Ali Adler as an executive producer on both Chuck and No Ordinary Family. They will both serve as writers on the new Supergirl TV series. Wow. Berlanti, I just also wanted to throw this out. He also produced Green Lantern. Oh. But he's been doing great work on Arrow. Uh, so maybe this is just a sign that this guy is better for TV and not – Really good when it comes to the cinematic shit. Yeah, I'm not impressed by that writer. I know a lot of people have said a lot of good things about Chuck, but No Ordinary Family was a giant pile of poo. Yeah. I stopped watching that. Maybe like six or seven episodes I dropped off. Yeah. The official log line for the new Supergirl series, it reads, Supergirl will follow Kara Zor-El, born on the planet Krypton. Kara escaped amid its destruction years ago. And since arriving on Earth, she's been hiding the powers she shares with her famous cousin. But now at age 24, she decides to embrace her superhuman abilities and will be the hero she always was meant to be. All right, guys, what are your thoughts on a Supergirl TV show? And what did you take from that logline? Yeah, I don't know. I'm mildly excited for a Supergirl TV show. It seems like it'll be like weird. How much are they going to be able to incorporate that with anything else? It's going to be another standalone show that doesn't even get a stand with Green Arrow and Flash. I mean, it seems like a little bit too much. I mean, Greg Berlanti's involved, but yeah, this is a completely different network. So yeah, one would believe that some people are going to think, oh, yeah, Berlanti's involved in this. So, yeah, maybe there could be some crossovers with fucking Arrow and Flash. But, guys, it's on a completely separate network. Yeah. Why are we getting a Supergirl 
in whatever form before we get a standalone Wonder Woman anything. No, 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 no. I, you know, they tried the Wonder Woman pilot on NBC and it fucking bombed. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay. CBS is the only one that's left out on this. I mean, do we know what CBS can do with a fucking superhero? No, we don't. Okay. We have something to gauge when we talk about uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We saw what they can do with ABC. We've seen what the CW can do with Arrow. Um, Tomorrow we'll see what Fox can do with Gotham. Gotham, exactly. And, and you know, and the thing is, like, TNT's talking about having a Teen Titans or a Titans show. Mm. Um, what can CBS do with Supergirl? You know what I mean? What yeah. are they going to do with Supergirl? What I took away from this is that the fact that the official logline said, and since arriving on Earth, she's been hiding the powers she shares with her famous cousin. So are we going to see – is somebody going to be playing Superman? I think they'll allude to him, but we probably won't ever see him. It's probably the deal we're going to get here. Might see some headlines in a Daily Planet newspaper. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People, her speaking of him and other people speaking of him, but maybe never actually like seeing right. him. So or, Superman exists in the universe according to that log line. We can take that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like in every story with Supergirl, it's, it's never standalone like that though. They, they never take her. It's always something to do with what's going on with Clark and Kal El. Yeah, it just kind of bums me out that that's you know they're, I, I and I know what you're saying, but it, that they're going to go with that instead of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think it's ballsy that they're ordering the whole fucking season. That's I, what yeah. blows me away. If if it's a stinker, it's like they're stuck with 13 episodes of it. Yeah, Eesh. it doesn't bum me out that we're not going to get a Wonder Woman because I mean we're going to get to see her in the cinematic universe, you know. Yeah, but she's just. I know you and your whole fucking wig. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm not even talking about her. I'm talking about the character. We've got her along with the rest of the damn kitchen sink in that movie. The character herself, she deserves her own standalone film or a series that would do the character justice. Well, I don't think that the DC. I don't think that they think that she that they're not going to give her justice in the movies. Whether or not that's what they portray, I mean. I mean, we, it may be shit, but like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think Supergirl's a, char- a character that they might want to go with because I don't think that we're going to see a Supergirl in a film. So why not put her yeah. in her own TV show? It's not that I'm against that. I just, I'm kind of bummed out that we're not seeing any standalone Wonder Woman stuff, you know? Yeah, Supergirl was one of my favorite characters on uh, Smallville. I, I thought they did a good job with her. I really liked that. A lot. I like the actress that plays her. Yeah, I was a big fan of her on the VTV show as well. Oh yeah, she was um, the the Queen's daughter. Yeah, yeah, she was good on yeah, that. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. So I mean that that was a great portrayal, but yeah. I mean that incorporated so much Superman mythology. How much is this going to be able to do any of that? Right. So hopefully it would just touch on it and then not make that the focus. Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know. It's a weird property to go for. So I'm mild on it. I don't know. And, it's, it. and we don't know what CBS is going to do with the character. So uh, Ben Affleck recently opened up uh, to the Sunday Times and gave some reasons as to why he identifies with Batman and his approach to the character in so many words. He said, I think it's a necessity historically in the tradition of these films, for me, anger is so deeply buried and contained that when it does kind of come out, it comes out in stronger bursts. I tend to be respectful, polite, get along, put up with, put up with, put up with, then it finally emerges. It's not something I have a 
ton of control over. I'm not going to go into a Wolverine berserker rage, but I do have a, uh, I do, I do shit. That's my personality. So Ben Affleck says like, you know, he, uh, you know, I mean, it gets to a point where like he does, uh, he's able to control it, but there's times when Ben Affleck, he has outbursts. I mean, I think that's a very human thing to say. I'm the same way. Like I can take a bunch of shit, but then when you start talking about, you know, like Terry Crews not being Luke Cage, I kind of blow up. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, what, what's, what's going to be, what's going to, you know, Ben Affleck's just saying like, I'm a human being and I get to a point where I just fucking blow up. I think that's, uh, I don't know. I think it's a very honest statement. I, I like what he had to say there. Yeah. I don't um, have anything to say against that. I mean, no, not at all. I wonder if when he has to um, do that, when he has to be the guy blowing up and be angry, he can just think about internet reaction to him being Batman. <laughs> let that let that fuel his anger, Good. you know, to show them that he is Batman. You know, that leads me into the, my next quote by uh, Ben Affleck. He also spoke out about his feelings for the Batman fans that were angry that he was cast as the Cape Crusader. He said. I don't worry too much about what other people say about me versus my own ideas and standards. What I'd like to do, he said, particularly given that when I was set out in 2002 or so to be a director, if I had listened to all of the things people said about whether or not I'd be successful and what kind of movies I'd make, I never would have done it. It was a really good lesson in self-determination and trusting my instincts. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like he's balling that. He doesn't give a fuck. He's going to prove him wrong. I got to give him a lot of respect for that. I mean, I I still toss the casting, but at least he's not you know harsh on people who you know don't follow behind him, and he's confident in what he thinks he can do. Uh, on on the flip side, at least he's definitely not doing what Megan Fox did when people were criticizing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film, where she told everybody to fuck off. <laughs> Did she really? Oh yeah. Yeah, she that was like her exact quote. Yeah, exactly. She's she said something about how much money did Transformers make? Exactly. The kids are gonna love it. And you know what? If you don't, fuck off. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She was classy. Really, yeah. Movie made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. She told them it, It's almost like her saying, like, I'm hot. Everybody thinks I'm hot. Exactly. Yeah, if you don't fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck that. You guys want to talk about her thumbs again? <laughs> What now? Her stub. Have you ever – you haven't heard about this? What is it? Megan Fox has got fucked up looking thumbs. <laughs> She's got stubby looking thumbs. They look like toes. Yeah? Is yeah. It, was there an accident? No. It's just like <laughs> genetically. That's the way she was born. Genetic she was accident. born with stubby looking toe looking thumbs. <laughs> and I know somebody out there saying like, oh, yeah, but look at that ass. But she's also got the complete opposite personality too, so – yeah, yeah. Do, just do a Google search. I guarantee, you, like, if you go to Google and you put in like Megan Fox, Megan Fox thumbs. I guarantee you, Megan Fox thumbs is going to be like one of the fucking biggest topics on there. Jake's doing it Jake's right now. Jake's the master of like swipe. Mm, I need the T. Oh God damn it! Yeah, you, you call me the master. You yeah, me. sorry, <laughs> Megan. Fox. Oh, not even when I put the T. When I put the T, it's Tumblr, TN, MT, and Twitter. Bleh. Well, fuck it. Give it to me. Do you see your 
stumpy looking thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the deal, yo? So that's not human. She's, she's like evolving. Yeah. She's beyond human. I just want to see her walk around on all fours. I like this picture has a zoom in on her thumb. <laughs> That's fucking nasty looking. Have you ever seen the picture of her when she's a kid and she looks like uh, Steve Buscemi? <laughs> I have to check that out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a deal. There's tons of zoomed in photos of it. No, yeah, do a search for uh, Megan cool. Fox. Uh, Megan Fox. <laughs> what the hell was that? What was what? You started looking at it. I don't know if it had something to do with the similar search, but there was a picture of Obama and a dildo. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even see that. I totally saw that. <laughs> what am I doing, Megan Fox? Megan Fox, and then just type in Steve Buscemi, and they'll show you a picture <laughs> of Megan Fox, her childhood pic, and how she looks exactly like Steve Buscemi. It's so fucked up, dude. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> it's something to do with the forehead and the brow. God, it looks like they gave her like lip, cali- like lip surgery when she was like four years old. Oh. Yeah. Oh wow, there's one where they combine them. <laughs> <laughs> That's like something Conan O'Brien would do. An army. Yeah, what of- if they mated? Uh, an army of plastic surgeons and makeup artists can do a lot. But you know, back to Ben Ben Affleck. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, are you guys looking forward to seeing the Gone Girl movie, the new David Fincher film? A lot. Yeah. Me too. I guess, I, I guess we'll see more of like his range as an actor when like Gone Girl finally comes out. It looks really good to me. Yeah. It's got Neil Patrick Harris in it. I think it looks like a good movie. Yeah. I trust in Fincher. Fincher's been through enough and made enough quality stuff that he doesn't have to just have whoever, whoever Hollywood tells him to have in his movies. If you right. put Ben Affleck in the movie, he wanted Ben Affleck in the movie. Yeah. There's other things about Batman v Superman that, you know, throw me off of it. That was just the thing that kind of lit it off. Oh, yeah. Normally, I would say if I can't see someone, you know, playing a role, if they could pull it off, usually it's one of the best roles that that, char- that actor's ever done. Like Heath Ledger is the it's Joker. It's a good point. It's a good point. So, I mean, if he, if this comes off, it's not going to be just okay. I mean, it's going to be fucking fantastic or it's going to completely suck. No middle ground. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be. All right, last week we uh, raided the Batmobile. Frank, you gave it a taste. It. Yep. Me and Jake, we both tossed it. Do you guys want to hear the new Batmobile? Sure. sure. Got some audio. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right, there, there it is. <laughs> there it was. <clears throat> Blowing shit up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about this thing. We saw some new pictures of it. Um... Any new ratings for this thing? I still toss it. Nothing changes for me. Put it on the bottom of the Millennium Falcon and I still toss it. <laughs> yeah, we saw that video. That was the Tumblr, not the new vehicle, but still. I I am going to change my rating. I'm Yes, I am. I'm going to toss it uh, now because I saw the video you posted yeah. of it going around a corner. And the car that was ahead of it was an 80 series, looked like a Camaro. 
And those cars, those are bigger than what you think they are. And if you kind of look at it and then see the size difference between that and the new Batmobile, the thing is fucking gargantuan. I mean, I knew it was going to be large, but I thought it might have been like a proportion kind of thing throwing me off. But now that I've seen it, the thing is fucking huge. It's way too big. Yeah. I still stand that it looks like an Autobot. <laughs> so so now that I've seen it, you know, moving, I've been able to get kind of a feel for its size. I'm dipping down into a toss-in. All right. Mashable had an article where they uh, teased that they have confirmation that Man of Steel uh, sets up the introduction to Aquaman's introduction into Batman v Superman. Mm. Here's what it said. On Friday's Meet the Movie press podcast, the Raps film reporter Jeff Schneider says that those whales under the command of Aquaman lift the sinking Superman to the surface. We just didn't get to see it. Yep, Superman was saved by Aquaman's whale friends, and we will see it in Batman v Superman. How does Snyder know this? Just a little before the 30-minute mark, he reveals the source himself. Mashable's attempt to get comment from the studio Friday was unsuccessful. Um, I've also heard rumors that they may have taken him all the way back to shore as well, the whales. Uh, because when you watch the movie, you get the scene uh, with the whales, and then it cuts to him walking on land and taking the clothes off the clothesline. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, do you think that this is something that sounds like uh, – do you think it's feasible? Do you think that like this was a setup? I mean I, I don't know if we mentioned it on episode eight of Pop Culture Leftovers where we did The Man of Steel, but I remember hearing these rumors of uh, Aquaman being involved in those in the uh, the whales and shit like that. So it's not like it's, this is new. Yeah. But now it sounds like they're getting confirmation like that. Yeah, this was set up for fucking Aquaman being introduced into the universe. Yeah, I don't know. It could go either way. I think it's something they could have decided after they filmed it or it could have be something they purposely filmed, filmed. It's really hard saying. I think Jake's on to it about it happening on accident. I mean, they're kind of just going about it afterward. Yeah. I want you to think about it this way, okay, guys? All right, you've got this fucking oil rig, and it's caught on fire, and it's crashing, and it's tumbling down. Hi, I'm nature. (laughs) Are you going to be even close to that? No, seriously, think about it. You've got an oil rig. It's crashing down. It's on fire. It's tumbling into the water. Why the fuck would any whale be even near that scene? Yeah, good point, because usually animals have a uh, preternatural sense when it comes to things like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why the fuck would they even be near that? Because he was right there near that oil rig that's crashing and tumbling down. Right. And he's in the water, and he's sinking, and they're saying that basically the point where we see him where his eyes are lifted up, the whales have already rescued him, and then they cut away – they, there's also rumors that they took him to shore. Hmm. So me, I'm thinking like when my dog senses a storm, my dog's flipping the fuck out. He right. wants to be anywhere but where he's at. And with uh, animals in the ocean, the last place that they're going to want to be near is some fucking oil rig that's caught on fire right. and crashing into the, into the ocean. So, I mean, it, it makes sense that maybe, you know, um, you know, Aquaman did send him there. 
So it's confirmed that he was saved by the whales. That's what this podcast is saying. They, they've said they talked to sources that it was confirmed. Because that's the thing. It's like that's what makes me question it is because we don't we don't see the whales, right? You see the whales in the movie. In the movie? Yeah, there's the part in the movie where after, like, he rescues, like, all those guys and shit like that, he's laying he, – he's actually underwater and he's looking up and you see his eyes open and there are – Two whales that are next to him. They're kind of above him and floating. Gotcha. So the implied thing is like these whales rescued him. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. That might be a little bit of a stretch as far as them rescuing him, but I I see the point as far as what are they doing there in the first place. It might be a stretch as the – as the fact that they rescued him when you watch the man of steel now if we watch batman v superman and they show a flashback scene of the things that we didn't get to see right of oh, the whales I actually rescuing him that might be what ties it in do you see what i'm saying right, and then yeah. we get the scene of them actually bringing him to shore you see what i mean yeah i get you boy that's one thing i'm not looking forward to is flashbacks to the man of steel and batman v <laughs> superman i gotta tell you Keep those to a minimum, please. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to be introducing uh, Aquaman, this might be the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. I don't know. He could verbally confirm that that's what he did to Superman. We don't need to see it, right? I mean, after the movie came out, these were rumors that were people that people were bringing up, though. Yeah. I don't. I. I, if that's the way they're going to go, I don't think they would be able to do it just verbally, though. I mean, they're going to have to visually tie it in for oh, people sure. that don't figure Absolutely. it out. Absolutely, They wouldn't buy it. Like, oh, okay, you're just going to say that. Hi, I'm Jason Momoa, and I sent my whales to rescue you. <laughs> I hope Jason Momoa talks like that. Aquaman. <laughs> Hi, Superman. <laughs> yeah, that'll... that'll <laughs> That that that'll give the that'll give the character credibility. Hey Superman, I'm at that's how Atlanteans talk. They talk like this. Hey, hey Superman, you know uh, I sent my I sent my whales out there to to rescue you. They should have Mike Tyson do the fucking voiceover for it. Give <laughs> yeah. me the voice of the whale. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. I'm glad I can help you, Superman. Yeah, I don't really have that. <laughs> I don't really have that clear of an idea of what Momoa will sound like talking in English. I'm hoping he sounds like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping he sounds like this. Now, now you're just doing it to get this Frank is- going. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Superman. <laughs> this is how we talk under the water. <laughs> Better make sure all the turtles can hear me. You're not... <laughs> Superman, you're not in Kansas anymore. This is how we talk down here in Atlantia. In Atlantis. Under the sea. Under the sea. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a stretch, but I don't know. We'll see. I guess if, I guess if they work it in, I guess if they work it in, um, and show us some actually scenes, like deleted scenes. Uh, maybe it'll work. I don't know. It's What's kind the, of a stretch, though. If I place in, – in Batman v Superman, if I place the over-under on how many minutes Aquaman's going to be in this movie at eight, which side would you bet on? Eight minutes? Yeah. Over-under. 
honestly, um, maybe it'll just be a scene. Maybe it'll be like eight minutes or even less. Maybe it'll just be a scene where we do see Aquaman make the call to the, to the whales and that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. And then maybe, maybe a small scene at the end of the movie. Or so something. you'd take the under. You'd take it. It'll yeah. just be a little bit. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to agree because, uh, most recently in Godzilla, didn't you figure out that it was 19 minutes? No, 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 no. Godzilla. Okay. Check this out. Beetlejuice is in Beetlejuice for a total of 17 minutes oh, okay. out of the entire film. Right. Godzilla. If you take all the parts that Godzilla is in the movie, the actual movie of Godzilla, he's in the movie a total of eight minutes. The movie's called Godzilla. Right. <laughs> but all the scenes, if you take all the scenes of Godzilla in Godzilla, it's eight minutes worth of Godzilla. How fucked up is that that that's the number that Jake picked? Jeez, oh, yeah. Eight, eight minutes. That's crazy that Godzilla's in it eight minutes, the lead actor's in it only for like yeah. half the movie. I don't mind it, man. I don't want to see too much Aquaman. The movie's called Batman v Superman. Give me fucking eight minutes of Aquaman, I guess, right. if you're going to give me anything at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't need to see much of it. Hopefully just a little bit at the end. Yeah. No Man of Steel flashbacks, please. Let's move on to Star Wars news, and we're going to wrap this bitch up. Star Wars news. What are Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcasts. That's not true. That's impossible. All right. So, Star Wars news this week. We don't have a lot, but we've got some good shit here. Entertainment Weekly spoke with Anthony Daniels about playing C-3PO again, <laughs> and Anthony Daniels opened up about his new suit for the movie. He says, I will tell you that when J.J. Abrams rang me to ask about filming Episode 7, one of the first things he said after he told me how wonderful I was, and that didn't take long, but then he said, would you be interested in being in the film just doing the voice? I said, no. And he said, right? <laughs> he knew I'd say that. <laughs> There's no way I would just do the voice. I also said that it can't be the same suit. I will tell you that the team then got together and built a new suit. They made an entirely new look alike with changes that you will never notice on screen that made my life a lot easier. I can get it on and off very quickly. Uh, during the prequels, the only time 3PO has uh, been CG was when it was very dangerous to act in the scene in a suit. And it wasn't very good. In fact, I'm going to say it was awful. One of the difficulties is when, is with the, with a character that you know and love so well is that as a member of the audience, you go, oh no, that's not right. No, he doesn't move like that. With me in the suit, He's always going to move the same way and have the same reactions, timing and so on. With CG, you're working with some brilliant person on the keyboard who is trying to pretend to be me. The only time that has worked without, without doubt is Disney's Star Tours. The adventures continue, the theme park ride. There's an element in the pre-show, which is digital, and I cannot tell it's not me. It's brilliantly done by Disney. In a cartoon series like Rebels, you accept it because it's not trying to pretend to be reality. 
It's an extension. It's an exaggeration. On that basis, it's utterly acceptable, providing the characterization is correct. Uh, Anthony Daniels, he then went on to talk a little uh, Episode 7 stuff, but didn't give really anything away. He says, it's very elusive, and I'll tell you, it's where we're going now with Episode 7. We're all back, and it's great, actually, that Rebels is set before Episode uh, 4, because that film is quintessential, basic. This is Star Wars. And, and you know George always used to say every time I arrived on set, I would always arrive for the first time back on set in costume. And during the prequels, George would say, when I arrived on set, that Star Wars has arrived because I was the old-fashioned link. Rebels is an old-fashioned link to the old-fashioned film, which we all loved. And you will love Episode Seven. I have electrodes strapped to my head to zap me if I say anything more about it. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, um, yeah, I think that's very cool. I mean, uh, guys, don't think that he's getting a new suit. He's going to look any different. The fact is he's just getting a new suit that's going to work out better for him to act in. Yeah, it's a comfort thing. It's a right. comfort thing. Yeah, it's going to look the same. You <laughs> ripping on the prequels, though. I mean – I saw a lot of I saw a lot of people talking about this whole thing, and it, you know he was saying the same stuff when the prequels came out about how everyone was going to love them too, and there were no complaints about how that performance was CG right. non C three PO. Then back then it was the greatest movies ever that all Star Wars fans would love. Yeah, so it's kind of fun, crazy now that I'm not a big fan of him bashing the prequels and what the I think the CG artist did a good job there. Yeah, I just think he's kind of like since then he's probably seen a lot of the internet backlash and he's just wanting to reassure people that they're not going to see the exact same thing that they saw in the prequels. Yeah, He's just kind of like saying like, hey, give this movie a chance. Maybe you noticed it in the prequels. It's not here in this movie. It's <laughs> That's kind of going to the extreme as far as what thing – I mean I don't think that there's probably a large group of people that would bitch about – how he looked during those CG scenes in the prequels. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. There's some things that I could poke holes in with those, but not that. I mean, in uh, the second one, uh, Attack of the Clones, where he's going through that production line and he ends up having the uh, body of one of those robots. Yeah. How the hell are you going to do that with practical effects? And at the time, I mean, we're not – we're talking 10 years ago-ish? No. Yeah, 2003, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you wouldn't think that 11 years would be that big of a leap, but it is in what we're able to do now with CG. So, I mean, I think – I don't think that was anything really to bitch about. If you're going to bitch about that, you'd have to bitch about the special effects in the original trilogy too. So do you think we take from this that all of C-3PO will 100% be practical in this movie and there will never be a CG transition with C-3PO that takes place? No. Well, yeah, what I'm getting from it is that – they're going to do some CG stuff, but it's supposedly so good that you'll never notice a difference. Mm, gotcha. Okay. That's going to be hard to do, but, I mean, that stuff doesn't bother me too much. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> what, what's – I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with you, Frank. Maybe there are some scenes where they have to use CG, but on the flip side, it's like – sounds like J.J. Abrams is taking more of the practical effects route and uh, just using the actors too. Right. What do you think um, over-under on C-3PO is at the eight-minute mark in Episode 7? Do you think we're going to get to see much of 3PO? 
There's a difference, though, because, I mean, he's not anywhere near like a headliner. He's a support character. He always just does his thing. Yeah, he gets over eight minutes in all the original movies, though. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like they just said, he just said there that, like, Star Wars has not arrived until C-3PO is on the set. I want more than eight minutes of C-3PO. Absolutely. C-3PO is Star Wars. He's got that part right. Absolutely. He can be as arrogant about that as he wants. Well, yeah, I'm not saying I don't have any love for C-3PO. I mean, I don't know. You don't have any love for C-3PO? It's not that I don't have any love. You get me into double (laughs) negatives. I like him. I like C-3PO. I love him. Yeah, I don't have any – oh, all right then. I don't have anything against him. I'm just like to say he's going to be on the screen for eight minutes. No, when you have a character like Jar Jar Binks that comes in there to be the comic relief for fucking the prequels and your comic relief is not C-3PO, that's bullshit to me. Yeah. Because in my opinion, they didn't need to go with a character like Jar Jar Binks for the comic relief. The comic relief was C-3PO. C-3PO is like the fish out of water. C-3PO is like – C-3PO is like the voice of like the, the the average person that would be thrown into this right. universe. Yeah, he's the only one ever going, oh, holy shit, this is happening around exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> I mean seriously. Like you know, you can say what the fuck you want. You, you, Frank, you could sit here and be like, oh, I've watched these. You know, If I was in these movies, I'd be a Jedi Master. Frank, uh, no. Jake, you could say the same thing. Like, oh, I know Star Wars. I'd be a Jedi Master. No, the you, realist in me you, knows better. Exactly. You throw me into that universe and I'm fucking I you know what I can relate to that fucking robot more than I can relate to <laughs> yeah. anything that's Just going on. Just get me the hell out of it's here. Like exactly. the pictures you see of like what you think you're going to be in the zombie apocalypse and it's the guy in the corner with the shotgun and then the next scene says who you really are and it just points an arrow to the mass of zombies because you're going to be fucking dead. It's yeah. funny that the fucking robot is the fish out of water that fucking like – you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Um, In episode one, even the, the few minutes we get with C-3PO are, are priceless. Yeah. I love those moments. I love when he's turned on for the first time. Yeah. And he's meeting his maker yep. and everything. I love that stuff. I think maybe we're kind of – to go in the opposite direction of what I intended to say as far as eight minutes goes. I, he's going to be in it a lot more than that. Yeah, but just, he, he's going to really be doing so? his thing. Well, yeah. I, I mean, he this, doesn't have to necessarily be the main focus of the scene, but he'll be there. I have this fear that we're just going to see very little of him. Really? Yeah. I don't want that to be, but I, I just, I just, don't I'll know. make a prediction. We're going to see a lot more Chewbacca than we are going to see C three PO. I see that. I wouldn't bet against you there. So, so yeah. The more C-3PO, the better. I agree. I agree. I think yeah, you, you, you learn from the prequels that you don't need characters like Jar Jar Binks to be right. your comic relief, but you do need characters like C-3PO to be that funny. You know what I mean? Right, C-3PO yeah. is, is hilarious. I yeah. think you need more of that. Hopefully J.J. Abrams gets that too and we see a lot more C-3PO in this. I think it's neat. You know, I mean, he's AI, whatever he is. You know, you would think that he would learn after the life that he has had going through all three prequels, living through all that, and then the trilogy that – It's you know, what he's programmed for. Like well, pro- right, but, protocol and etiquette is hilarious yeah. when, when you're okay. dealing with – when you're dealing in a universe that's fucking at, at, at odds and at war all True. the time. You've got a fucking robot that views everything as protocol and etiquette. It's gotcha. fucking hilarious. Yeah, you just totally that's fixed me. That's what's funny. Yeah, you just totally fixed me on that because I was thinking like you think he'd get a little used to it after that. But no, he's a robot. He's he got did, his programming. You're – 
but you're right in a way. He did evolve. I mean, at the beginning of the fucking sh- at the beginning of the movies, like when they were asking him stories about like what's going on. Oh, you've been a part of like the rebellion and stuff like that. And he's really not a good storyteller. Yeah. By the end of the movie, you know, he's telling oh, yeah. stories to everybody, and everybody's hanging on his every fucking word. Yeah, and, making yep. sound effects. And exactly. All. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So even C three PO has evolved as a character. Right. But still, I I, I still want to see flashes of that old C three PO and all this new shit's going down. You know what I gotcha. mean? Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, looking forward to more C three PO. Uh Jake, I think you're really gonna connect to this next one. I don't know if you heard the story or not. Terry Gilliam mm-hmm. and Ryan Johnson uh were talking about Star Wars episode seven on a podcast. Did you hear about this? No, I did not. All right. Uh you like Terry Gilliam. I love Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam had one request. He said, please bring Frank Oz back. And Ryan Johnson said, you kidding? How could you not? How could you not? Oh, yeah. So could Yoda make future appearances in the franchise as a Force ghost? Puppeteer voice actor Frank Oz recently commented on rumors that he may reprise his role as Yoda for a Star Wars spinoff film, saying that he'd, quote, absolutely like to return, saying that Quote, he's in my heart. I know Yoda very deeply. But saying that it uh, it at all depends on the story and then admitting that he thinks that at this point you can't go back to the puppet. Terry Gilliam then told a story about a conversation he had with George Lucas who insisted that the computer-generated Yoda was much better than the puppet version. Terry Gilliam said, I couldn't get through to him. He couldn't see how wrong he was. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's awesome. What? What? I'd like to hear this interview. Actually, I'd love to hear it as well. Do you know what podcast it was on? I didn't get any audio. I'll look into it more. All right, let me know if you find out. I will. Yeah, I w- that'd be interesting. I wonder if it's them with a the host being moderated or what. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, it's him and Ryan Johnson talking. Ryan Johnson, of course, has been the guy who's been uh, – he's the director for Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah, writer and director. Yes. So it looks like we uh, – I mean as far as, as far as what I can take from what Ryan Johnson says, he's like, you kidding? How could you not? Yeah. How could you not? It sounds like we are going to see Yoda again. Yoda uh, again. Yeah. yeah, I don't – he kind of seems like he defers it to uh, it being a spinoff though and I agree with that. I don't know how we're going to see Puppet Yoda in, say, Episode Eight. Like, I don't know how much sense that makes. Um, we've still got Luke Skywalker, hopefully, around for that movie. Yeah. Okay. I mean, could we see Yoda coming to Luke Skywalker? Let's say Luke Skywalker is a fucking. Uh, let's say he's evil at this point. Okay. Could we see Yoda trying to like come in there? You know what I mean? They had a bond. I don't know. But he's dead. Yoda's dead, but he's a force ghost. He's a force ghost. I yes. think that the combination of the two is going to make it seem like the most realistic thing because as a force ghost, they got the blue aura or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, you couldn't have practical effects without the special effects of that anyway. If you were to try to play that off as a CG Yoda with that, it, I think it'd look too artificial. You put the puppet Yoda in there with already having that special effect, I think that'd be enough. Mm. It'll look good. Yeah. And if there's anything that they need to tweak with it, they've got enough skills in CG to where they can do that and still keep it My main realistic. point is I, I think we are going to see Yoda again. Well, I agree. In the, in the actual 
seven, eight, or nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I think they'll save it for eight, personally. I don't think they're going to bust their nut in fucking seven. Yeah, I guess they don't need it. The whole thing's already a nut buster without Yoda in it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of nut busting. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Hey, you're welcome for that segue. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like, the thing is, is like, Lando Calrissian, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? No one's calling him. Yeah. What the fuck? What the deal is? Uh, Is Lando dead? Ooh. What are your bets? Is Lando dead? Is Lando dead? Is fucking John Boyega the son of Lando Calrissian? Ooh, that's not a bad prediction. Maybe Lando is dead, and that's not why he's getting the call. He ain't going to be no Force Ghost either, so they got no need for him if he's dead. Well, Lando's not a Jedi either. Yeah, yeah. So no Force Ghost Lando. Yeah. But I mean, is Lando dead? That's the easiest explanation. Yeah. You don't really have to explain the rumors where he that is I'm hearing that that uh that uh the Millennium Falcon is in the possession of another character, a new character that we haven't been introduced to, another character like Lando. Right. A new character like Lando. I've heard the rumor that the Millennium Falcon is in the possession of a character that has a cape like Lando, but is not Lando. So, you know, I'm sure that, uh, fucking Han Solo throughout his, all his journeys as being, you know, this, uh, this guy that has like flown throughout the galaxy and shit like that, being this fucking gambler and stuff like that. I'm sure Lando's not the only guy he's come across. Is there another character maybe like Lando? That he gets the Millennium Falcon back from or whatever. But is Lando dead? That's my main question. Is Lando dead? Are we going to see Lando Calrissian? It seems like a waste to have him be dead when you could kill him on screen and get the impact of that. Well, they're talking about the possibility of these you know, old characters dying. That's a lot of people to have to kill off. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of people to have to kill off. Now, maybe the payoff is the fact that Han Solo comes in contact with, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley's, Daisy Ridley's, Ridley's character who has, um, f- formed this bond with John Boyega's character, which I think we can all agree that those two are going to know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe, you know, Han Solo finds out that John Boyega is the son of Lando Calrissian, you know, and that right there, Man, I mean, I think Land, I think fucking, uh, Han Solo owes a lot to Lando. I mean, he destroyed the second Death Star. Yeah, I like that line of thinking. Maybe Boyega's character has resentment towards Han Solo for one reason or another. Yeah. That's possible. Due to what, you know, misinterpretation of the facts he knows from what happened to his dad. Who knows exactly what happened, you know, after episode six between them two? I mean, Lando was not always on the up and up. I mean, look at how his character came around in Empire. He had sold him out at first. Yeah. So I wonder how much when it gets closer to actual episode seven time, if we're going to get the in between episode six and seven stuff yeah, from yeah. some kind of source. See, the thing is, though, Lando sold him out in a way, right? Yeah. But Land- the reason Lando did it was to protect everybody in Cloud City. Right. Know? I mean, it's not only like Lando was looking out for like – it's not like Lando was looking out for just himself. He was looking out for an entire city. Well, true. But I mean if you – I mean who knows if it could be something as silly as the – you know, who owns the Millennium Falcon. That's some silly shit and him and Han had already went back and forth on that throughout their lives. Maybe but maybe something happened to where he died in the process. Maybe it's one of these things where uh, John Boyega's character didn't know his father and 
he can kind of re he can kind of connect with Han Solo because he's like, holy shit, you knew my dad, right? Tell yeah. me about my father. Yeah, yeah, it could go either way. I, I don't think. know, man. They could bond or, or be at odds. Who knows? True. Yeah. Because well, yeah, they could be at odds because we've heard the rumors that when they filmed on that Michael Skellig Island, that John Boyega is no longer with them. Maybe when John Boyega finds out, like, holy shit, okay, you're Han Solo. You know, we're going to deliver you this fucking, uh, this whole message of like, uh, Luke Skywalker's been missing. Here's his lightsaber. I find out that you know my father. You're the reason my father, blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah, whatever. I'm fucking out of here. Fuck you. Yeah, that's a good, maybe they could bond and be at odds, both in the same movie. Absolutely. Once more yeah. facts come out. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Because we haven't heard any rumors of John Boyega filming at Michael Skellig Island. And that seems like when Daisy Riddler, Ridley is still around. But on, on the flip side, I haven't heard that Han Solo has been filming anything at Michael Skellig Island. I've heard it's just been Mark Hamill, too. I don't know, guys. I, I'm, I'm as clueless as you. Hmm. We'll have to wait for the video game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's see here. There's a rumor of an Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone film, and the rumor comes from a source at Making Star Wars. Ooh. Here's the excerpt. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've heard from quite a few people now that an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie is in the works. For the spin-off movies, they were initially going to stay away from any Jedi or Sith characters, but I'm hearing now that because of the popularity of Obi-Wan, fans recently voting him on the official website, etc., that an art team is now working with a writer on concepts for an Obi-Wan movie. The official site voting mentioned there by making Star Wars is the recent This Is Madness tournament where Kenobi was voted the top character of all Star Wars characters. Wow. Yep. Including Yoda, Boba Fett, Han Solo, and even Darth Vader. Uh, a lot of people think that this is because of the popularity of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And the role he played in that. Could we possibly see, my question to you guys is, could we possibly see Ewan McGregor reprise his role as Obi-Wan? Yeah, I think it puts um the studio at a tough spot. It's like there's no in-between. It's either Ewan McGregor or, or who, right? Well, you can't have Sir Alec McGinnis. He's dead. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. And it, I don't think his look is going to radically change much in between him looking like Ewan McGregor and Alec McGinnis to where you could cast him in that age range, you know? Well, M- point. M- MTV, they spoke with Ewan McGregor, and this was a while back. This is while he was doing press for uh, Jack the Giant Slayer, and he said he would that he would do it. Here's the audio from that. <laughs> of course, he just did Jack the Giant Slayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think sort of the talk on the block is about some of these Star Wars spinoffs that are happening. Uh, would you want to see one for Obi-Wan? Would you want to be in one with sure. Obi-Wan? Sure, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I would, yeah. I, 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 I think it's a good idea, don't you? Yeah. There's a period of time, the only bit really that I could get away with doing is after the last one that I made, episode three, before Alec Guinness is Alec Guinness, there's that period where he's in the desert, and I don't know, that might be my window there. To okay. just tell that story. I don't know what he did in the desert, but we could, we could maybe find we could out, make, make up some yeah. stuff, which would be quite <laughs> Yeah, we'll work it out. I'd be up for it, for sure, of course. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love that. We'll make up some fucking shit for Obi-Wan to do in the desert. I'm, I'm sure it'll be interesting. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's a good way to kind of, uh, tie in uh even the prequels Mm -hmm. bridge the movies bridge the movies because obviously if obi-wan is voted the number one character on the star wars website there's it's not all hate for the prequels because he had a very strong presence in those movies can we agree that ewan mcgregor was the perfect guy to play he was excellent obi-wan kenobi i mean if anybody could do sir alec mcginnis it was Ewan McGregor. Yeah, and not just the, the acting job, but the commitment he put into that role um, and all the training he did, I mean, paid off so much. And I'm sure that that stuff sticks with you. You know, he's still going to be great at doing his own, like, choreography and, you know, right. stunt work and stuff like that. And he did a lot of his own stuff in those movies. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing behind-the-scenes footage of him and Hayden Christensen when they were training for the uh, – the lightsaber scene at the end of episode three. Yeah. And it's crazy. They were even talking about it, how sometimes if one of them would make a mistake, they get whacked with their uh, fighting sticks or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, they had, it was a lot of discipline and a lot of commitment, mm-hmm. not not just the amazing portrayal of a young Alec Guinness. Yeah. You know, that, I think this makes sense as far as doing a movie. Um, what would you guys want to see from an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie? I mean, I know that, like, who did they cast? Uh, who, did, who, what directors? I mean, was it Gareth Edwards? Mm, yeah. Gareth Edwards was one of the directors that they said was going to do a solo movie. That's correct. Um, didn't they say Simon Kinberg? Not, was it Simon Kinberg? No, Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Wasn't Lawrence Kasdan going to write one of these two? Kinsberg was too. Kinsberg was as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Gareth Edwards gonna do an Obi Wan. I, I my guess is uh, Gareth Edwards is gonna do an Obi Wan Kenobi film. You'd have to think that. Well, I thought I was gonna sneeze. You'd have to think that Kasdan would probably do the Yoda one, being that um, he wrote Empire and had right. so much into that yeah, character and yeah, everything. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think you're right with the Obi Wan. So Simon, you're thinking uh, Simon Kinberg, Gareth Edwards collaboration doing an Obi Wan Kenobi film? Yeah, that yeah. could be amazing. Sounds good. Okay. There's a lot of story to tell there. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, like, uh, one of the rumors was when they were going to do the Star, uh, Star Wars TV show, that the Star Wars mm-hmm. TV show was going to show the fact that, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi was there the entire time on Tatooine and he was the one who was protecting Luke Skywalker his entire life, um, you know, on, uh, Tatooine, uh, you know, that way. If anybody found out who he was, you know, behind the scenes, it was Obi-Wan Kenobi that was saving his life and shit like that. Do you think that this could be, like, something like that, showing, like... Yeah, you just brought up something very interesting to me about casting a young Luke Skywalker. Okay, yeah. talk to me. I was just thinking, I was like, wow, maybe I think that's something they have to do if that's the movie they're making. Hey, we're going to have to, you know... Yeah. I, I got a- one, I mean... Yeah, you guys will have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, something just dawned on me as being like a glaring plot hole. Yeah. You're trying to hide this kid who is the son of a famous Jedi who went bad. Mm-hmm. You don't change his fucking last name. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very good point. They didn't even decide, hey, it's worth maybe not mentioning the guy that helped dive our entire fucking society into an empire i think they it's such a remote part tatooine is such a (coughs) that's what you're supposed to buy into i know it's hard because now they've established tatooine for all this stuff but 
ep- when there's just episode four and nothing else, it's like the butt end of the galaxy that no one's paying attention to. It's the armpit of the galaxy. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's the fiction you're supposed to buy into. But right. I do agree that <laughs> it's like now after you've seen the prequels and Return of the Jedi and it's like every it's Tatooine is like the focal point for everything, it seems. It does seem like a little bit of, out there. Well, I mean, uh, in this movie, maybe we could see like another Sith Lord that's sent to the planet uh, of Tatooine. That like, uh, whoa, shit! That Obi <laughs> <laughs> that that Obi Wan has to that Obi Wan has to um, combat. You know what I mean to yeah. protect uh, Luke Skywalker. So I was distracted. <laughs> you were distracted. I was distracted. Are we just going to leave that one a mystery for everyone? Yeah, out there? totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something happened. You don't need to know about it. I, I like the idea of a of, of a new Sith Lord. That's a great way to introduce another Sith Lord. Yeah, let's get Obi Wan Kenobi in another badass fight with another Sith Lord. Yeah, and you we, know we saw him take down Darth Maul. Yeah, let's see. Let's see him against another and something that kind of makes me think about it too you remember okay and i know this is going to seem like a stretch but back to the future too where he's back there trying to get around himself from the first movie without being seen yeah you think they could play off something like that as far as i don't goes? follow you him are you saying Luke that you want background. you want to see biff as no, the new no, 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 no. like okay you've got okay so we got you're talking about luke i see luke is obi-wan man. kenobi Make like a tree and get out of here. But Frank, if Luke turns around and sees Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's not going to destroy time as we know it. Understood, but Obi-Wan doesn't want to let him know he's there, that anything's going on. So you could have Luke in setting. I mean, not constantly, but I mean, once or twice for a big fight or something. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Frank. Like, I, I want to see like, uh, like, uh, things that go on in Luke's life. But, uh, like, you know, times where Luke could have been killed, but in the background, you've got, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi being Batman and being yeah. unseen and in the shadows and taking care of him. Right, yeah. and you Luke know not really mean? knowing what the hell's going exactly. on. Exactly, like, when uh, he shows up and saves him from the sand people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, like, like that's the big reveal there, and it made sense because Luke was of, was of age. But, like, you know, to make – but – the reason he was close to Tatooine was I think he was keeping an eye on Luke and his and, and his development and his growth and making sure that Luke was safe. And that's why he was close because he knew that Luke was the chosen one. I agree with that. I was just confused by the Back to the Future 2 comparison. More yeah, than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank does yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I, everything you said, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I was just confused. Like, Sorry. Yeah, it makes sense in my mind, and Brian was way better about explaining it than I was. <laughs> well, your only, comparison, your only comparison was that it was someone behind the scenes yeah. doing stuff. So I was just confused. Because yeah, in that circumstance, if the two people see each yeah. other, it like blows If it gets time. to the point where Luke looks at Obi-Wan Kenobi and he says – what are you saying? Are you saying my kids turn out to, are you saying my kids turn out to be assholes? That's, <laughs> if it ends up being Luke's fucking kid that turns, that would be fucking perfect. And then they, they start, cut to, smash cut to Luke's kids, right? Well, then, and they finish it with a Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis and the news song. Yeah, oh, yeah. Huey Lewis and the news in Star Wars. <laughs> this Please is no. Uh, last bit of Star Wars news before we talk about our Tusk review. Um, did you guys hear about this? I read it actually on Slash Film. They said former former James Bond Roger Moore 
recently visited the set of J.J. Abrams' Star Wars Episode 7. Um, the uh, following transcript comes from uh, BBC Radio, and uh, it's between Roger Moore and uh, the host of BBC Radio. Did you guys hear about this? No, I did not. It just came out today, so this is like uh, fresh off the presses. Uh, Roger Moore says, anyway, the day before last. So Roger Moore, former James Bond, mm-hmm. was on the set of Episode 7. It sounds like he's good friends with J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams invited him in there. Where, where, where are they filming? Talking. Where? Words. Hard. Anyway, what? Where's this? Where, where was the set at the time? Good point. We talked about the set before. This is on the rumored ice planet that they're on. It's not the – we don't know if it's Hoth yet. But any anybody when they talk about filming on an ice planet, we think about Hoth, right? What other yeah. fuck is it? It's the other ice planet. Yeah, the other ice planet. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work that exactly. way in Star Wars. Yeah, but see, when they talk about an ice planet, we think it's Hoth, and like we heard the rumors like months ago that Chewbacca was on was on an ice planet. And uh, they, he was kind of like a uh, bounty hunter sent there, and it sounds like he. Uh, the rumor was that Chewbacca. Was sent to this ice planet, and he's hunting down uh, snowtroopers. Remember that rumor? Mm-hmm. It's an old rumor that they talked about back in like May. So it's been months since this rumor was brought up. But this gives more credence to that being something factual. So Roger Moore was talking. He says, anyway, the day before last, I know we stopped by the office, and I went up to see on a very close secret set my friend J.J. Abrams, who is directing Star Wars. BBC goes, oh, wow. And Moore goes, with Harrison Ford. Mm. BBC says, so what were they filming that day? Can you tell me? Roger Moore says, well, yes, they were filming something with a lot of mountains and snow. Hmm. BBC says, okay. Hmm. Moore says, but I'm assigned to secrecy. BBC replies, did you really have to sign a thing? So they're talking about like a – The waiver. Exactly. Moore goes, oh, mm, No. And they laugh. Both of them laugh. BBC says, it wouldn't surprise me. They are crazy, those people. (laughs) Moore says, but they have to be secret about it. What happens with film is that somehow or another people get their hands on outtakes and prints and they print them and they sell them for television in the Philippines. I had a Filipino working for us years ago and he said, oh, my family have already seen the movie which hadn't even had its royal premiere. <laughs> BB says, oh, that's extraordinary, isn't it? So, I mean, guys, this like uh, this gives us more uh, reason to believe that there is an ice planet involved in this. Um, we've talked about uh, Luke Skywalker showing up on Dagobah. Yeah. Is there a chance that Luke Skywalker maybe doesn't show up on Dagobah, but maybe it's this ice film? Yeah. And did, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Roger Moore um, confirming that Harrison Ford will be on this ice planet. He said, I, he said, uh, that, uh, here, let me read this again. Uh, very close sets who is directing star Wars. Oh, wow. With Harrison Ford. So yeah, it sounds like, uh, Harrison Ford's on the ice planet. We have already heard rumors that Chewbacca's there. And, uh, you know, honestly, guys, when you think about, uh, Chewbacca, Harrison Ford's not, Far behind. Oh, are we going to see some more some more Hoth tactics where we're distracting the guards again? And yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. Very I wonder interesting. if it really is Hoth. That 
I th- I agree with your logic. What the fuck else is it going to be? Yeah. It's the ice planet. It's No, it's not. Hoth. I don't think it's going to make much. I mean, it would make much difference if you just called it by another name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're saying. Yeah, exactly. What's the point? Um, last bit of Star Wars news, and I just read this moments ago. Um, very interesting. A lot of pictures have been released on Star Wars Episode Seven. Um, the the aerial shots of uh, the uh, what was it? The X-wing, uh, X-wing and, the and then the Falcon. Uh, I just read this on Slash Film as well. Uh, close up. Let's see here. Let me get to this site here real quick. See, these are things that I don't even have Internet Explorer stop working. Yeah. That figures. Fuck you. I'm not using the Firefox. No. Uh, Firefox was giving me a bunch of bullshit when I fucking downloaded it on my PC. Hmm. Um, you, guys, you guys know what Drone Shield is, right? Mm-hmm. Drone yeah. Shield – like those, uh, it's uh, it's an actual like drone shield is like one of those uh, remote controlled uh, drones that the government uses. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, it looks like Episode Seven is so secret, and they are totally aware of the fact that people have been flying like using like their helicopters and uh, planes and things like that to fly overhead to get sh- uh, shots of. Episode seven, yeah, releasing pictures like uh, the Millennium Falcon, releasing pictures of the X-wing. That they are privy to this information because the internet's so fucking. You know, it's, it's all over the fucking internet. Yeah, we, I've posted pictures on our Facebook page. They've episode seven. People at Pinewood Studios they've ordered a drone shield. Uh, they can lease it from the government. They've wow. ordered a drone shield. So that, that that way they can get text messages from the drone shield saying that somebody's flying within a certain radius trying to get these pictures. Huh. They're trying to get a lockdown on this shit so we can't see any more of these pictures. Good. The thing is, like, guys, uh, I posted on our Facebook page, you know, we've all been talking about Adam Driver being a fucking uh, um, villain. Maybe one of these Inquisitors or one of these Jedi Hunters. And what did I post on our Facebook page? Pictures of Adam Driver wearing, uh, what was it, like a, uh. Stormtrooper thing, wasn't it? No, he wasn't wearing his, he was wearing oh, a. Oh, it was like the, it was like the Han Solo shirt vest. Thing, no, right? it, he was, well, that was on, uh, th- that picture where he was wearing the vest oh, was that's actually the, magazine the cover. cover of, uh, GQ magazine, but they showed him in like a, uh, X-Wing fighter pilot. Oh, like the orange, the orange scrubs. Right, exactly. That that Luke would wear. Rogue Squadron. Rogue uniform. Squadron shit, dude. So I mean, like a lot of people have been saying this guy's going to be evil. Now they're showing him as a like a good guy wearing like the fucking like uh, Rogue Squadron outfit that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Drost from the Star Joe's podcast says maybe yeah, that's way way he starts out. Maybe by like ep- the end of episode seven, episode eight, he's turned evil. Yeah. But it looks like Star Wars J.J. Abrams they're cracking down on this shit. They don't want any more of these pictures being released unless they release them officially. It sounds like they're trying to crack down on this shit. They they've ordered a drone shield that way they can keep people out of the uh, out of the sky and taking these pictures. I'm all about that. I fully support that decision. 
Yeah. I mean, not that it's not fun to catch glimpses and pontificate about what's going to happen, but it'd be the most fun to just have it all come as a big shock, you know, when we see the movie, you know? Yeah. But it's like, we can't help ourselves. We're too fucking giddy. If you're going <laughs> right. to give us this shit, we're going to pontificate on exactly. it. Exactly. So shut the shit down. It's like we have no willpower to not look at the spoiler stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I know I have no willpower. Yeah. Oh, absolutely either. not. <laughs> or else this podcast wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm the jerk that's going to read the novelization when it comes out three weeks before the and, movie. And apparently you're going to camp out at my house and play the game. And play the game <laughs> to watch whatever scenes I can before, yeah, so. I don't know, guys. Looking forward to Star Wars. Lots oh, yeah. of fucking uh, rumors and shit coming out. Yeah, let me throw this out there. What if Adam Driver is um, a relative of, like, Wedge? He's, like, our connection to Wedge. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I don't, I, you know, 30 years though, I guess that's reaching it. Yeah. He would have had to have like just been born like a year after Return of the Jedi ended. Right. So, but yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I can't see why that wouldn't happen or why that would be a big deal. I don't know. I think maybe Jay, when Jay was on the podcast, Jason Piper, a good friend, um, when he was on the podcast, he said that he <laughs> believes that Adam Driver is the son of Han Solo and Leia and that GQ fucking picture came out and they showed him in a very, I mean, they showed him in the vest and I mean, that makes me believe that maybe he is the son of Han and Leia and maybe he is an X-Wing fighter, but not the mutant son that, not, yeah. that Jay predicted, but he was on right. to something. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I, I totally shit on Jay when he said that. Fucking mutant <laughs> baby. Mutant. The mutant baby Adam Driver. Right. I totally shit on Jay, and I feel so bad for that. Oh, yeah, that was that was a moment. Yeah. We went a good 10, 15 minutes on the mutant son of... Uh, right. Right. <laughs> All right. That's, an, that's the end of Star Wars, unless you guys have anything... Anything left? We'll do a Tusk review and end this. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me uh, stop. All right, hey, we're back. We're going to uh, finish uh, with our Tusk review. We saw uh, the uh, Tusk movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Tusk. Yeah, we saw Tusk. Um, yeah. it was, um, was it a limited release or does our town just suck? I don't know. It's. Uh, I think it's pretty limited. It's, I don't think it's as in many theaters. Um, is it going to get a wider release? I don't or know. Or is this it? We'll talk about that. Okay. We'll talk about that. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, this isn't, uh, since it's me and you, I think this is an official, uh, pop culture leftovers movie review. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> that I do. <laughs> All right. So pop culture leftovers movie review. We're going to talk about Tusk. It was written and directed by Kevin Smith. It stars Michael Parks as Howard Howe, Justin Long as Wallace Brighton, Genesis Rodriguez as Ali Leon, uh, Haley Joel Osment as Teddy Kraft and Johnny Depp, uh, surprise performances guy LaPuente. Yeah. All right, the synopsis of the film is when podcaster Wallace Brighton goes missing in the backwoods of Manitoba while interviewing a mysterious seafarer named Howard Hell. 
uh, his best friend Teddy and girlfriend Allison team with an ex-cop to look for him. All right, Jake, I, I really don't know how to fucking uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Start this one because I don't know. Who wants to rate this first? I mean, I mean, do you want to rate this first? Do you want me to rate this first? It's totally up to you, Chief. It doesn't really matter to me. I can rate it first. All right, go ahead and rate this one. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. And, right, let's let's preface this first. Who's the big pe- Kevin Smith fan here on the podcast? Definitely you. Okay, and who's the Kevin Smith uh, hater? Definitely me. <laughs> All right, let's go. Um, yeah, I um, you know, I was excited to see this movie. It looked when I saw the trailer from San Diego Comic Con. It looked like something um, very different from Kevin Smith. Now, granted, I haven't seen Red State, and I've been told by you, uh, amongst other people, that it's kind of that step in in a different Kevin Smith too. Yeah. So, but this just looked decidedly different than anything he'd ever done. Right. It's like a physical horror movie, or you know, a human. I don't know how to even put it, you know, a physical yeah. human horror movie right. and something really different for him. So I was just really intrigued by it. And, um, I really went into this really open minded about it, even though I, Kevin Smith hasn't done much for me lately. I really had an open mind. I, I drove all the way to another state to see this movie because it was the closest place I could see it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to taste this movie. Okay. It wasn't. I've like wrestled with this since I've seen it, you know, and I feel like I've thought I've thought about the movie since I've since I've seen it. So it's 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 something you should see it. It's definitely different, and it had some it had some okay moments, but it ha- I had a lot of fault with it. Also, right. there was a lot of things I did not like about this movie. I felt like it couldn't decide what kind of movie it wanted to be very well, and that both sides of it distracted from the other side like the best example i mean one real quick thing i'll say about the movie before i'll throw it over to your review and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit more yeah is that when it was really ramped up most for me like at one point is right when we cut to johnny depp's character for the first time we're gonna go into spoilers right yes yeah okay and and they really ramp up the tension and then it's like a johnny depp trying you know being funny for 10 minutes and there were parts of it that were funny but then by the time we cut back to the tension like it the movie had completely like thrown me out of it yeah and there was like it seemed like at parts it tried to be a real serious horror movie and the other parts it was like really campy and just like some of the writing i had question with and everything I, i i'm gonna throw it over to you all right, now um, this movie uh, it started off really interesting. I love the, the first act. Yeah, it was just really good. I think they did a really good job in the first act, and um, I think the movie once it goes on to like the first act. I mean, you know, they're leading up to everything that's going to happen in this movie, and leading up to the big reveal and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the first act is really great. It's it's funny, but yet it's creepy, and it kind of remember reminded me of Misery in some points. Yeah, a lot of comparisons to Misery. And um, then what I think kind of like fucked the movie up is that the big reveal happens in the second act, mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen in the third act. I agree with that. I have a reason why that fucks it up too. After. The big reveal, it just, it falls apart and, uh, it, 
it almost like it, the movie becomes a joke at that point. It, it's trying to be funny. It's trying to show us scenes that make you feel uncomfortable. And then it, like, like scenes like you, you could imagine from like a movie I haven't seen, but I've heard a lot about like, you know, human centipede. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into be, it goes from like human centipede where it's really uncomfortable. And then it goes to being funny again. And it's really off putting for me. Yeah. And, uh, I'm gonna toss this movie. Yeah, I, I and was, I'm a, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. I love Kevin Smith. I love all his work. I still love him as a person. I still love him as a director. But I'm gonna give this movie a toss it because I think like the big reveal would have been better in the third act. I think they blew their load when they give you the re- big reveal in the second act of the film, and I think that this would have been a better reveal in the third act. And I, I'm gonna get into that a little bit later. But I think that's where the movie really starts to fall apart for me yeah. when uh, they give you the big reveal and then they introduce that Johnny Depp character that you were talking about. Yeah, it's uh, he's Johnny Depp isn't even like annoying in this movie. That's not even the problem. No, it just seems no. like it's like a different movie that I'm watching all of a sudden. Yeah, like we're cutting between two different movies, and I I couldn't agree with your, you more about your complaint about the positioning of the act. Yeah. Um, honestly, I was set to toss this movie until I woke up this morning. Right. And I, I was like, you know what? There, there was enough of this movie that I didn't drive back home an hour and a half upset that I saw it. It definitely has been a big talking point with a lot of people I know and everything. Right. And that, that's I'm kind of why I'm leaning towards the taste it on this one. Yeah. I think um, – Justin Long was so good in the first act of this movie. Yeah, he was. And he was amazing. And I think that's what you said is a big deal is that we do the, the, the reveal early. Yeah. And from that moment on, Justin Long can't talk anymore. Okay. Um, do you just want to jump into spoilers? Yeah. Let's jump into spoilers. And if you haven't seen the movie, you know, stop listening to the podcast now at this point because this point it's going to be, uh, totally spoiler, not spoiler free. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because I think that's where we need to go. I mean, we've rated the movie. Let's talk about the movie and what, what, you know, what we liked and what we didn't like. Yeah. I didn't like that the best actor in the movie couldn't speak for two thirds of the movie. Yeah. And I thought that really took away from it when he was one of the best things the movie had going. Right. I, I never knew when to take this movie seriously and when not to take this movie seriously. Right. I was confused by that a lot. Do you remember at the setup? for the movie at the beginning of the film is they're like podcasters yes and they go and they like interview people mm-hmm. that ha- have done embarrassing things on the internet and yeah kind of shock jock it that way a little right. bit and so they show you well the- i like i like okay the uh, they they have an internet and a, a podcast and it's called the nazi podcast and yes. i thought it was a really cool and it's it's not nazi like n-a-z-i it's not like that it's spelled n-o-t hyphen S-E-E. Yes. And the reason behind the Nazi podcast is basically Justin Long is your character that goes out and interviews these people. And then you've got, uh, what's his name? Haley Joel Haley. Osment. Yeah. Who doesn't go to these interviews. And Justin Long is the one that comes back and explains these stories that he's heard from these people he's interviewed, uh, about like the interaction he had and the stories that he's heard from these people that he's interviewed. And, that's why it's called the Not See podcast because Haley Joel Osment is just hearing these stories for the first time. And I thought that was a very creative podcast. Yeah. And I thought it was a really cool way to like incorporate uh, the, 
that the the, po- the whole podcast thing into the story. Yeah, and, and there was um, the podcasting element was one of the more enjoyable parts for me. When you were watching it, Jake, and yeah. they were talking about being podcasters and stuff like that, were you thinking to yourself, like, "Oh man, I'm I'm a podcaster and I'm watching this movie." I'm skipping ahead, but when he has to explain to Howard Howe what podcasting yeah. is, yeah, best part of the entire movie for me. Yeah, I'm like, I have had that exact conversation yeah. with. To dozens Same of people. Thing. Me too. It's like this radio show, except you download it on the internet. Exactly. And then they give you the, oh, okay. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, this person doesn't yeah. fucking understand a word it. I'm they fucking don't get saying. It. They don't get it. We're on iTunes. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh. I know what iTunes is, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. And so that part, I mean, that part literally made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Probably the only moment where it was like a true, just like belly laugh. And, and just because I could relate with that conversation right. so much. I can't imagine tons of people are going to relate with that conversation on a level we did yeah exactly but, but back to where we were about they do this podcast and yeah. right from the beginning of the movie the movie confuses me of what i'm supposed to take seriously and what i'm not because they they watch this video of the kill bill kid and this kid is playing with a samurai sword and then he accidentally cuts his leg off with the samurai sword right now as an audience member I I didn't take that seriously. I didn't either. The special effect looked so bad. It looked really bad. That I thought the joke was was the kid just made this funny video. Funny video. And I didn't know it was supposed to be something real. Exactly. I had the same reaction <laughs> yeah. to it. So then 10 minutes later when he when he drives to interview the guy and you find out that the guy has killed himself because yeah. he's so depressed because everyone's making fun of him because he in real life cut cut his own leg and that i was supposed to take that video as something that really happened yeah i was like oh i don't even know what's going on with this movie anymore right and we hadn't even gotten to the more ridiculous stuff of, yeah you know howard wanting to transform justin long into his walrus friend from days of old yeah so just right from the go i was like i don't even know what i'm supposed to take is like reality and not reality exactly. sometimes so it was really confusing it was confusing um so basically he uh he's going to go interview this guy up in canada uh that cut off his leg like the, you the said the kill bill kid yeah yeah and he ended up killing himself and he, and you know justin long shows up to the home where he's at and finds out he killed himself so he can't do the interview but he spent you know all this money up there on this wasted trip to yeah. canada and uh so he he's in this this uh bar called the H bar yeah and uh goes to the bathroom and sees on the wall that this guy has uh he's been he has stories that he wants to tell and that he's been, he had been lost at, at sea and has all these stories that he wants to to tell somebody very interesting stories that he wants to tell and if you want to live with him you can and he's got a room there he just wants somebody you know, to do chores around the house that he can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he's wheelchair bound, incapacitated, can't really do that kind of thing. And so, like, you're led to believe that exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where the story kind of picks up, and we're still in the first act. I think, you know, yeah, at that I, point, I agree. I and I love this all the stuff between when Justin Long can talk and with him and Howard. Are are great. Is yeah. it Michael Perks? Is that the name of the of the actor? Am I getting that wrong? Of uh, Howard? Oh, I don't know his name. I'm sorry. Uh, did I name him? It was uh, Michael Parks. Parks. Oh, I was real yeah. close. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, he all the interaction between those two characters were really great. Oh, While sure. Justin Long could talk, I loved the conversation after he right. had, um, 
lost his leg. I know I'm jumping ahead, yeah. but that whole conversation was really great. Yeah. And yeah. it, it was really dark comedy and really funny while yeah. both characters could communicate with each other in the English language. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, so basically this guy had been lost at sea and had, uh, basically formed a bond with a walrus that kind of like, took him in and kept him warm and kept him alive. Yes. And so uh he felt like that was more of a connection that he'd had that with any other human being on the planet. So he longed that for that type of relationship and I don't know. And there was there was a little bit and and also he had eaten the walrus yeah we found that out later yeah right before he got saved so he really regretted that yeah because he regarded this walrus so much that he was always trying to bring him back right i think he had a guilty conscience and was my big problem with the movie is the fact that okay um the reveal of him turning and he he turns Justin Long into a fucking walrus with yeah. like this flesh skin suit. Yes. And he, and he sews his arms together and cuts off his leg and puts him into this walrus suit and like pay, he like attaches tusks to his face. Yeah, the tusks are actually his – he transforms his leg bones yeah. into his tusks. And he removes his tongue so he can't talk anymore and like you see this whole reveal and it's – dude, for me, like – Number one, I'm going to go into this. Number one, I'm going to say it was really fucking disturbing looking. It was disturbing It looking. was disgusting looking and it was horrifying for me yeah. to see this transformation. I thought it was really gross. And then after that, you go into scenes of comedy and it, it didn't, it didn't flow well. Exactly. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to think either. Like I was horrified at the fact of what I had just seen. Yeah. But then you go into scenes of comedy and it's just like, it did not work for me. So I think like the big reveal, cause like re- after that they reveal characters like, uh, the, the guy LaPuante who is, uh, Johnny Depp's character who's really funny. Yes. And doing all these things and they give exposition as to that character and how he'd been trying to track down this guy who had actually been doing this. Like, it's not like he had this, like Justin Long's the first person he's done this to. He had done this to 23 other people in the past. Like, this is an obsession for him. He's, he's like a serial walrus. <laughs> yeah. And you see a little bit of that too when, um, at one point he's trying to force Justin Long as the walrus to learn how to swim. Yeah. And when he's dunking under the water, you yeah. see some of the decayed bodies of yeah. the former walruses. Yeah. But I think this would have been a better reveal after the fact, like, that, you know, uh, Haley Joel Osment's character and the, girl that played Justin Long's girlfriend, I think it would have been a better reveal after they eventually found the home yeah. of where this guy lived and then they busted in on him and then you finally see him. I agree with that. As opposed to like showing him in the second act fully realized as this walrus. I think it would have been more shocking had they done it that way. Yeah, I kind of thought from the trailers that they were going to draw out the transformation more too. Right. Like it was going to be a little bit more of the transformation like every day. They blew their load there, man. But it was just like one moment he's Justin Long and the next moment he's the walrus. Exactly. There there was no like transition period at all with that. Exactly. (laughs) It was bizarre. Yeah. 
Um, and, and not to interrupt you, but go you're, ahead. you're so right about that. Like, I, if I show you one of the most disturbing things you've ever seen, it doesn't matter if I've got the funniest fucking, fucking joke in the world. You're going to have a hard time laughing right after you've seen something that just disturbed you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, one of the funny jokes I think was the Johnny Depp Big Lebowski joke. Yeah. It was hilarious. And I actually, that's the only joke that I laughed in after the fact that we saw the big reveal. And it wasn't like a huge, like, Oh my God, this is like a, uh, gut buster. Like, ho, 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 ho. I was still fucking kind of like, Oh my God, I just saw this disgusting human walrus thing. I'm, I'm supposed to laugh here because it was really fucking uncomfortable and disturbing. Yeah, it was, it was really, disturbing. it was, it was fucking gross. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, what really grossed me out were the way his hands looked. Like, what he had done to the guy's hands. And the hands. tail. Oh, and the yeah. tail, too. Yeah, the whole thing was disgusting. Yeah, it was fucking gross. <laughs> it was disgusting. I um, I don't know how much time we're going to spend blabbing on about this. Yeah. But I was – I tossed the ending, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. I, like, the most mad I was at the movie was in the last five minutes. Yeah. Um. It's it's really it's almost inhumane. Yeah, like they don't even. You think that they would try to do something for this guy to make like his life? They found him alive. You think they'd try to make the rest of his life as pleasant as possible, given right. what he's gone through? Right. But basically, they throw him into a zoo. Yeah. To be an attraction. Well, to it's people. not like he's been a fucking walrus, quote unquote, for so long that he couldn't fucking just like snap out of this. Yeah, thing. he doesn't need rehabilitation. Right. Let's get let's get some expensive surgeons in here yeah. and help this guy the fuck out. Yeah. Let's not make him a laughing stock at yeah. a fucking zoo. They put him in an animal habitat and he's like living outside in like this fucking like uh yeah, it's like an it's a zoo. Yeah, and his girlfriend fucking brings him a fish. fish. It's like fuck you, it's bitch. It's a joke. And <laughs> it, the whole thing is a joke. But it's like when am I I don't ever know when it's supposed to be a joke and when it's not. Like it, there's points in the movie where he obviously wants It's an Side joke between him and the the podcast because like at the end of the credits yeah they fucking show the uh they they, they let you listen into the podcast with like kevin smith and it was it ralph garman where yeah. they were talking about like the the this movie or whatever and like uh this whole story like the, i think these guys just got like really fucking high one day and <laughs> thought like oh this is really funny let's turn this into a movie and they did and just the execution was not where it should have been in my opinion yeah it, it did feel like a little bit like like it had no direction yeah and a little lazy yeah um, another interesting thing is, did you know, you probably do know this, but it was, uh, Kevin Smith's daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter as the two girls in the, uh, Canadian gas station. Oh, really? Yeah. That's both their daughters uh, and both of their, uh, theatrical like debuts. The okay. first time either of them been in a movie. Okay. Was that Harley? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess they're, they're really good friends in real life. Okay. And that, that's, and, and they thought they did pretty good. They Kevin were, Smith named his daughter Harley after Harley Quinn. Yeah. If you didn't know. I'm not sure what Johnny Depp's daughter's name is. I just read this the other day. Yeah. But, eh. but I thought they were good. They were good. Like, I mean, they're only in the movie like two minutes, but they're funny when they're making fun of Justin Long and yeah. his mustache with the combs. I, right. I was chuckling at that. I just think that like the movie blew its load when they did the whole reveal of him in the walrus suit in the second act and they didn't like save that for the third act i think it would have been more shocking there get all your jokes and your johnny depp shit out of the way earlier 
because it felt like the flow was fucked up, dude. It was like, haha, funny. Oh my god, this is fucking horrifying, and now you're wanting me to laugh again. Yeah, I I have a lot of comparison to Silence of the Lambs with this movie. I kind of thought of it as a poor man Silence of the Lambs too, or but it's like the Clarice side of it, of the whole thing is very uninteresting yeah. because neither Haley Joel or the random model they had to be Justin Long's girlfriend could really carry that side of the story. Yeah. Like it, thank God Johnny Depp showed up. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah. that side of the story desperately needed some acting. Right. And Johnny Depp at least supplied that, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I thought both of those actors were terrible. Yeah. Um, Haley Joel. <clears throat> and I don't even know the, the female lead's name. Yeah. But she was terrible. Genesis something. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I, I, I think the reveal would have been better served in the third act. I think that would have saved the movie. Yeah. I think this movie would have been better served as being a half an hour max yes, internet movie. Yes. Yes. It had been better as a short film, right? Yeah. It would have yeah, been. Absolutely. It could have blown you away as a 30 minute movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. This did not need to be an hour and 40 minute long movie. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought that too. Yeah. I thought that too. I was like, this is, it's not that this movie is dumb by any means. It's a very novel idea. I mean, even though, you know, yeah, they thought it was funny because they yeah. were smoking or whatever. Yeah. I still think it, there was some very clever stuff going on here. Yeah. And it, it would have been a lot better. It's just a, yeah. Dip your toes in and get out. I'm going to have to toss this movie. And worst it, Kevin Smith movie ever to you? Worst Kevin – is it worse than Jersey Girl? Ooh. Honestly, I would watch Jersey Girl again before this. I don't think I could see this again. Yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't think I – it is so fucking – God, that just that suit was so disturbing. <laughs> I know. You know, I've never seen the Human Centipede just because I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to either. I don't either. I've I've heard enough. I've I heard enough. I don't need I to don't, see it. I don't understand what there's, the appeal is. Yeah, there's that. certain movies that I've heard that are so disturbing that I don't want to see. Like Strange Lands is one of them. Oh yeah. Like I don't want to see it just because of like the disturbing shit that I've heard about that movie. Yeah, I don't want to see it. I'm that way with Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, I've never seen that due to things I've heard about it. Yeah, so I gotta toss it, and that's, it's hard for me to say I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, so. Yeah, and like, and like I said, I'm just tasting it, cause it, I gotta say, it has stuck with me, even if it was cause it was disturbing. It has been a, a, a talking point for me and my friends when just talking about random pop culture stuff, cause it, it yeah. definitely is, is something. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's definitely something. Uh, in an interview, uh, with, uh, Comic Book Resources spinoff online writer-director podcaster Kevin Smith revealed that a comic book inspired by his new film Tusk was in the works at Dynamite Entertainment. He says, we've been talking to the folks at Dynamite about doing Tusk Universe comics because I can pre-tell Howard uh, Howe's stories, Smith told spinoff. That would be fun. So all those like when it cuts to the black and white scenes and yeah. we saw Howard uh, Howe's stories and things like that, it looks like they're going to elaborate those possibly in uh, a Dynamite uh, comic book. That's awesome. I'm not going to be reading Yeah. You know, one thing I saw that was really cool was um, I liked the Tusk page on Facebook. Yeah. Like way back when at San Diego. Yeah. And they published a few ad- like adapted pages 
from the movie in comic book style okay. with art by someone I know we both really like. Um, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Um, Franco Francavilla. Uh, Franco, uh, Francesco Francavilla. Francesco Francavilla. Francesco Francavilla. Yeah. He did the, uh, he did a, uh, Tusk poster. Yeah. And I saw at least four or five, like, actual adapted scenes from the movie drawn by him. Nice. And then that was, like, one of the coolest things of the yeah. movie. Like, it's hard to go wrong with him drawing stuff. I'm glad I saw the movie. I am. I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw it opening night. Oh, yeah. One of the cool things that they did for the uh, people that saw it opening night. What was that, Jake? Oh, it was super cool. Um, if you tweeted your ticket stub and used the hashtag walrus yes, and what was the other one? Hashtag TGI Friday. Or TGI, TGI Tusk. Tusk. Or t- yeah, that's right. Hashtag TGI Tusk. And you c- took a picture of the ticket stub and sent it to those two hashtags you are going to have your Twitter handle in the end credits of the DVD slash Blu-ray of the film. <laughs> Not enough to make me buy this movie still. Yeah. Having my own Twitter handle. In I'll uh, red box it and maybe take a picture of at PC leftovers mm-hmm. in the uh, – Exactly. I'll yeah. keep my out in the $5 bin for this one. Right. My, my Twitter handle's in there. Yeah. But yeah, it was – I really was really expecting more. Like yeah. I didn't. Ex- I thought Kevin Smith was kind of trying to make a different movie, but there was still just. It was a different movie. Yeah, but not in the direction I was hoping. I yeah, guess. yeah. I I agree. I, I I think that they blew their load. Like I said, man, they blew their load in the second act of that film and did the reveal. When I think the reveal would have been better served when the characters of his girlfriend and mm-hmm. Haley Joel Osment broke into the house, and then finally we get to see what the trans. Transformation was at that point. Yeah, and I—that's a really <clears throat> smart opinion because then we, as an audience, get to connect to those two characters, which we never do, right? And get to be shocked at the same time they are at, yeah. what, at what they see. Exactly. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, Kevin Smith, as far as the filming goes, I mean, it was leaps and bounds ahead of um, like the last stuff I've seen. I mean, yeah, you still need to see Red State. Yeah, I'll check it out. But yeah, I gotta toss it. Yeah, Tusk. Tusk. I'm going to taste it, but I mean, I, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I'll never watch it again either. Um, yeah, Dante watched it. Was that today? Yeah, I commented on his photo. I couldn't believe he's paying $15.50. Yeah. I know David Isaac wanted to see it too. I'd like to know what anybody else in the Army thought about this movie. So if you did get a chance to see Tusk by the time you're listening to this, um, you know, maybe uh, I'll post something on Facebook like, hey, have you seen Tusk? What are your thoughts? And if you guys agree with us or disagree with us, let us know. I mean, you guys know I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith. I'm a huge fan. I, I love him. And I still love him. I think yeah. he's a great guy personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like what he's done. I mean, this is a guy that fucking like made a name for himself before there was fucking like the internet and YouTube and all this shit. I mean, this is a guy that like, you know, he chased his passion of being a director and he accomplished a lot before all this fucking like social media and all this crap. But I think, I think uh, he's gotten to the point where I think he's gotten to the point where he took an idea that was started out as a joke and and tried to turn it into a movie and uh, maybe it was best left as a joke. Yeah, maybe the well has run dry. I don't know, Kevin. I love you, but man, I I can't support this movie. I, I 
Now, I've heard that this is part one of a new Kevin Smith trilogy of movies, too. Have you heard this? I haven't heard that. That all three are Canadian movies and all three are like semi-horror slash thriller movies. Interesting. So I don't I don't know if there's any levity to that, if that's really what's going to go on. Like if he may change his mind due to whatever performance this does or reaction it gets. It's not getting good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's – I, I was, last time I checked, it was like a 42% for the critics. Oh, what are users? Just to, any idea? Maybe a little bit higher, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> the people in the parking lot after the movie, after yeah. I saw it, were like jumping up and down about it. Like it was the greatest, like it was Citizen fucking Kane. Well, it was the thing. Okay. The thing is the people that are going to come out on opening night are yeah. huge Kevin Smith fans. Yeah. And the people that, that were in my audience, like, yeah, there was like, People to the left of me, people to the right, the right of me that were laughing and having a good time, and and I'm thinking like, yeah, I would have been laughing at this too, but I just saw something really disgusting and disturbing, and I I, I can't laugh at this point because I'm like, I just saw Justin Long as this fucking, you know what I mean, yeah, dude? I know exactly it was what fucked you up, mean. dude. It was fucked up what I fucking saw. Yeah, and maybe other people are desensitized to those kind of things due to movies like right. Human Centipede and Saw and yeah. Hostel and whatever. Right. And so maybe me and you are just fucking wusses. I or guess something. so. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying because I agree. Like other people in my theater didn't seem like as shocked as I was too. They were yeah. willing to just roll with the punches. Yeah. So, Me too. I was like, and I think I think you have a good point that yeah, there are Kevin Smith audience. I would have liked to seen like the audience's reaction like two three days later after this movie came out. Yeah, not just like the people that were brought out that were like Kevin Smith fans that came out the first night to support their guy. That's the reason I came out. Kevin Smith's my guy, but I'm going to be objective. I'm not going to just be like. Oh, I love Kevin Smith and whatever he does. Yeah. No, I, fuck Jersey Girl and fuck – I'm going to say fuck Tusk. I did not like this movie. I thought it was disturbing. I thought the flow was fucked up. Uh, when you're wanting me to laugh at something when I just saw something horrific, I don't think it's funny. No. Yeah. I don't think it's funny. Yeah, it was a it was a tough movie to swallow. Yeah, it was. That's for sure. Yeah, and this was your like most anticipated thing that came out of San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, I just laughed. I thought the trailer was really good, and the trailer was really good. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, tra- I, I really thought it was going to be a slow building like fire, like yeah. a, you know, a real ratchet turner, yeah, like a white knuckle thriller, yeah, where this thing slowly happened. But like yeah. you said, they just it just like snap your fingers and the guy's a deformed walrus. Well, yeah, the, he's a deformed wal- walrus, and then you go into your classic like Kevin Smith like clerks slash mallrats jokes, yeah, and it didn't work. I mean, I think it would have worked better had you saved this for the third act after. You know, Haley Joel Osment and that his girlfriend, they bust in on like this whole situation. And then finally, then we get the reveal in the third act. I think they blew their load a little too early. Yeah, I agree. I, I think a little bit of that is due to a mismatched cast. Yeah. yeah. Where you had some really strong performances and some of the other. What are you thinking? Are you thinking Kevin Smith needs to wrap up directing? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. After this movie, I hope he's really not going to make a trilogy like this. No. I'm not going to see part two. I'm not driving to another state to see no, part two of I, this. I, 
I love you, Kevin Smith. I think you just need to stick to podcasting at this point. I think that's where you need to stick with is podcasting. I don't. Yeah, do your comic God, book, it, TV show. Fucking pains me to say this, but it's like you're not showing me anything with this. This is this is not what I want from you. I, I want something. I want. God damn it! I don't know. It's like. It's like when when he was fucking doing Clerks, when he was doing Mallrats, he was the voice. He was the voice. He was showing us something that like we wanted to see at that point in time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a comic geek making a movie. Like exactly. One of us making a movie. Exactly. Is what it felt like. Exactly. And I don't think Kevin Smith's out of touch. I don't think he's out of touch. But I, God, I don't know, man. Uh when you're fucking making a movie about a joke that you made on a podcast. Yeah, maybe Kevin Smith needs to give up the weed for six months. See, that's the thing. It's like he has just recently embraced marijuana. Yeah. This is like, like, even though a lot of his movies dealt with like, you know, that culture and shit. Yeah. He didn't do that the whole time he was doing that. This is something he's recently embraced. Gotcha. Yeesh. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you want to feel old. You know we're entering the third decade of Kevin Smith movies now? Yeah. Jeez, right? Right. <laughs> Gosh, it still feels like not that long ago that Clerks and Mallrats See, came out. I'm, I'm on the same side as you, Jake. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like you, 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 you're, you're like, I don't know, on a, on a level, you're a Kevin Smith hater, but I hate the same movies that you hate. Yeah. I, I hate, I hate Clerks too, which you, you boycotted. Yes. I hate Clerks too. I hated Jersey Girl. Yeah, which I did see. But there are there are, you know, but I love like uh I loved uh I love Clerks, I love Mallrats, I loved uh Chasing Amy is yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, see that the difference between me and you is is after the first two movies, the whole thing just falls off a cliff for me. Like there's parts I love about Chasing Amy, yeah. but as a whole, I I don't do it. Dogma's way too preachy for me. See, and then after that, it's just total crap. With Dogma, I think it's like uh, it, it. With Kevin Smith, like me, he was he was raised hardcore Catholic. Yeah, and you know, I was raised in a hardcore Baptist culture, and so some of the religious stuff like hits home with me. I can I can understand that. And but the thing is, it's like with with him, it's like it's not just the movies. It's Kevin Smith is a person. I think he's a good dude. I just think he's a good dude. And I love like the, the night, like, uh, the stand up acts that he has. I love the podcast that he does. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good dude. And, and I loved Red State. I think that's the best movie he's made since those movies. And I was just hoping that this would be like a, uh, a return to the kind of movies that I wanted to see from him. And, and I was disappointed, and it, it, it pains me to say that, but I got to give this movie a toss up. Yeah, I'm surprised. I was kind of feeling it, but I was still surprised by it. Yeah, ish. Yeah. So yeah, we need a. I don't know what we need from Kevin Smith at this point. Yeah. I'm not the person to ask. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I think this is uh, episode 59. We got episode 60 coming up, right? Yeah, episode 60. Wow. We're about ready to retire, right? No shit. Two more, two more episodes. Yeah, a couple more episodes. We're going to be getting Medicare and all that other shit, right? We, we lost Frank, too. We never brought any attention. Oh, fuck. We never did. Yeah. Frank, <laughs> Frank, yeah Frank's not here. Frank left. Frank didn't even fucking uh, watch the movie, so. Yeah. Not to blame him, though. I mean, no. we, we did have to drive our asses off to see the shit. Yeah. So. Fuck. It's uh, after midnight, so, uh, yeah. We've, uh, it's, uh. 
It's the 22nd, right? Is it? Holy shit. Uh, what's on the 22nd? We started recording on the 21st. It's the 22nd, right? <laughs> yeah, that is correct. Wow. All right. We've uh, taken you into a whole nother day. All right, we'll be back next week with episode 60. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to Oh, you know what? I want to talk about real quick before we go. Oh, shoot. I, uh, good pop, bad pop. I didn't bring it up, but I'm going to talk about a movie that I saw. I'm just going to rate it real quick. I saw uh, The Drop. Oh, yeah. We totally did forget about that. Yeah, I went and – there's a lot of movies that came out that's, uh, this week. Uh, you know, I could have saw The Maze Runner. I could have saw Walk Among the Tombstones. I could have saw The – What's uh if I leave you here the new Jason Bateman movie with Adam Driver? Mm, yeah, I could have seen a lot of movies, but I didn't want to see those. I wanted to see the drop, and it had uh, James Gandolfini and it had uh, Tom Hardy in it. How was it? It was God. It was good. Yeah, Tom Hardy's just in one great movie after another. I'm gonna later. tell you. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. This movie's a slow burn. Yeah, it's a slow burn. But my God, it is so good. You guys need to see this movie. It's called The Drop. If you don't see it in theaters, you definitely got to red box it. You got to, I don't know, Netflix, whatever. You got to get it, this movie. It's called The Drop. Uh, it's James Gandolfini's last performance as far as I know. Hmm. I looked on IMDb. It's the last movie listed. Um, I mean, it deals with like, uh, crime bosses. It, God, it's so good. And, and what's really cool about this is it's kind of like a concentrated set piece. I mean, it only really takes place in this one neighborhood. It's not like it's a broad movie where they're moving all around to different set pieces. It's mm. a very concentrated film, and they they only deal with like uh, yeah, the bar. There's a bar that they work at, and and Tom Hardy's home, and the and there's a, a female in this movie, uh, the girl from Prometheus. I think her name is Numi something. Okay. Okay. Um, she's in this movie as well. Um, so, I mean, uh, definitely check this movie out. It's a very – a uh, lot of good character development, very good ending, very satisfying. That's what makes this movie so good is it's such a slow burn. But, man, once you get to that ending, it is absolutely fantastic. It's called The Drop. Tom so, Hardy, James Gandolfini. Well, it, when you watch it a second time, maybe it won't be as slow of a burn. Yeah. Since you kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I know what happens at the end. Yeah, and you're going to kind of pay right. attention to other stuff. And exactly. Be a little bit more entertaining. Exactly. But, you know, I, and, but looking back on it, it's one of those movies that's kind of memorable, and I can look back on those scenes and I can see kind of like where it's leaning up to. Because, like, when you're watching the movie, you're asking yourself questions like, why isn't this character doing this? Why isn't it doing that? It makes sense towards the end of the film. Mm. My God, it is really good. Really good movie. Low but it's a kind of like a low budget film. No special effects, anything like that. Yeah. But my God, it's just a good story. Interesting career choices by Tom Hardy. That's kind of two movies in a row where it's yeah. real like, you know, the one movie he's just Lock. in the car. Lock. And now this movie, it's basically like three sets, it yeah. sounds like. Lock and the drop and James Gandolfini, if you want to see him, uh, as far as his final performance goes, knocks it out of the ballpark. Does yeah. a great job. So definitely check it out. It's called The Drop. All right. Yeah. I gotta get, I'm, I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. Oh, nice. Yeah. I bet, I'm glad, I bet you're glad you went and saw another movie after seeing Tusk. Yeah, Especially I had to. I really had to. Cleanse the palate. Yeah. 
I mean, I could have saw Maze Runner. I could have saw this. I could, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pander. I know a lot of people probably want to see like, the, like what's what do what do I thought about like you know a walk among the tombstones or mm-hmm. or the Maze Runner? But I was like, you know, I want to see a movie I want to see, and I wanted to see this fucking movie because it looked. I liked it. I I, I liked the way it looked. I liked what the critics had to say about it. I was like, I want to see what all the fucking uh, hype is about. You know? Yeah. I might go see Maze Runner this week. I'm going to go see Maze Runner, I think, on Tuesday. Gotcha. I'm going to go see it on Tuesday. If you see it this week and I see it on Tuesday, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, or either way, even yeah. if one of us sees it. All right. Let's not talk. Hey, let's next week, let's not talk about Terry Crews. All right. Are we good? Are we going to shake it out? We're going to shake it out. All right. <laughs> Guys, see, that's the thing. We, we do a podcast. Shit gets heated. But who wants to listen to people with fuck? Seriously, who yeah. the fuck wants to listen to a podcast where everybody agrees and gets along all the fucking time? Yeah, no one. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Jake is seriously. I don't care. We can we can fucking hash it out. We can fucking uh, yell at each other on this fucking podcast and get pissed off. Yeah. But it doesn't mean at the end of the day I'm gonna fucking hate you. I'm gonna text you tomorrow. That wasn't the first time. I I can guarantee you it won't be the last it won't be the last time but yeah. you know that's the thing it's like you know what like that i think people sometimes need to fucking you know get that shit out you know what i mean yeah for sure just get that shit out fucking have at it and bottle bottling shit in like that is never yeah, good for exactly. anybody. exactly and i'm not gonna bend and i'm not and ben, and jake's not gonna fucking bend for me <laughs> no yeah we're a bad combination like that exactly <laughs> we're both two stubborn assholes so exactly. it, it gets a little difficult sometimes so you know what if you listen to the podcast and be like oh my gosh i can't believe they're fighting like this it doesn't mean that we're not friends friends fight all the fucking time this is real fucking life this is real podcasting God, can you imagine what um um gosh, I can't remember names now. We're, we're so late. But the couple that gets uh therapy from that talks about all of all of our podcast, like we're gonna like they're gonna need therapy after this episode, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, Jeff uh Hawksby and uh Taryn McCollum. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're gonna you know, we'll we'll cover some of those therapy bills. It's John Hawksby. God, I'm fucking I've been drinking too much. That's what I'm saying. It's like when your parents fight, you know, they're probably gonna be like, Oh my god. Oh I know. I wish they'd stop. Oh I know. I feel, I feel bad. I, I feel bad now. Guys, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you know Daddy Jake and Daddy Brian, yeah, they had a little fight. But you know what? That's what adults do sometimes. We still love you, Army. We still love you, Army. <laughs> we're gonna be here next week, and you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna try to talk about Terry Crews and things that like push each other's buttons. Fucking Terry Crews. Yeah, of all things that push our buttons. Terry fucking Crews. Come on. Of all things. Of all things. We'll get over Terry Crews. Exactly. All right, guys. Just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags. Terry Crews is the shit. (laughs) Salutations. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. 
And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the left Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture Carry over Counterculture Push over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers that original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.